Hey, Zach. So, so guys, hold on, hold on, Chris. Chris? I, I have some unfortunate news for, for you and Alex. Okay. So the, the robot that we programmed last week to get Brian soul in, I have completely dismantled, destroyed, and deleted Brian. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, dude, that guy sucks. Did he? You know how I tell? Because you swallowed. I was... <laughs> Check to see if it was Brian or Peter. Nope, I took apart both of them. Robot? Was Peter a robot? My friend's a robot. Peter's a robot. He's a robot. Yeah, he's always been a robot. Didn't you know, Alex? Thank you, somebody, for just asking my question. I felt like I was. I just want to point out, Alex. 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 Now, now. Zach. You know, you know I made the, you know I made the Peter robot to make this okay, is it, okay. There is a Peter robot, but Peter himself is not a robot. There's just a robot of Peter, Peter himself died like years ago. No, we didn't, did he? Yes. No, we didn't. No, You're lasagna like a like a like a real mofo right now. Water. Like uh, like some real butter mofo. Real blutter. Real blutter. Oh blood! Oh blood! No blood! Oh, I oh, really blood. wish. Oh my god! I can't okay. fucking take it. Oh blood! No, he doesn't. Have... <laughs> <laughs> what the blood? Black of black. Black of black. Black of black. Black. 
<laughs> you just told me to keep going, so I did. Uh, <laughs> Please keep this joke going. I want. I, I, oh my god. I don't know. When, uh, when we uh, when I get the summoning cell to uh, resurrect Peter, we'll, we'll, we're going to tell him that joke post haste. So uh, it wasn't a joke, but it was just me being an ass. Um, <laughs> you you like to catch people stumbling on words. You think it's funny? people? You're a person, and I do it too, and I'm a person as well. No, I mean like you. But Peter's not a person. He's a robot. He's not, okay. not a robot. Okay, Peter is not. Okay, I'm just going to flat out crush this right now. He's Sounds not a robot. Like what I'm saying is, did you think that Peter was a robot, therefore dismantled him, but you thought that Peter, in, in you thinking that he was a robot, was Brian? Did you dismantle a human being thinking it was a robot and there was just a yeah. lot of blood? Where? Oh my god. He legit killed somebody named Brian. Maybe a like I see, I think Peter's alive and just out at the store. I think Zach might have accidentally killed somebody thinking that it was Peter. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I kept screaming, my name's Peter, it's Brian. He's saying that I think the devil did this, and that I, I didn't intentionally kill someone. That sounds like, no, 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 hold on. That sounds like some real outlash shit. I, I believe that. I believe, A, that it sounds like that shit that Chris just said. Blacklash shit. Outlash. Blacklast? Blacklast? Flat, bow nut, and then I think Zach bow nut. That's the bow nut. That's a band name. What? That's a band name. Bow nut. Bow nut. Bow nut. I mean, no, you said bow nut. I want bow nut. That's the band name. Oh my god. That means you're nutting in a bow. No. You just have bow nuts. You produce nuts in your bow. Yeah. Are testicles that are nuts or like peanut nuts? <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. Welcome <laughs> everybody to the Vice Room Podcast. How come you always back out when we talk about anal sex? I don't understand. Ugh. I've, I've been over this with you. We're done. With the anal sex? Fine. Yes. Talk. Not the actual anal sex. I'm still trying. To, to get past the talking stage. Uh, with By the way, I cut down your treehouse outside my house. I, no one, none of my girlfriends want to get into it. So I don't know what to tell you. I keep smothering my house in shit and they don't get the hint. So no, I cut down the tree. What? Stand it. And zombies. What the yes. fuck did you just say? I cut down your tree. Why? Because I was trying to kill the Lorax. There's a four thousand. There's a four thousand. That's Danny DeVito, and Danny DeVito is really cool. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> All that was worth it just for a simple chuckle from Zach. <laughs> All that work. But Danny DeVito is really cool. <laughs> well, he got away, so. So you just have your tree with my shit house. I'm sorry, shit constructed house. On the ground in your yard now. What do you, what do you, like, what, what the hell, dude? Well, we're going to turn it into fertilizer so we can uh, make uh, uh, corn. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, so that Matthew McConaughey can grow it and then leave his redhead daughter and go into space. Ah. Uh, dude, that's a fucking movie. This is my home we're talking about. Art imitates life. Dude, no. Like, Matthew McConaughey isn't going to come here with his kids or his daughter. And enact interstellar. He doesn't want to be a farmer, dude. He just wants to fucking act and sell you a Lincoln. All right, all right, all right. I knew you were British. Yes. All right. Well, tea then? 
Oh, good. Um, all right, well. And zombies, you're right. I and zombies. At the end zombies part. Hey, um, that's right. It Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yes. yes. Pride and Prejudice. And Zombies. Damn! Uh, <laughs> there's got to be a pause, Zach. So, we finally landed on it. So, we got to get all the jokes out tonight. Because it'll never, ha- it'll never happen again. A lot of pauses. There's going to be a lot of dead air. It'd a be, lot of dead air. I'd love for someone uh, to just make a uh, like collage or like a, a video of all the silent pauses. Be great. Well, he's dead. The guy I would have gotten that he's dead. Our editor's dead? Yeah, Peter's dead. Oh, well. Where do you think he went to get some extra gas station? He to go get he's not coming back, Alex. I'm telling you, I think Zach just murdered some random dude named Brian. Brian's already dead. My Brian's already dead. And then this new Brian's dead. We never really saw him that. We did no, but we just he said he tried no, to. No, your brother. Oh, what never his really murder was? Him. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Wait, you said murder. What? How did you know that? Um, I thought I thought we can Who's on first? first? Me. Sweet. I thought we confirmed that I had to single the right. I thought we also that was canon that I killed your Brian. No. Yeah. I the whole the whole joke is that I mysteriously killed him, but we wouldn't explain how. And then you butted in and said you did it, but it was just a scapegoat because I did it. All so the curiosity wheel. It. I didn't do it. Curiosity wheel was deemed that we um What's the wheel after? Bad. Well sweet. But the curiosity wheel tonight. Yep, curiosity wheel tonight? Mm-hmm. No. Bad. I mean tonight we we are doing what the curiosity yes. wheel is fun. That is also what I said. Yes. Um so pride and prejudice. And zombies. And, zombies. and zombies. So we okay. So we're doing that. Um, and then it's the bad wheel tonight. Yes. Are we going to spin it, or do you want to do toys? Right. We'll think about it. I'm not pushing for anything. I'm just throwing it out there. So we landed on toys, and well, okay. Was toys on the bad wheel? To- of course, toys was on the bad wheel. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. Are Wait, we sure about I gotta check. I also have to check something else. Hold, real quick. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, what did I miss last week with this toys? Nonsense? No, this this has been ongoing. So, toys ended up on HBO Max. Well, here's the thing. I may not actually have next Sunday free because of work stuff. Okay. Um, and another, we may. If you guys want to do next week, I would probably be. Maybe best to doing it Saturday night, possibly. Okay. There's some family stuff and some work stuff getting in the way, so we may not. I may not be able to do it next Sunday. And if that's the case, spinning the wheel might just be more fun. If you want to do toys, we can do that too. Mm. But I, I was throwing it out there as a possibility. But I still think toys is a thing to do whenever you want to bypass the wheel. But it was a bad movie wheel. But okay. I, I'm also now realizing that I won't be here for. I think the, the last time we bypassed the wheel, we got fucking rocked though I, again i told you uh, two weeks ago my experience watching rewatching toys again i think it's worth it but at the same time we don't have to do like it. whatever cruel punishment the bad wheel gives us for skipping on it when was the last oh, time I, that's what i mean that's the, what happened the last time we we did that wasn't the I, last I, time i'm thinking surprised that that happened fun. I was, Chris, wasn't the last time we bypassed it was when we got Dragon Ball? No. Was it? It may have been Bender. No. Not Airbender. But it's, then I can't think of anything so bad. that It was, no, it was, it happened like 
towards the end of some year where we bypassed the was wheel. It, wait, was it the holiday special? We were, Zach, we were at your sister's place for that. I remember that. Right. So that? We, we, we bypassed the wheel for a Halloween wheel. And then in that case, it punished us for it. It what was Hocus it? Pocus. Whatever we did after Hocus Pocus was what the bad wheel punished us with. I'm pretty sure it was Bender. Hold Thanks. on. Give me. Give I, me I'm going to look. I'm going to look. Yeah. Bender's right. Is Evolution and Bender are very close to each other. They are, aren't they? Uh, well, anyway, audience, I was just throwing something out there as a good idea, but we also, you know, there's nothing funner than spinning the wheels. So I have no problem spinning a bad wheel. But there, yes, I think I might have to work. Also, there's the thing of we may never get a better chance at this. Um, because because the next time we get it, it's it will. Stars not. right now, isn't it? I just got stars. That's how I would watch it. I would have uh, everyone come here and watch it, or maybe find a way for Zach to see it too. But um, that's why I'm saying it because we can watch it on stars. But like I could look on stars right now and see how much longer it has as an expiration. Because there are some movies that are going to be there for a while. Um, but again, I just threw it out there just as the back of my mind thing. There's nothing more fun than spinning a wheel. So right. I don't want to take that away. But I, um, my client's wife leaves on Sunday. And I don't know if I'm going to be working a day shift or a night shift that day or what's going to happen just yet. If I have the night free, then we're totally going to do it. So Hey, so, so guys, so, I don't mean are you So, Chris. After Hocus Pocus was Geely. And then the next bad movie after that was Santa Slay. Oh, just stop right there, Zach. Just stop right there. Just yeah, stop there. It was you and me doing Geely. That's such and a, I lost my voice. That was a great episode. And I contracted laryngitis That's a from Geely. That's a great episode. It did not want me to speak of that movie. Ooh. Yeah. We didn't do Airbender for almost three months after that because we went and did Kung Fu Panda after that. Ah, dude, yeah. I thought that Santa Slay was near there after the Halloween one. <laughs> but I got this. There's some serious shit on the bad wheel. So do we really want to tempt fate again? Do we what? really? Yeah, I think we need to do it. I'm going to turn into Wick Up for a second. I think we really need to appease the bad wheel here. You're yeah. going to be Wick Up now? All right. Okay. Appeasement? Um... <laughs> That's my, uh, What's the alternative? We do the movie and then he punishes us with like just like a dick slap I, of a movie. I have to say this right now: the Bad Wheel does have a lot of just crap. On and it's there. spiteful. And, and it's spiteful. spiteful. But I will say this: um, it wants what it wants. I don't. Th- I think. To, okay, so I say we don't do toys. We'll do the Bad Wheel. But I do. I whenever you want to bypass it, toys will get a good episode. Okay. Out of it. Hey, Here. Okay. Um, How about this? How about this? And, again, sweet spot. How about this? How about this? What if we did toys in between? Like, what if we did toys after next episode? Like, because like next, because the next one, the next toys when Zach is here. So we don't know. We don't know exactly what that is yet. Chris, how about I make? How about I I I break the monotony here. I have a good idea here. Okay. Okay. So. We're coming up on a series that we're going to be doing pretty quick here now, right? Where it's coming, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two more so wheels how, about, how about in the middle of the series, especially if it's a long one, we take a break mid-series and we say, we're going to stop and we're going to do toys. That's and right. then we'll we come back. A lot of 
a short series left anymore. They're but starting it, to get. It can't be when we have a long series. We don't know when that'll be. But but even if we get a, a short series, we can do it between two of them. I, I, don't, think no, my idea is, because not only that, Chris, not only that, because then we're not bypassing the wheel. No, here's my thing. So here's my idea. What if we did it sooner than that? And after we spin, you want to whatever good movie we land on. Um, so like we're doing, we're spinning the bad wheel tonight. Next episode will be, we're spinning the good wheel. And then after that, it would normally be maybe Curiosity or the next series. What if the movie after whatever the Goodwill lands on, we did toys? I'm fine with that. So Is that sooner? Here's the danger. Then we go into series. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that. Okay, go ahead, Zach. Here's the danger then, Chris. We're still bypassing the wheel. Rather All than right. if we instead did toys in the middle of a series, we're not bypassing a wheel. We're just taking a break in the middle. Well, we're bypass. Not- no, we're we're skirting the series wheel. He's he is saying that the bad wheel is a vindictive wheel. If yes. we bypass that wheel, it's gonna be it's gonna bite the. <laughs> That's our ladies and gentlemen. You have no, if you're this is your this is the first episode. I just looked. Apparently, we are apparently the audience size is 200 people for some reason in the last seven seven days. I don't understand that. So this is the first time you're listening to this somehow. I've managed to upload this. You have no idea the conscience that's going into this episode, going into this discussion. The wheels are alive. They are so spiteful. They're so alive. They have proven this. It broke Peter for 10 minutes. It's a yeah. wild. Like this has to be legitimately considered. It's not, Chris, it's not. Chris I'm that's, that's why I'm trying to appease it because yeah. the bad wheel is vindictive and it will take offense no matter what. But the curiosity wheel, at least we won't get. Yes, the curiosity and the good wheel have bet more options. And the, even the bad ones are not that bad. If anything, the curiosity is going to be like, here's limbo. We don't know what that is. Yeah. Like it's not going to, like, Pride and Prejudice. Uh, look. The bad movie wheel to me has two movies on it that I think are not necessarily bad, and I'm interested in the discussions, but they're not that bad. Those are the ones that I'm afraid of just because they're kind of – they're not necessarily bad. They're just meh. Kind of like this movie. I don't think this movie is necessarily a bad movie, but I do think that the, it's like meh. But we'll get to that. And like. Yeah. That's what I'm more afraid of on the bad wheel. But I do agree that the bad wheel can be vindictive. It can give us what we don't want or not give us what we think we would be interested right. in. And it would just like, hurt us. But, like, uh, the only reason I brought up toys is because I watched it recently and I know it would be a good app. And I keep pushing it like I do when I do things. Right. But um, And it was the bad wheel. But, like, I, I think you made a fair argument that the bad wheel is vindictive when we bypass it. So, yes. Yes. But I think the series – for the series wheel is a good one because – I don't think there are very many series left on the series wheel that have three or four or something like that. They're around six or more, like uh-huh. Terminator and Aliens, not to mention Marine and DC. Marine. And like Lord of the Rings has six. Look who's if we did, for sure has three. If we, if we land on DCEU, we would definitely need a break. Yeah, then we would say Toys to Land. Yeah. Like after, after like... The it, Whedon cut, then we would need a break. Dude, That's just four fucking I, movies. I, I will pick the time. I'll pick the time when we do it because the thing is, Toys is not. The thing about Toys is that there's so much to talk about in a package that may not be considered entertaining to you. I think you'll be mostly going, what, what? What? That's that's what this episode is gonna bring out of you guys uh-huh. more than anything. It's like a milk money singe. 
but like there's no competency in the filmmaking. It's just like, wow, this all looks pretty, but like, what the fuck? Why did you pay to spend money on this? That's why. Then so like, it'd be really trying to do that. Robert Williams is a hard sell movie. Um, Robert Williams is an easy sell, I should say. He is. It was in it. He's in it. Yeah. He's anyway. 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 That, That's yes. all podcast. We can okay. talk about that off Two hundred listeners in seven days. It's weird. I looked at it like, what? Wow. Did we just hit the algorithm somehow? It must have been a pink sweater thing that people are just like, where's everybody talking about this? And then just got to be fucking Well, I guess you can see what the episodes are that people have listened to. I can can look at that. And there's 200 people recently you can see what it was. Allegedly, Troll Hunter is at 16 listens. Chris, Chris, Chris. Was it on Spotify? Spotify for podcasters, but it's like an anchor. You know, you know, he's looking at it through Anchor because that's where he releases. But Anchor is turning into Spotify for podcast. Well, Spotify bought it. Yeah, Spotify bought it. Um, so he's able to see all the analytics and everything on his side. Um, it's kind of like in a weird spot because like I need to like well, analytics. While, there we go. Yeah, while he's looking, I say we forego news today unless anybody has something really specific to talk about and just. We have 18 Spotify followers. There's one, one dope. There's one there's thing one that you want to Whoa. So, like, we exploded in, like, the last week. We were up, like, past, like... So, at our peak, we were at 53 total plays of the entire show. I can't tell you which episode it was exactly. Um, but uh, we are on average of nine plays per episode across... X amount of episodes. Anyway, this is all. So you. When Thank you, you everybody. This, Stick you around. I promise it's worth it. Well, when you release that last batch of episodes, I don't think we're caught up just yet. But when you no. release the last batch, maybe there was something in there that, like, maybe the hot fuzz stuff and the English people were like, "Oh yeah, cool." Yeah. And then they gobbled up more. Well, good for you guys. We're fucking nuts. Yeah. So glad we're making your work. These too. wheels are alive and they are trying to kill us. Um, so, one of them so, is trying to kill us. Or me specifically. I, I have, Let's go into news. I have one very brief news bit that I want to talk okay. about. Um, and what I want to talk about is the Transformers trailer that just came out. There was a new Transformers trailer. There's actually a shit ton of trailers, guys. Yeah, there so, were a lot. CinemaCon was big. We should be talking more about news. About the, if there's any trailers anyone's interested in, go for it. Anyway, I will find that. Beast Wars, I didn't watch that one. So, so Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. We know who the villain is now. Uh, it is Unicron, the big planet devouring monster guy. The guy that Alex, made... do you remember from uh, Transformers Five when they teased uh, Unicron? I do. Fuck. He's here. Um, it's not, no, it, it, the movie takes place. Well, the more important thing is, isn't he the main villain of the Transformers 1984 animated movie? No idea. It was Unicron. Yeah, it was Unicron. It was It was voiced by um, Citizen Kane, Orson Welles. Yep. It was the uh, last movie. Yep. So uh, Unicron's the main villain of this movie. Uh, we're getting four main Maximals, which is kind of cool. Uh, we're not getting some of the cool ones, but we're getting most of the the, the notable ones. Uh, I'm excited. I am very excited for this movie. Uh, it looks cool. What did I, there was a new... Um, there was some more footage, apparently, of uh, uh, Across the Spider-Verse. 
there was a flash, a new flash trailer. There was a trailer for um, Equalizer Three. Equalizer Three. I, That's gonna be a series now. I I do want to emphasize though that we haven't seen a lot of this just because like these trailers aren't public yet. These were CinemaCon yes. exclusive. Some of the like example of one that isn't public would be like um, that Aaron Taylor Johnson Hunter movie. That one we can't see yet. Um, but guys, Twisted Metal. Yeah, I forgot about Twisted Metal. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm Anthony not... Mackie's Twisted Metal. No, I'm I... sorry. Not Anthony Mackie's Twisted Metal. This is um, the guy who made Hostels Twisted Metal. Yeah, this is gonna be fucked up. Uh, also, See, the guy... Twisted Metal. That's right. This is the Bear Jews Twisted Metal. There was a screening of The Flash. Yeah, I heard it was good. People say it's good. Yeah, people liked it. Um, I forgot who plays Sweet Tooth in Twisted Metal. They they announced who it was. I don't remember who it was. So I was like, ooh, that's weird. Um, they showed a trailer to Dune Part Two. That's right, the Dune Two trailer. And they showed um, they showed Florence Pugh's character or her. What? I watched it. It's not linked. I did watch it. I have seen it. It it probably leaked somewhere. It looks. I didn't see it, so I don't know. But um. Yeah, I've seen it. I've had people describe to me what what is shown in it, and I'm excited. Well, Let's go. With you watch the leaked version. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the leaked version, so. I, I I'm not going to appease these people. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm 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 excited for Dune Part Two. I as weird as it is, I've been on a Dune hitch as of late. Uh, unrelated to the trailer, ironically. Um, I'm excited. I, again, I'm gonna say this to the end of days. If if by some miracle of a chance we get to God Emperor of Dune, God is is the world in for a treat. <laughs> Chris, God Emperor yeah. of Dune is fucking weird. And it's great. Like, I don't know how you feel about human sandworm hybrids or dude. I wanted to know human hybrid in Jurassic Park and they never gave it to me because they're assholes. Yeah, but this we're going to get it. Um, I don't know how you feel about, like, a dude who's, like, galaxy-brained the galaxy because he's just... Like eternity? What? Like eternity? Like beyond that. Like this dude this dude is so smart. He he planned his own assassination because he could. Not because he could. He had reasons. Well, he had re- you're right. He did have reasons. This dude yeah, this dude had plans within plans within plans within plans. Like like Chris, this dude made every every villain look stupid by comparison. It's a crazy it, story. Yeah, God Emperor is crazy. I love it. Um, it, and from what I've heard, this trilogy, this Denisville new one's ender ending with Messiah, right, Chris or Alex? He said he wanted to end it with Dune Messiah. No idea. I'm assuming he's gonna end it where the uh, other movie ended. Well, I I know that the second part ends is probably gonna end where the David Lynch movie ended, and he said if they get a third movie, they're gonna do Dune Messiah. Um. Which leaves Children of Dune and God Emperor kind of in their own world, if they ever get there. Um, yeah, because 
think we're going to get to the point where I, I, I imagine that the second Dune is going to carry over to when he's like taking over the universe and stuff. So. Yeah, and, and then the final movie will be kind of that whole story of the second book. I would um, imagine. I would imagine the third movie. He's walking out in the desert alone. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, ton of trailers. I did see it. I did see a ton of trailers. Though. Just um, a ton of trailers. Yeah. They showed a bunch of footage for movies that cool. were set to come out. Yeah. I'm, there's cool shit I've heard. Uh, I've heard lots of cool shit. Uh, early reviews of Guardians three are coming out. Lots and lots of people love it. That is literally the week we're recording. That is this weekend. Yeah, that is this coming weekend. Hmm? No, the the movie's coming out this week. Oh, I still got to see Ant-Man. Same. And Wolf by Night. Alex. I still got to see the holiday special. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For for what it's worth, uh, Alex, Ant-Man's coming to Disney Plus in two weeks. You might as well just wait. 17th, yeah. When's Avatar coming? Uh, same like the same week I think like they're gonna get dropped the same That's week. I think because oh, Avatar is uh, coming on the same Avatar comes out on DVD on the 17th and it's being dropped on Disney Plus same day as DVD release. Uh, that's a lot to drop, man. I guess they're trying to fight what's happening in theaters. Nah. Um. So who wants to go? I would like to go last because I would love it if Peter could hear. What I'm gonna oh, so say. You, you need, so you need us to stall, is what you're saying. Mm, I mean, no, I just like to go last. If he misses it, I, I suppose I'll go first, if if so be it. Um, so I went to the movie theater this weekend, as I seem to have been doing every weekend now. Uh, I went and saw. Have one. What? They also have an honorable mention too. I don't think I actually. Uh, do I have an honorable mention? You don't have to have it. It's just a I guess. I guess uh, my honorable mention is I'm still watching lots of Demon Slayer because that show's sweet. Oh, no. no, I'll accept it. Y'all should go see it because it's cool. And I and I feel like an idiot for having not watched it all the, for the first two seasons and. The movie is made like a billion dollars, so you should go see it. <laughs> Big old movie. Big old movie. Yeah, Chris, legit, the Demon Slayer movie has made a fuck ton of money. Like, I, I think the only movie that has outsold it in Japan is Avatar from last year. Huh. The only movie. Avatar 2? Yeah. Um, but not cool. you went to the movie theater. Uh, anywho, so I went to the movie theater, and this is actually a story because I was telling Alex about the story, and I'm going to tell it again because I said I will. Uh, so I went to the theater with the original intention to go see Renfield. Uh, mm. Found out that the screening to Renfield was at like three o'clock, and it was like eleven when I got there. So I was like, "Fuck." I want to see a movie now, and I don't want to wait four hours to go see Renfield, because I don't want to. And so I looked at the screens to find out what was playing at time, and I found this little movie, which I actually don't think is all that little of a movie, and is probably going to do pretty well. 
at the Oscars and all that, because it's kind of coming out around that time for early Oscar bait, if you want to be released early in the season. Um, I don't know how well it'll do, but I think I think people will like it. Uh, it's this little movie starring Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Viola Davis, and it's called Air. Yeah. Story of the Nike shoe. Yeah, well, not the story of the Nike shoe, the story of Michael Jordan's deal with Nike to form Air Jordan. Uh, this movie is sweet. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, the only real criticism I would have of the movie is where it ended, which, again, I'm not, not a real criticism because I think, like, it ended in the right place. It basically ended with Nike getting the call from the Jordan family saying, hey, we want to sign with you, despite the fact that Michael Jordan only exclusively wore Adidas through his entire time in college and all that, and wanted nothing to do with Nike at all. Uh, and it kind of, you know, it kind of ended that ter- typical kind of, uh, um, like, biographical film where they're like, this is where everything ended up, and this dude went on to do this, and that dude went on to do that, and Michael Jordan made 600 600- they sold 163 million dollars, 163 million Air Jordans, even though they only planned to sell three million or something like that. Whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> what? Um, movie's great. Uh, the beauty. They use a lot of stock footage of Michael Jordan from the 80s and 90s, um, especially his time his time during his first three peat. Uh, Viola Davis is amazing. She cons- consistently is great. Uh, I love Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Uh, ben Affleck's cool. He, you know, he's he plays Philip Knight, the CEO of Nike. Uh, and it, it, you know, it's an underdog story about a dude who genuinely understands who, uh, who Michael Jordan was and what he wanted. And he just wanted to get that meeting with Michael Jordan and and explain to him that here's what they're going to tell you. They're going to try and sell you to be the next Magic Johnson or whoever. But I know that you're the only Michael Jordan. Uh, So, yeah, the movie's cool. I like it a lot. I would have hoped that they would have gone a little bit more into the drama with the NBA being really pissed off about – the fact that like he was wearing like red and black shoes instead of white shoes that was a rule back then and he was getting fined five thousand dollars per game and nike agreed to pay for it uh and i had wished that they probably would have i wish they would have done a little bit more with like nike changing the the rule about shoes to allow that and and some of the initial popularity of the air jordans even though obviously they were a smash success um but it ended in the right place i think uh you never actually see michael jordan's face except in the um in the um the 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 actual game footage like the real life footage of michael jordan but you never see the actor's face of michael jordan uh which i think is really smart because you don't need to see michael jordan you know we all know who michael jordan is uh, but it's also not his story yeah no that is also correct this is not his story this is the story of nike 
Um, and Air Jordan. Uh, so that kind of really got me on a kick about like looking for other stuff related to basketball and stuff like that. Uh, and it kind of makes me want to rewatch Space Jam as weird as it is. Mm. I mean, that's the closest connection to it, but um, I, I the the two the the two movies that people are comparing this to the most would be Argo. They they're saying it's a combination between Argo and Moneyball. <clears throat> yeah, Affleck Affleck did write it. Affleck and Damon did write it. I believe yeah. Affleck did it too. Did Affleck? Yes, write it? I think he did too. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Chris. Uh, I'd be surprised if he didn't. So he did direct this. Ha! Because he wouldn't. Because the other script they wrote was really didn't write it. Yeah, so I think he wanted to make this more because it was more like Argo. But in terms of basketball, um. Oh, uh, I highly recommend Hoop Dreams. Yeah. Chris Tucker was in this movie. It was awesome. He's back, baby. Yeah. He's actually really fun in this movie. Um, He was kind of just in it. He wasn't really doing anything crazy. He was just kind of like the public relations guy for Nike. But he he's an, he kind of killed it whenever he was on screen. He was very, very charismatic, and I liked it. What? I thought it would be more like a Silver Linings playbook, Chris Tucker. Yeah, that's kind of what I was feeling. Okay, so air. Nice, so good. Yeah, this is actually doing really well with critics. It'll probably get nominated for um, a Golden Globe script and for Best Comedy, I would think. Um, But it is very early for the awards at the Oscars, and... But no one's talking about movies the way they were last year. There yeah, was some early, off, early picks last yeah, year. Yeah, we're, we're off to we're off to a slower start most, compared to last year. Yeah, most people are excited for. I believe there is a Fincher and a Scorsese coming out for sure. There's a four-hour Scorsese coming out this year. So yeah. pretty fucking so fat. And Dune Two, of course. Mm, Dune Two. Um, okay, I guess that means me. Dune as well. So I, I think this is like one of those movies that um, I think it'll probably get a bunch of nominations, probably no wins, but it'll it'll just be kind of recognized for being a solid movie in the middle of the uh, it, it, well will be the middle of the year. Um, I don't again I don't think it'll win anything, but it'll definitely get nominated. We will see that we will see more of this movie. But basically, the boys are back in town. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just, this is actually the second comeback, actually. Yeah. Well, the third comeback, but... Mm, there's the last duel and what else? Oh, sure. Uh, I forgot that Project movie. Greenlight. <laughs> I forgot that movie came Dude, out. that movie rules. I love that movie. Gosh. Dude, that movie rules. Loved it. Great movie. Like, like Rashomon, but I just loved it. It was so good. Driver was just the worst. So was Damon. Everyone. It was so good. I loved the last one. Mm. Anyway. Uh, Air. Okay, yeah, I'm totally in. I'm, a- I'm absolutely about it. Yeah, I, it's super fun. I, You know, it, it's a it's a kind of a good feel-good movie just in the middle of the year. That's which is all I think it ever needed to be. During March Madness, that makes sense. Or at the end of it, makes sense. Yep. Uh, it, yeah. It, it also kind of revived the whole conversation of who's the better player, Jordan, or... Or LeBron James. The never-ending debate. Well, you know, it's the never-ending debate that I don't even think is a relevant debate because I don't think they're even close to each other. 
I, I know that you're it's two you're, different eras, man. You, okay, go, that, that was my joke that the the sports night joke I made earlier about two different eras being too distinct and it's just too convoluted to actually think about those. But there are some basic strategic needs of a basketball player that you can base them on. The difference is LeBron probably has a longer, more consistent career than uh than Jordan Jordan quit. While. You know what we, we don't we don't you want to know what we could compare them on mm. Space Jam movies. LeBron is a better actor, but Space yeah. Jam is a better movie. Yeah, agree. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. The matter LeBron's the best. Like WWE. Unfortunately, Chris, the perfect Space Jam movie is is the plot of the original with LeBron James the lead actor. <laughs> um. The um the, space, the the perfect Space Jam movie is the Space Jam movie that uh, that doesn't exist. Well, that's true. I need the soundtrack. No, I need that first one uh, soundtrack. Yeah. That soundtrack has to exist. All Even right. if it doesn't exist as a movie and it's just a conceptual record, I'm fine with that. Like like kill it and then let me go in a time machine with the vinyl and I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. So I want to preface this and say I did watch movies. And I will talk about them. Okay. Before you get oh, a snippy. Oh, 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 sorry. I, Chris, hold on, hold on. Before we move on, I forgot. <sighs> I need to mend. I need. Can I? Can I change my uh my honorable mention? Sure. My honorable mention is Jedi Survivor. I forgot about that. Uh, don't spoil it. I haven't bought it. I'm broke. Chris. I know I'm going to play it. Just talk about how good it is and don't tell me about, don't bug me to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I'm just broke right now. Please don't. You should go buy it. Um, yeah, Jedi Survivor. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that, 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 that will do it. I've, I've been avoiding, People have been posting um, like walk through, walk like playthroughs and all that oh, on YouTube, you. and I'm blocking every one of them. Yeah, I've only seen the commercial with him in the suit. I just know that game. I'm kind of terrified too because I know that game's gonna kick my ass like the first game did. It's actually easier than the first game. Fuck off. Um, Fuck no, off. I will not expect such a thing. No. So Chris, let me actually do this without spoiling anything about the plot. So. Honorable mention. What? Remember, honorable mention. Yeah, I know. Uh, the game You don't lose any of your powers from the first game. That's the most important thing. They just enhance what you already have, and they the game just feels right. Like, it doesn't feel too... It's, like, easier because you, ha- you can do more, but, like... And the enemies are kind of relatively the same. Um, but, like, the formula's mixed up, and it's it's clean. It's good. Huh. Okay. Well, like huh. literally, this game is Fallen Order, but if you took all the criticisms from Fallen Order and you made them better, that's what this game is. Interesting. Very interesting. Yes. Just don't play it on PC because it's a piece of shit on PC. Fuck, you just ruined my progress. Sorry, Chris. I heard about the PC, like, bugs and, like, it's just unplayable on PC. And I was like, damn it, they did it again. Go get it on on PS4, Chris. Like, it's fine. I don't have a save file of of Fallen Order on uh, freaking PS4 or Xbox. You don't need a save file. But then all that shit's going to carry over, just like, all that shit just stays on. You just get more. 
No, all the powers you had at the end of the first one is what you start with in the second one. I see. Yeah, it's like a normal Star Wars movie. Like, Luke doesn't lose everything, lose everything he learned in the first movie in the second one. Okay, yeah. Alex. Yeah. All right. I'm right. I know. I'll play it when I buy it, or when it comes on Game Pass, whichever happens first. It'd be so Already on Game Pass, Chris. Return of the Jedi. Your mom's on Game Pass. Um, <laughs> Game Pass, seriously. It'd be crazy if Luke walked up to Jabba's palace at oh, the beginning of Return of the Jedi and he's like, um, I forgot everything that I learned. Um, I mean, that's basically every Metroid game. That's true. But that's Metroid. It ain't no Star Wars. Close enough. Um, Star Wars better. Okay, so. Hold on. All right, so I'm going to take some of this. Well, let me, let me uh, get through my stuff now because we're stalling for Peter. If he can hear it, great. If not, whatever. But you're going to love it. All right. Honorable mention. I will also, again, I will, I will once again preface, I did watch movies and I will talk about that. I'm, I'm a bitchy bitch about that bitch shit. Blurg. Blurg? Blurg it? It's actually part of the reason why I've been trying to go to the theaters. Because Alex gets a, to be a little bitch every time I don't talk about a movie. Yep. I'm a little bitch when people don't talk about movies on movie podcasts. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I have a right, though. You do, because you don't play games. Um, I, so. I'm also not on a game podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm not on a game podcast. Well, you know what, Alex? Maybe. Game is a control, man. I just want to sit and crack and do cigarettes and coffee. That's I can't. I, I got bronchitis from secondhand smoke. So, uh, what do you think direct smoke's going to do? Well, um, let's do this right in Maybe next week, just to get you, we aren't the Maestro movie podcast, we've got the Maestro video game podcast. We're not doing that. I don't um, want to do no. I don't tried. Ever bring no, I want to play video games. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah. okay, so, if I can have my turn now. Sorry. Okay, no, you're good. All right. I did watch movies and I will talk about them. I promise. Scout's honor. I was never a Boy Scout, so thank so, God. What are, you, what are you talking about first? Right. So first, I'm going to get my honorable mention. Destiny? No. Okay. Nothing, nothing, nothing new has happened. I thought I took a lot about Destiny with my code. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I want to give it... Okay, I'm giving it to a game. But... It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Tony Hawk American Wasteland. Really Why fun game. American Wasteland. Fun game. Oh my god. It's the if I if I remember correctly, I have not played uh um Pro Skater Pro Skater or Underground games. Any of the classics. First time a Tony Hawk game has had an attempt at a narrative. It was gonna happen someday. Oh my god. They just said, guys, we're making a video game about skating in the mid-2000s. End of discussion. And then they just went from there. Oh, yeah. It's so fun, isn't it? No, it's like not even just the game. The game is kicking my ass. But like, well, but like what they do with it. Yeah, the yeah. narrative. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The narrative is crazy. Yeah. Like they're trying to freaking build it. <laughs> They're trying to build a skate park out of just like spare parts that they get. Just it's like sheer lunacy. Anything it's from so like weird. 
It's so weird. It's like the dream of what a skater wants, which is not to not to be corporately funded to use the streets, but yeah. still like be good at what they do. So they, but I wanted to highlight a specific point that I caught. Okay, so there's this underground skater, Iggy Van Zant, and like he lives at this rundown skate park that he technically owns. Yeah. But like it's kind of like it's kind of like in like an Oliver Platt and Ready to Rumble kind of thing. Oh yeah. So it's well, I'm the, glad I made the, that. The, the stories are kind of based off of the history of Lords of Dogtown and what, what how skating culture was created in the 80s. Uh-huh. So there are figures it's kind of based off of, but I yes, they do take some pretty. So no, let me explain. So I just thought of this too. This is coming. This is fresh off my head. So they're trying. So they're trying to rebuild the skate park, and it's so um. What happens is that the skate park falls out of your hands because you try to dig it out, and it's apparently it's this legendary skate park, Green Pipes Point. And, like, so now <coughs> now that it's in the public eye because you won, a, you won the, uh, the Tony Hawk Am Jam and won an undisclosed amount of money, I'll get to that, and, like, you won a cash prize or whatever the heck. Um, and so you the objective is that they lose the skate park to the auction block because that property is not the property has been paid off and also is in the public eye. So now the government's just like, oh yeah, we guys we gotta sell this thing to an actual buyer. Um, so and so I'm sitting here thinking, I was like, okay, so now their whole their idea to get the skate park back is to sell a DVD of all the pro skaters, like doing like a montage. There's a DVD, like a, a DVD. Oh yeah. Maybe even a VHS. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's but very like, C, it's very CKY because that's how that's how Jackass got started. How? And here's my thing. I wouldn't be bothered by this if they if they if they just said the number. How much money did you make? Did your character make when he won the Am Jam? Just how much? Why? They never said a because number. Of, because of how much he does with the money? Just buy the park yourself. Oh, I doubt he would have been, had. That Pay much. capital. I doubt he would have had that much money. I doubt. Like, it's it's like, all that money is like a down payment. Dude, have you ever seen an episode? And then you just gave video for it. Have you ever seen an episode of Parks and Rec, man? It's a lot of money to do anyway. Jesus God. Anyway, but, but, it's a janky park. It's not very well maintained. I honestly don't think they could have. You can sell it for cheap. I don't think they could have made enough money through bootleg DVD either, but, you know, that's the, like, But it's that. spirit. It's it's, it's, it's charming. It is. It's just, like, how crazy it is. Like, at one point, you use your head. To like, like you get the jump at a specific point on a grind to yep. then lift a house that just sails all the way across Los Angeles into Beverly Hills on into the freaking skate park. That's your skate, bro. It is a video game the in the skate. best possible way, and I love it. What did I just do with my phone? Okay, um, it's fucking great. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost done with it. It's like it's 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 also some, it's got a little bit of cool character to it. It's fun. It's a little bit. Those anyway. games are fun. Ever since the first one, they're really fun. Um, soundtrack banging. It's what got me into always, that genre. It's what got me into alternative rock. Dude, always has a killer soundtrack on a genre yeah. game. Never does. All right, main event. Okay. I did it, Zach. I did it. What'd you do? Yeah. I saw Mario. Yay or nay? Yay or nay? Eh. It's fine. I was told it was safe going in. I'm just like, all right. And then I saw how safe it was, and I'm just like, wow. Wow. 
They didn't. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They didn't have to. Do, they didn't even have to do anything. They knew this would be a hit. Just make the movie. You, you know, make it. This. They didn't actually think this was going to be a hit, and. Apparently, a lot of the the people who were trying to um, review bomb it actually made it more popular. But then why make it so – it is safe. Why make it that safe? I, if you know it's going to – if you don't think it's going to be a hit, why not just try something? Because Maybe the, I'm just dumb? Here's the thing. This, this whole Hollywood culture thing? Maybe I'm so stupid to this? They made the movie to – and I, I'll be honest here, Chris. And again, this is not to take away anything from this movie. This movie, Chris, was made for, for the lowest common denominator of video game and Mario enthusiasts. This was meant to appeal to the young kids and then for the parents to go in and be like, oh, I remember that. Oh, hey, millennials. Hey, you remember the DK rap? We're going to put the DK rap in and we're going to shit. I did like Diddy DK Kong. rap part. I did like that. And I we're going to shit on Diddy Kong because we can. Like, and okay. We're gonna do we're gonna do Luigi's Mansion, but not actually do Luigi's Mansion. Like Chris, this was all literally to appeal to the lowest common denominator that literally shit like Space Jam Two was, but it was actually done well and fun and interesting and like people shitting on it saying, oh well, it's just appealing to lowest common denominator. Okay, it's like that's the fucking point. The movie's good. The appeal. Uh, into this for a second. I know it's your turn, but I'm going to break into it for a second and, and talk about something that I saw that happened on Twitter. Kind of relates to it a little bit. So there's this guy I follow on Twitter. His name is Vitz Gohar. He always like shows really like quick little videos of something amazing happening by usually ghetto culture. It's just super fun. I see. But every now and then he'll post a movie, like a, like two spots on Twitter, and they'll just be half of a movie. So like. He'll just be like, and they'll always say, fuck it. So he'll say, fuck it, Toy Story 2. And it's like an hour of Toy Story 2. Here's the second half an hour. And he just does that. Like, just no one catches him. No one cares. Okay, Especially okay. nowadays. I'm sorry? Isn't this the guy that put Mario on the internet like a week ago? Shut up. Shut up. So, anyway. Uh, and, uh, God, you spoil things. Anyway, so <laughs> this guy. I heard about this. I'm sorry. Shut up. So shut up. This guy, um, uh, Post stuff on Twitter all the time, like movies and stuff. But because yeah. Elon asked for people to pay for blue checks, and no one was going to do that, including celebrities weren't going to pay for to be verified. He's a bunch of people left Twitter, and he started paying for celebrities to have their blue checks back. I forgot. Yeah, that's so all these celebrities. That did happen. All these celebrities were like, "I didn't ask for this shit. This is fucking crazy." So more people started leaving. Less control started happening, and Twitter started really turning into the wild, wild west recently. And he posted Avatar: The Way of Water. He posted that first. All of it. All of it. In one tweet. In two tweets. Okay. But he said, "Fuck it, Avatar 2: Way of Water," and they shut his ass down real fast. And I followed this guy. I shut the shut up, Zach. I followed this guy. And uh, yes, I read about it, and then I came home from my family reunion, and at 4 a.m. last night, I saw you had Mario on, and I watched Mario. So, so you, you ruined the surprise, Zach, but yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know that's where you were going. I legit read about this like two hours ago. That this <laughs> Are we the only people who saw it in theaters? This is my thing. I watched it on Twitter, and I, I wanted to make this a big deal because of the big deal I made last week with Peter about it. Okay. Like, because I do honestly believe watch movies in theaters. But here's the thing. Twitter sucks. Elon Musk fucking sucks. Vids go hard. Rules. And he's basically doing punk rock on Twitter. 
is just shoving his fist all the way up Elon's ass, and I'm totally for it. So, of course, I fucking watched it. Because that's, that's the punk rock rebel thing to do. Welcome to the Mario Movie Podcast. So, uh, having seen it over the phone, I will say this. I did like it. And the best thing the movie has going for it is its scope and scale. I, I'm not denying that either. The thing like, it looks, looks great. Not only that, but, like, just it takes you somewhere. Like, imagine if yeah. this movie came out in 2009, the same year that Avatar did. Like, everyone would freak out this would be a Best Picture nomination. As well as an animated one. It doesn't matter what the story is, because they would say the same thing about Avatar. Like, viscerally, Avatar is fantastic and great action, but a dumb story. It's something we've all heard before, and it's bare bones and basic. Yeah. And then you look at this, and it's the same thing. Look, I, I agree that the characters really don't have anything to them, and the only heart of the story is the brother relationship. And there's no conflict. They just love each other, aren't around, and then they find each other again. But... Outside of that, I do think it had a really good pace, and I do think that just the look of it alone. I didn't think the humor was that amazing, although Jack Black is very funny. I didn't think there was anything wrong with Charlie Day or uh, Chris Pratt, Pratt, but at the same time, or Anya Taylor-Joy, or Seth Rogen for that matter. I didn't think any of them came across as individuals. They came across as people, cogs needed to move the story along. Sure, but... With that being said, it's only an hour and a half long. Yeah. It's not meant to be more than that. This, and it made me ask, who is this movie for, as always? Yeah. So the real answer is, it's made for 30-year-olds or older, but with children. It's not made for children, because it's one of the darkest fucking movies I've seen in a long-ass time. Like, that fucking thing in prison? Are you kidding me? What the fuck? I word. scares in this movie. When the fucking fish comes up in the water out of the vast ocean, Peter would shit his pants. When the ghosts are there, when the haunted mansion is uh-huh. with Luigi at the opening, that's genuinely creepy shit. Yeah. So yeah, like I don't think this is made for the littlest, littlest kids. I think for children, this is made for like eight or ten people who can pick up a controller and play Mario. But. It's really made for 30-year-olds who have children. Yeah. It's really made for people who love – it's made for parents who are, would be entertained with this movie, watching it more than once, and children who won't get it until they're older and it's colorful and it's bright and, it's, and people are making loud voices. That, that, and, that, that Luma just being the ultimate, the ultimate that goes kiss too far. was amazing. Dude, way too far. Way too far. And I love like if you're if you're gonna make this a movie for kids, kids like children, children, it's way too far. But for the audience it was going for, I laughed. And when they get older, they'll be like, "Wow, that's really creepy." And um, uh, but I thought, yeah, I felt I, like I it was love, wasn't I, just for children, children. I loved how like every time we went to that and that that Luma talk, the penguin dude just like, please stop. <laughs> just, it's I like, mean, somebody stop. needed to say it because like it was getting fucking weird. <laughs> At a certain point, I was like, "Damn, this is like too much. You need to stop." I love like, it. Stop. It was great. It was. I also, I, yeah. I I also kind of love how they they really poked fun at the '80s one a lot. You mean the movie? Yeah, like this that one. Was a, well, that was a '90s movie, actually. Sure. Whatever. Uh, but here's the thing: I don't think they made fun of it. I actually think they st- they didn't steal the plot. It is the exact same plot as the old movie. Yeah. 
It's literally the exact same plot, and they do the commercial from the movie at the beginning. So no, I don't. I actually think they're paying strong homage to it, honestly. But it's the same plot. Two American plumbers go to this world, and then at the end of the movie, they bring the world back to New York, and then they save the day. Like, it's the exact same fucking movie, except instead of Luigi falling in love, it's actually Mario's movie. Yeah. I, I Outside of that, I think it looked like, but here's my argument for seeing it in a the theater. I don't remember it. No. I don't remember an image of that movie in my head, really. And my favorite scene by far is when they go to Diddy Kong's ju- or Donkey Kong's jungle. First of all, they only make one joke at Diddy Kong. They don't tear his ass apart. Like they, they just tell him to stop applauding for Donkey Kong so much. He's his he's his friend. Of course, he's his biggest fan. Like it's incredibly in character to Diddy Kong. I don't know what they, the fuck they told him to shut up. That was the big thing. They made they made one joke about him clapping when everyone else had stopped. And yeah. it's because it's Donkey Kong's like best friend. Yeah. Like that's it, that, that doesn't seem like they ripped into him. At I, all. Just, I just love that Cranky Kong just kind of shit on everybody. Well, I hated Cranky Kong. I love Cranky Kong. I think that voice was annoying as shit. I like that actor, but I thought that that voice was too much for me. And and I watched the old show. I used to watch the old Donkey Kong show. I liked that guy's voice better. But regardless. The, when they go to the jungle for the first time and the guy with the hair and the glasses sends them through the trip and you see the entire place for the first time, best best scene in the movie to me, just based on a spectacle look. But I like when, like, Peach is jumping off of the the one square block and you, like, follow her, like, J- Jason Bourne style with the camera. I loved that shit. That shit was great. And it was every once in a while. But, like, this had as much scope and scale to it as, like, Gareth Edwards' movies. Yeah, it was this much scope and skills Rogue One to me. It's it's fun. It, it's a fun one. I like it. Again, I think that this movie. Um, yeah, I would agree. Like it, it's meant for people who like Mario and want to take their kids to it. That, that's a whole. Yeah. That. I don't really think this needed. Like you say, it has to. You say that it's safe, but to be honest. I don't want them to push this. This is perfect. I don't want... It's the fucking guy that jumps on rocks and turtles and shit. Like, I don't need anything more. But, like, I I get that, like... I understand you look at something like Sonic. And you're like, here's a great character. Here's this great idea. We're going to put him in the real world. And we're going to have this kid be out of his cave for the first time ever. Like, that fish-out-of-water story as they form a friendship. I get it all. That's nice and everything. But, like... I also kind of just would have liked a movie where Sonic is running around really fast, flashlight doing things in a fantasy world like the new game. So I don't I don't necessarily need that kind of growth for a character, but it's very obvious these films are aimed at kids. And I would rather take this movie over Sonic any day of the week. And I love Jim Carrey. I really do. And I love Ben Schwartz. But the human stuff weighs that movie down for me. And I haven't even seen Sonic 2. I would watch another Mario movie in a second. Because, like, I love the look of Mario. I love the vibe of it. I love the music. I'm way more of a Mario guy than a Sonic guy. When I watch these two movies, I feel like this movie understands its audience more. And here's my problem. I don't think they should have made this movie for 30-year-olds. I think they should have geared it more towards kids. But if they geared it more towards kids, it would be dumber. It'd be stupider. It'd have more fart jokes. It would have worse, more annoying characters. And the most annoying thing about this movie were the needle drops. For the, the, the needle drops. I thought the songs were not good. I, I, very, 
Very on the noise, very on the nose for you. But I, I see what Chris is talking about. I see what a lot of people are talking about in that there's not a lot of character stuff and it doesn't do much. But like, I didn't think it was fan service. I thought it was the movie that those characters always deserved, honestly. Yeah. So I, I know that they were talking a little bit a couple of weeks ago about where they want to go after this. Um, I think they, they said something about like, if they were to do a sequel, they want to do Luigi's Mansion. That's what they want to do which I think would be awesome. Charlie Day leading his own movie. They can have Chris Pratt just kind of there for a line or two or whatever. But I know that, like, Pratt was talking, like, he wants to go full, like, Super Smash Brothers cinematic universe on this. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty clear when they fight in Donkey Kong's country that that's a precursor to that. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I mean, I loved Rainbow Road and all that junk, but, like... It, it, they say galaxy. Yoshi's at the end of the movie. Like, there's to, so many possibilities. There's so many games. But for me, it Mario has always been about iconography. Yeah. Like, it, it's there's not much of an explanation to any of this shit. It's just here's a guy to save a princess from an evil turtle. Like, that's it. That's all it is. He goes to worlds. He crushes things. Whatever. I'm, but like, she says, there's a whole galaxy worth of things. So like, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities for what you can do. With I'm it. very intrigued if they do go the route of the Super Smash Brothers cinematic universe, though, because there are characters. Assuming they do the original eight, you know what I mean? The, the original eight fighters, and they do movies for each one based on their franchise. Like some of those are dark, dude. Like Metroid is like fucking eight. Exactly. I don't think they want to do that, and if they do do that, I think they're going to treat it the way they did in Wreck-It Ralph, with like that one character who falls in love with the plumber, you know, the handyman, the the hardcore fighter woman who kills aliens, yeah. falling in love with the character like, like she is as serious as she is. The seriousness that she is is the joke. So I think what the whole point is, if you start with Mario, you want to keep that consistent vibe of silliness. You want Kirby in there. You want yeah. Donkey Kong in there. You want Zelda in there. You yeah. want colorful, bright creatures. But like Samus, Metroid, eh, maybe later, maybe later, but not right away. It's it's one of those ones where I'm I'm very intrigued because obviously like they have Detective Pikachu, so that's their kind of way they could they could slowly integrate it, uh, even though it's live action. Um, uh, so Chris, what what other than being safe, is there anything else you liked about it? What? I'm sorry, you fell asleep on your own fucking movie podcast. No, okay, I'm fine with it. Talk about movies. <laughs> it's your choice. We all watched it. What's up? Oh no, I'm uh no. So I just thought it was like I'm not to the doors are alive. They're just at me. Um, as well as everybody else here. Um, no one's so, you. Do you think we're pissed at you because you don't like it? I don't think um, I, I'm not pissed at you for not liking this. I don't it's it's, it's like so, it's, to me, maybe I was expecting too much of it because I went in there with the wrong mindset. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's my fault. I never really think it's my fault that, well, that I did not like this. You're very so, defensive for no fucking reason. That's very, very. Like, why? I don't know. My point was to say that I watched the movie that so that I could talk about it with you and not right. to say that you are right or wrong. If anything, 
I still watched it incorrectly. I watched it on the phone and don't remember much about it. And I see what your arguments are, but like, I still was entertained by it. No, it's just a, for different reasons. I like visual shit. I love how look and loved how it looked. I didn't need much more than like a bright looking Mario movie, honestly. Like, to me, just seeing the numbers go up on this movie, it's already crossed a billion worldwide. Mm. It's shocking to me that they didn't think this would be a hit. All you had to do was make it. All you had to do was make it. It doesn't matter what you do. What do you, okay, so here's the thing. I, we live in a world where I think it's possible to make something like this in an animated form that is great, but there like. There hasn't been a Nintendo movie since the last Mario movie. And you haven't seen it, correct? Well, we done. Know, no, it's not available anymore. Pikachu. Okay, well, Detective Pikachu a Nintendo movie. Not technically, not directly Nintendo. Okay, so that's the thing. I that movie, Chris, the first original Super Mario Brothers movie, has no connection to the game at all. And with that being said, does that movie have merits on its own? Is it a fun movie? Does it have entertaining elements to it? Maybe. And I hope when you watch it one day, you'll see those things. Because there is a huge resurgence for that movie right now. People are coming back around on that movie. Thanks, like, John Leguizamo. How, dude, I love John Leguizamo. Don't, don't fucking do that, dude. That Luigi is my Luigi. Samantha Mass is... is I thought it was Luigi Mario. Mario. Uh, I just didn't say his last name. He's oh, still Luigi. Yeah, um, guess what? Charlie Day is also Luigi Mario. So uh, Here's what I... Okay. That movie doesn't understand the imagery of Mario. It does its best. Like, they wear overalls. Maybe there's a mushroom that gets big. There's dinosaurs around. But, like, they use things that help them jump. But it's, like, watered, watered, watered-down versions of what the I- image is, the imagery is of the game. And the game is all imagery. Like, the first Mario game, it has no story to it. It's just a red guy. But like, it, you look at that thing, and you feel happy when you play it. Mm-hmm. No one knows why. But that's when you look at that thing, it's cool to look at and play. So we live in a world now over the last 10 years where you can make an animated movie and make Mario Galaxy and Mario 3D into a film. Yes, I do agree with those things. If people think that that's safe, sure. But in my opinion, this is the movie the character always deserved. Like, it's just the first one. Does that mean that they can get better? Sure. Like, it took forever to get here. Yeah. But, like, this is what he deserves. Like, a fucking plumber goes, saves a princess from a donkey turtle that likes to likes her. There's nothing wrong with it if it's cool to look at. But likes no. to like her. He likes to like her. He liked to love her more than he actually loved her. I, no. I, I also want to point so, out this. Yes. If you've looked at a lot of Illumination's actual marketing since this movie's come out, this movie is front and center for them. This is, now, go ahead, Zach. This is something, Chris, that I think they're going to continue to market the look. They're going to say, we made Super Mario Brothers, and we made it good. You know what I mean? They're taking full advantage of this, and I think... Kong as well, and Super Mario you, as well. And my thing is, like, well. okay, like, all right. So, like, okay. I understand that you're, like, you're like a keyboard warrior. Every time that key, every time I hear that keyboard warrior, it's like, I need to go on Reddit. You're sick, Chris. You're sick. That's what it feels like. Um, I feel like I immediately need to be on defensive opinion that I don't know about. You you already feel like we hate you because you didn't enjoy this to a some degree. No, and okay. I don't know why. 
Okay, no, it's, it's just... It's a fine little movie. Yes. And that's maybe... Okay, hold on. I need to breathe. I need to breathe for a second. I don't know why I'm freaking out. I've had a tense day. I apologize. Fair. So... Okay. So... I just went in there and I was just like... I, I kind of like chuckled throughout. It wasn't very... It wasn't very funny. I agree. There's not some laugh out loud jokes. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, okay, that's... Like, it's it's cute. Really. It seems earnest more than anything. Yeah. And, like... I was looking at this and I was like, okay, I can either look at this as, like, something is like, okay, they want a Mario movie, let's just make a Mario movie, and then just see what happens. Or it's like... Or it's a love letter. To a franchise that earned that has earned a movie as such as this, and I never really had. I'm not a Nintendo kid. I was going to say, what is thing. your what is your appreciation to Mario? Before I would even ask the question of like, what would you want for this movie? The two Mario games I have ever played, mm-hmm. the three, the very first one on like some janky like one of those like Game Boy. No, one of those um, one of those like. Things you get at like Walgreens that has like fifty thousand games on it. Wow, yeah, like, never heard of yeah, like seven thousand games on it, like one of those things. Uh, that you like those plug and play things. Hmm. Like I, would, I played uh, the oh, first, first Mario game on that. First game classic. And then growing up, we had a Super Nintendo at church, mm-hmm. and um, I would sometimes play um, Super Mario World. Great one. Um, and then. Since we had a game, since I, my first console was a GameCube, mm-hmm. I had Super Mario Sunshine. Classic. Not a lot of people think Love of it, it that way. No, dude, it actually has a pretty good fan base about it. Um, Chris, Chris, can I keep going? Much more than keep down, keep down, keep down, keep down. Way better camera work in Sunshine. Yeah. Um, besides that, I have, I kind of fell off. The, I was always more of a Star Fox kid mm-hmm. when it came to Nintendo. Like, forget Zelda, forget Mario. I wanted more Star Fox because that was, like, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, like, besides that, I never... I just kind of, like, fell off the Mario. I was like, I get it. Like, it's a platformer. It's, a, it's like, a decent challenge. Like, the whole Mario Party thing is, like, it's very... It really speaks to kind of, like, the popularity. It's kind of, like, the flagship of this is how successful video games can be. This character is still going like it's like this it's like it's all, like mario to me is like the simpsons of video games it's like it just keeps like it's still around and it's still a staple of what of what it is you know like since simpsons is still a staple of animated television it's like mario is still a staple of video games to this day and it's culture and so like i like was like okay like i i get mario and i get the appeal of Mario is very like challenging platformer and it's really just like this I want to say dumbed down it's very simplistic like very simplistic what story yeah like kind of like a very simplistic premise like plumber guy like plumber guy must say princess from dragon dude like they've stuck with that for how long has it been 40 years now Mm mm-hmm yeah Crazy it still works. It's it's, crazy it still works. Because it's not about the story. Right. Yeah. So maybe, okay, 
maybe it's unfair for me to then judge a Mario movie on those terms because if the games are that way, then why should I judge the movie the same way? That's not true because they're different mediums. True. Let me ask you this: What did you? What? What was the great thing that you loved about the Sonic movie that has nothing to do with the Sonic games? He's a child locked in a cave, and when he gets out, he's like the most interest. Everything's great. Like that's what's great about that character. But that's not from the games. That's just the thing they needed to do to have this character work within the film that they were creating of that medium. So like they had to break a mold to enjoy this character. How do you make this character this crazy and wild and awesome and like hot dogs, chili dogs? How do you put that character in real world and have him be that energetic and make sense? PTSD. PTSD. <laughs> you have a concrete reason why that's the case and you have something that's relatable on a universal level, which is when you're grounded in your room from winter and then summer, you wanna go outside and you wanna play when you're a kid. Like that energy of a kid, you put it into him and it works as a kid's movie. Like. That's a really smart idea how that would work. But I don't know the games of Sonic very well, but that's what that character is. Now, let me ask you this. What is Mario as a character outside of the games and the and – the, because that's the thing. He has games – I'm sorry. He has TV shows and he has comics and he has a whole world and characters that have nothing to do with the video games just like Sonic. He has that world. You just haven't been open to it yet. But in the games, Mario's the guy that says, hello, how do you – can I get the cake? Oh, good. Like, he doesn't talk a lot. He is a very pleasant guy who will do the right thing. He's Superman. He doesn't need to say anything. He just goes and saves the day. Like, he wants cake from a princess. All of this is the early days of video games. What has grown with the game over time is the look of it, the platforming of it, and then eventually it isn't 2D anymore. It's a 3D world by 64. By Galaxy, you're doing both. By Odyssey, he's in fucking Grand Theft Auto. It's all about imagery. It's all about the worlds that Mario goes to. It's the walking into the castle. It's the jumping into paintings. It's the things you jump on. It's it's the attitude he has, which is, no matter what the case is, if I die, anyway, I'm going to win. I win. Like, I'm happy. I'm a happy guy. Yeah. They're happy games. And I, in my opinion, they are all about the iconography of the world and the character and the looks of it. So in my opinion, is that movie safe? Yes. Because there's a whole world of comics and a TV show of that character and what they've been and everything. Mushroom Kingdom is a whole thing. But, like... What this movie needs to be is the thing that this movie has should have been a long time ago. It, this is this is really like to the game in terms of a story, but like cinematically, it's working because it's great to look at. And I, when you're a game that works on that level, on your phone, like I don't think I should have watched it on my phone. I don't think you should watch movies like this on your phone. I forgot how it looks, and the whole thing I liked about it was how it fucking looked. That's the best sell I can give about it. But you and I have always had this argument recently, sorry, Zach, between the visual language of something and how I'm always just like, if something looks great, maybe that's all I need. And you're very inherent to story and character and stuff like that. And, dude, if you look at IMDb, it's as high as 85 and low as 20. And the lowest critic is like, dude, it's paid by numbers. These aren't fucking people. No one's doing anything phrase. real like that. I'm sorry? I never understood the phrase paid by numbers. Uh, um, the when you were a child and you get a coloring book, they give you numbers. Oh, oh, okay, never mind, never mind. Yeah, okay. you don't make the decision. I, I didn't know that was. That, I didn't know that was. What that's it was what it means. So that's okay. that's what they're saying. Like, yeah, they're just saying you didn't even try. You just made this thing. You put things in it, and it moves. Right. You did what it asked you to. Exactly. You checked boxes. But in a lot of ways, what it does achieve, I think, it achieves visually 
unbelievably well. Mm. And that's why I think people are loving it because right. they like looking at it. Then I guess it's just me then. Because, like, if you like more story, i got to tell you, you're not wrong. There's not much right. character or story to it. It's like, the movie is a game. I went into it thinking, I, was like, I guess I went into it thinking, I was like, well, okay, i got to see this. So I'm just like, all right, what what is, what is it about you that is making everybody go back for this? Making this, like, one of the high... One of the highest grossing animated films of all times, at least since 2019 when Frozen... <laughs> this is the first movie to break a billion worldwide since Frozen 2. That was four years ago. I mean, it should have been turning red, in my opinion. There were some great animated movies from last year, but, you know... Anyway. Is slowly picking stuff up. So, I was just like... So I went in there, I was like... I guess it was more... I guess maybe I just went in there more thinking, it's like, okay, I just want to know what this is. It's like... And then now, I'm on the other side of it, and I'm just like, okay, that's what it is. It seems to me like it's. it's I would hope that next time something like this happens, not to expect us to be mad because you didn't like it, but right. to, but to understand that you now have a better clarification of what you want, maybe from video game movies, maybe from kids movies, maybe from any movie. That like in something like this, you're like, all right, the visual nature was just not enough. I need to care about these people, and if right. that's you, do that. Then you know what to avoid more so in the future. That's all. Like, yeah, I see what you are seeing. Right. I'm sorry. It was a very. I started the day with like an anxiety attack. So it's like, I don't know why it just swung out like that. But so the best thing about this show is when we dig you out of those holes, man, and we find an understanding between each other. But like, yeah. So I was like, okay. I so I came out on the other side and I was like, that was okay. Yeah. Like I get it. But like, I need. I kind of needed more, and like so, um, I'm a young person, um, and um, we did young person things. It was Friday night, so like me and so me and Joe, who you know, um, we uh, we then immediately went over to his house and um, we watched the first Sonic movie. Because I was just like, I have to know. I have you had to. to contrast and compare. I had to. You had to contrast and compare. I was going to do it here verbally, but I can't believe you actually did it that night. That's crazy. Because I knew that's what you were comparing this to in your fucking head. <laughs> Everyone is. It's the latest. Look. The two, three no, but then no, it, it leads me to an interesting thing. But it should be Pikachu and Sonic. Those are the two movies to compare this to. They're the two yeah. biggest successes in video game gaming. They're all three video games for kids. Pokemon was a training card game first. Um, But that's based off a video game, though. Oh, yeah, you know what? You know what? Right, right, right. Me being dumb. But anyway, so, okay. Sorry. Okay. That first Sonic movie was better than this. That was a better movie. But you love Sonic. I do, and that's, I think that's an, I think that leads to an important point here. I think the appeal to Sonic, and I would later find this out, was like through people who liked both is that Sonic was the counterculture that Mario is the counterculture to what Mario established. Like the whole, like Mario is more of just Mario is more of like a platforming is more of like platforming and like, like really just like, um, like trying to like solve the puzzle in front of you, really, just like trying to get that, trying to get through that. Sonic was go, go, speed now, and like um, 
momentum. Like it was, it was platforming, but it was momentum. And it was kind of like a, just like a more different character. It was counterculture to what Mario had established at that point. Because Nintendo and Sega were at odds, because like that was the original video game war, well, the like, original I, console wars. I agree. I think that Sonic is aiming for like these are baby. Mario is a baby game, but we have butt rock. We'll fucking rock and roll over here. The yeah. butt, the music's great, guys. The Sonic music's so good. I can't. Mario music is good. It, they're both good, but like damn, guys. Hold on. Butt hold rock on. is great. What you like? I will happily like, rock the you, butt. You like Jack? Delete. You like the jagged edges. Uh, you like the little bit of a harsher tone. You like the metal. The, the like. I mean, like the. Metal I will say. Well, I will say. I will say. What like? Like okay, so you know like the star part, like the the guy in the dun- the whole dungeon part, mm-hmm. just like just really depressing shit. Like okay, I'll take all of Sonic at face value, right? I'll take it all. I'll absorb it all. Why did a teenage girl have to get shot on a space station by a government agent in a Sonic game? Because they're not Mario. They're more adults. They're more intense. That's too far to me. That's what I'm saying. That's too far. That's why the movie nails the character of Sonic so well. It does. It really does. It really does. Like, it's a different medium. It requires a different... And here's the thing, though. Yeah. Sonic wasn't even my favorite character in that franchise when I first, first saw it. And then when I saw the movie, I'm like, okay, now I get it. So That's what makes sense. Uh, well, Ben Schwartz is... Ben Schwartz is good, and also they actually his, made it a 10. His perspective of that character is a little bit different than the game. The game the game voice guy, he's a little bit like, all right, I will be cool for this and that. And Schwartz is just like, hey, I'm happy to be here. There's a difference in how that tone works as voice actors that I really appreciate. And I really wish they would give. Like Ben Schwartz, those adventure stories, man. See what he would do with that Sonic? Oh God, that is so funny. Like, oh God. What you, what you want? But anyway. from, what you want from Sonic is more of the giant thing. Oh yeah. Gra- grabbing clones and throwing them at people and robots. Fuck it. No, they're not clones. They're robots. Zombies. Like that's not. I mean, with I pride and prejudice. I do think that there are horror elements in this Mario movie that we watched. But they are ba- they're all based in the iconography of the games that already existed. Yeah. Like it's they're like that's the thing when it came to the Luigi Mansion scene. Uh-huh. All they had to do was put him in the room with other characters. That's all they had to do for that shit to work. So like it's all about the imagery of it. Now mm-hmm. I do see what you're saying. You've made a very good point, which is in Mario, you have to take your time to plan out. It's like Edge of Tomorrow. You yeah. work till you die, then you go back and you fix it. Exactly. Sonic is like, you work and then you hit some rings and maybe you gather some that you lost, but you get right back to it and you pick right. it up. And it's just as much of a platform as Mario. Yes. I've hated the fact They're the same like, genre, but they handle it in different it's, ways. It's until now that they finally figured out a way for you to run Sonic endlessly without any stopping. And even then, the 2D aspects of Frontiers is kind of annoying the more you stop and stop. But that's in Mario Odyssey. That's nothing new. Yeah. So, like, the, the dynamics and the structures and the techniques of both the games are starting to come together evenly right now. But in my opinion, the color and the – just, like, the cheery happiness of Mario is not for a lot of people. Whereas right. Sonic I'm, not, I'm like, not saying, like – I'm not saying that no, was But you are completely right, that they are, they are diametrically opposite of each other for very important reasons. Mario's fat and plump and nice, and Sonic's like, we're going to kill, buddy. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're just different designs and different attitudes. So, going back to the Mario movie, I, again, I did like it visually. Mm. Like, I was still, like, watching this in a movie theater, like, I was, like, I was impressed, like, those looks really good. Yeah, those are good. I just, like, I, I guess I'm just, 
I just have to and accept that it's there's nothing wrong with wanting just that much more. There's nothing wrong with that. And so if I looked at, if someone looked at you like me and was like, well then you're wrong for that. Like if you wanted like if you wanted another half an hour of that movie, no. Like that's wrong. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I absolutely see what you want. It's there, but what it gave me in return was apparently directly for me. And then, then when I ask like a 30 year old who's had a long day taking care of kids and he's like i'm in a movie theater and he's like i don't want to think about this story i just want to look at something colorful and then the kid's like yay like i get it i get it there's there's an effort of safe and then there's a precision and i think the precision is the fact that the people understood the world and its look and its imagery very very well so but like it doesn't say like i i have to i do watch this one more time i did not like hate it fuck you i know you've been wanting to I, I, for a while. I, I don't see the appeal the i don't see the appeal okay. um anyway you, you can go next time after this yeah in no. terms of responding to him yeah. yeah so yeah i again i didn't like not like it i just thought it was fine i just needed that much more and i could see where it tries Cause, but like, it was more of just like, I, I did like that whole, the one thing that did impress me was like the whole dichotomy between Mario and Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Cause like they're at odds, you know, cause like they don't want to like each other necessarily, mm-hmm. but even when, when they keep helping each other out, yeah. it's just like, don't tell anyone, like, don't tell anyone, like, geez, guys, like that, that that's kind of fun. And, and it isn't until the very end that they realize that they're actually the same character. Yeah. That they both want to impress their dads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I can't even remember the, like, the freaking... There's beats in there. Yeah, there's, be- yeah, there's beats in there. But, like, again, but again, like, I'm it's... going back to your point. It's just like, I'm having trouble remembering that. I saw that in the movie. But, that, but that's the interesting thing. Like, would I have remembered it still? Would I still forget aspects of it if I seen it in a theater despite the visual nature of it and you saw with the same visual nature and still are having trouble recalling things and it's we wanted different things I canceled literally the thing that would have given me what I wanted by watching it on a phone but then in that process realized well damn I can't recall any of that look of the movie at all but I remember the yeah I remember the beats particularly since I'm I was having just things happening with my brother with the family recently where uh-huh. we were just kind of like supporting each other as like problems were happening in the last day with the estate of my grandmother we were def- people were defending each other's families and siblings and parents very increasingly sure so i was really a, i was appreciating that narrative but at the same time i was like i mean that's all it is like it takes forever like the moment i was like you know what at the very end i was like mario is about to save the day and if luigi doesn't get involved you completely fucked up the story. Like, uh, if Luigi doesn't help save the day with Mario, mm-hmm. you have fucked this up. And he comes in with the shield, and I was like, thank you. That's it. That's all you have to do. That's like, literally all I have to do to make this thing work. And can I make one more? Watch the, um, the second movie. I assumed you would. Yeah. Um, I didn't finish it. Mm. That You want to talk about diminishing returns? Holy shit, that second movie. Yeah, I didn't think the second movie was going to be as good as the first one. So okay. You, the, get, I'm just going to go on this quick tangent. Okay, right. So, all right. He is zeroed in in very intense space right now. All right. So, I need to get this straight. So, this movie had 
20 minutes more than the first movie, right? Which movie? 20 minutes movie? more to work with. And two new characters. Sonic 2. And no. two new characters. Very vital to Sonic's development mm -hmm. as a character. And you don't take any time to... The only thing you do, really, is expo dump the development. You just tell them, so it's like, um, so like, it's, so like, they're in a, so after I'm the- closer to you to the mic, by the way. <laughs> just double checking, just double checking. <laughs> so after the arbitrary, after the arbitrary dance battle that happened in the middle of the movie in Siberia, it gets i will tell you what happens in that movie when, off air so they have, i can't believe you haven't seen the dance battle it's on it's on social media so they have this arbitrary dance battle in siberia and so what happens is like afterwards like it's it's, it's like sonic and tails in there and like they're all like like best buds, even though they just met like yeah. 15 minutes ago, 10 minutes ago. And so what happens is like, okay, so like Tails then explains to Sonic how lonely he is. We're never shown. Like it's little things like that. Yeah. And like, like we, he tells him what, he left behind to go and find him. Like he left his village to go find Sonic. Mm -hmm. And we're told that, and he tells about how he gets like, holy, shut up. Uh, we're, getting, we're getting told about how he was like made fun of. Cause like, I'm pretty sure this version of Tails is neurodivergent. Um, okay. All the signs um, point, I think in my opinion, point to that. Um, I think more people were versed in the uh, flatline thing. But anyway, it's, but it's, 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 it's telling, right? It, they're tell, it's, 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 it's tell, don't show. And I feel like I would have liked to have seen that, you know? Yeah. Um, and then another thing with Knuckles is that, that Knuckles happens to the same thing. He lost his dad the same day that that uh, long claw. Uh, sacrificed herself in the, in the first movie because like Sonic was chased by Echidnas that day. Mm. So, and Knuckles says that Parmesan, would you please be quiet? <laughs> wow, she actually listened. Um, Get a cat, and, zombies. Cat and zombies. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, and so like it just take it, it doesn't. It kind of just brushes off the work. Mm -hmm. And that really kind of frustrated me. You know, it really just, it really did frustrate me. I was just like, really, Tails is to Sonic that Luigi is to Mario. You have to get this right. And you just brushed it off in Expo. Well, I, mean, I don't like it. I, I, I don't. I, I didn't like it, Alex. I gotta be honest. Zach, I didn't like it. I mean this with all the love in the world. I do, but I think they're not that concerned about what a mid twenty-something-year-old thinks about what they do with the characters of Sonic. Agreed. Agreed. 
Fan story canceled. Canceled. Good job. Uh, I don't think you're the Two nights work. Gone. It's All like, that inventory taking I did. It, it All like, gone. Because like of you. Trying. You just laid waste to it. it like One sec. I want them to try. Bastard. <laughs> I want them to try, but it sounds like they're not trying. Yeah. And it, it bothers you. Fair. I don't. Listen. Very. I will accept a lot of things in movies. I, I will accept a lot of things. A lack of effort is not one of them. Like, they tried in Samurai Cop. They tried in Miami Connection. They tried in Surfer. They tried in Birdemic. They They did not try here. Apathy in filmmaking pisses me off. Pisses me off. Try! Do the work! Uh, so we've been sawing you for a little bit, Zach. What did you? We have been twisting your arm. I apologize. We're way past We're it. Way past it. it can go. Ah, oh, oh, damn it! Well, no, I'm glad we went down that rabbit hole because, like, I wanted you to make sure that we weren't trying to attack you, and then also I wanted to make it clear what you wanted. And to be honest, I think what you want is a fair thing. And then to to watch that and then look at the other two Sonic movies and be like, okay, well, the first Sonic movie gives me what I want from that the Mario movie didn't, and then the second movie doesn't even try on either form. So that is that's interesting. Like, fuck. That Jim Carrey may not be back for the third one. They're making next year, and they're bringing in one of the most popular characters of the friend. Fuck! If they get rid of Jim and they bring in Shadow and... But you need Jim for Shadow! Ah! I mean, you don't need... See? Witness me! Witness I me! You went from Star Wars to Sonic so passionately. Ah! <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know. That it's the I'm I'm gonna show you the song Justin I've been listening Phillips to for the last Phillips. three weeks. Just the one song that I've been on that I've been playing on repeat for you three sure weeks. Last time. No, it's a different one now. Different one? It's a different one now. So much butt rock. So much butt rock. So I can smother myself in butt rock. So much butt rock. That's Battle Nuts, by the way. Okay, Is it butt rock? Balrog. Balrog. Uh, yeah, Mario. Yeah, I mean... It was all right. That's what we watched. Better than Sonic 2. I not as good as Sonic cool. 1. That looked so cool. Like, it looked it looked, really, it looked really great. I just... I just personally needed more. I love Mario. It's all I wanted. And I kind of want to watch the 90s one again because it's, it doesn't give you anything a Mario fan would want, but it gives me everything a Leguizamo fan wants. Oh, my God. I love Leguizamo. I have loved Leguizamo for years. Your turn, Alex. That was it. You, that's, you're just... You're, Take what I watched. Okay. I had a huge, massive funeral. Well, okay. So I did. I do have an honorable mention that I can go a little bit longer on. Um, okay. I love James Dean. I'm a big James Dean fan. One of the first old movies I ever watched was a James Dean movie, and they did uh, all three of the movies that he made. Only he only made three movies mm. in the span of a year and a half, and he was nominated twice for Oscars. Um, and they did it all three in one night. I own all of them, but TCM had some really good versions. And the cleanest one that they had that was a new reissue was an East of Eden. And it's the first movie that he did. And it's a remake of the story of, well, it's a, it, it is an adaptation of the book by F. Scott Fitz, not F. Scott Fitzgerald, but um, the guy who wrote Grapes of Wrath. And it's basically the story of Cain and Abel. Mm. So uh, Dean plays Cal, which is Cain. And he has a brother, Aaron, Abel, and then he has his father, and then he has his mother, who lives off the skirts of town and is the reason all this occurred in the first place. And Dean, it, it the story is set in the 1920s in California, um, and the dad is a farmer. He's trying to move 
his crops in large amounts and he starts investing in this huge idea of freezing lettuce and cabbage in a train and trying to get it across country in time but it just mm. it, it ruins the cabbage and the lettuce and it never works and he loses a shit ton of money he takes it well but he lost a shit ton of money during the war so his um son cal puts uh, a bunch of money together based off of uh, stocks that he puts into the war and he gets the money back and his dad's like no you put this into the war you you earned money off dead bodies like what are you talking about and cal's like blood, blood money huh i just want to give you some fucking money just fucking love me the fuck is your problem just fucking love me hey i love you Jesus. It's great. In fact, when Dean does that scene, he doesn't he doesn't tell the actor what he's going to do to plays his dad. So he just fucking drops all the money. Classic cinema. And he just fucking shakes and he just hugs his dad. And the dad doesn't hug him back because the actor's like, what the fuck are you doing, Cal? Like, stop. What are you doing? You can't say stop. Cal, what are you doing? And he refuses to hug his own son. And Dean is just like, oh, it's the greatest. Phenomenal. Such a good actor. Um, and when you learn the history of that movie, you realize that Ilya Kazan, the guy who made it, one mm. of the most interesting directors of the 50s who got really great performances out of people like Monty Cliff, Marlon Brando, and in particular the Dean. But his way of finding people was to find who those people were, find the story that would fit around them, and then just basically prod and pick every emotional angle in their life until they gave them the performance he wanted. So James Dean had horrible father issues. So he's just basically like, he is Cal. But basically what he did on set was just like push and prod all these emotional buttons in him until he fucking gave him what he wanted on set. And you knew that story. He's like, damn. And I've never loved the movie completely. It looked great this time around. But that's one of the many reasons I never responded to it because his his emotions in that performance are almost too raw that it's – it's not that it's so uncomfortable that you can't watch. It's uncomfortable for the nature of the film. Like, nobody else is pulling this kind of performance, and if anybody ever saw this in real life, they'd be like, I don't want to hang out with this guy. They wouldn't be, like, enamored or attracted by him necessarily. But then his second movie, Rebel Without a Cause, the thing he's most famous for, he had way more input in that story. He had way more input on what the performance was. It's a much more confident performance and then there was Giant, which is his last movie, and I basically watched bits and pe- bits and bobs of them all night. And I love James Dean. I just think he's great. Honorable mention. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got through it. Yeah, we did. Peter really slows us down, doesn't he? Okay. No, 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 no. no. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, we cut the news pretty short. We would have yeah, taken yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. on those trailers. But, uh, oh, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mario was the thing I watched. I watched it as a rebellious act against Twitter. Fuck Elon Musk. And... I, I, I should have watched Alex it. projectionist on Twitter. I really should have watched it in a theater to get the experience that I think I would have gotten the most out of. Just watch John Wick 4 in a theater. Please. There are so many fucking movies I'd rather you see in a theater than Mario right now. Sisu's out. I'd rather you see Triple R, for one thing. God, I'd rather you see... Guardians is coming out this week. I'd rather you see The Fablements. There's so many things I'd rather you spend your time on rather than Mario at the movie theater. And then you walk out and you're like, this movie that is supposedly super safe turned out to be as safe as I thought it was going to be in the theater. It's a children's movie! You just said it wasn't a children's movie. It's a movie made for 30-year-olds with kids. So yes, it's made for children and for the adults who don't need to think about the thing they're going to watch 80 million times in their house because their child loves it Yeah, that makes more sense. 
Um, that's the thing. That, that is a movie made for parents that are going to have to watch it over and over and over again. Do you know how many times I had to watch the movie Cats and Dogs? Sorry, Toby oh. McGuire, because my girlfriend's daughter loved it. I know that movie like the back of my hand. And that's the point. You don't want to give parents shitty kids' movies because those are the ones they have to watch over and over and over again. Huh. That's why Emoji Movie and all that shit's just garbage because it's like, I have to sit there and watch this? Like, I love the – this movie reminds me so much of Secret Life of Pets. Secret Life of Pets is just Toy Story. Like, a cat who's at home is comfortable, has a new cat come in, he hates it, accidentally pushes it out of a window. Same fucking movie. But it's beautiful to look at. One of my favorite New York movies to look at, period. I'll put that movie on mute and watch it any day of the week. So if I had a kid that liked that movie, I would love it. Because I love looking at that thing. The same thing with Spider-Verse. If my kid loved Spider-Verse, I'd be in hog heaven. Because that's one of the greatest things to look at ever. Yeah. Just it's so beautiful how well that thing is animated. So, yeah. If for a Mario movie not to have the strongest story, sure, I get that. They're trying to be safe and sell a good Mario movie. But at the same time, like... You don't want to think about this. Your kid's watching this for the 50th time. You're just happy that you're going to get a nap in for at least 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, that's what this is for. But I want you to see adult movies. I want you to spend the money on adult movies. That's my thing. Like, see an adult movie every now and then. John Wick, sure, that's great. But at the same time... Flaming shotgun. We, uh, dude, you don't have to tell me that. You don't have to tell me that. I went with Dungeons & Dragons. You did ask. Theater. Because Peter wanted to go to Dungeons and Dragons. He did not want to go to a three-hour John Wick that night. I would love to see John Wick. John Wick is one of my most anticipated. It's People are talking about it on a national scope of Fury Road 2, but we're just talking about you, bro. And I'm saying I get that you're going to see John Wick. You love action. But, like, you do watch a lot of kids' movies sometimes. I do. I apologize. I'm just saying get an adult movie in every now and then. Every now and then. Oh, one that doesn't require violence. We checked it. Well, that's not the case tonight. <laughs> no, that is not. That is not the case. That's what they did here. They're like, you want you want your uh, greens? We're going to shove some candy in there, too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, but everyone's going to see Mario. I mean, yeah. Mario's fun. Like, I know a lot of people want to go see it. You love games. I get it. But I find it interesting that you don't care about Mario and you knew it was sick and you're like, I'm still going to go anyway. Like that's You never fun. know. I would rather you went to go see Suzu. Suzu? Suzu? Yeah. I'm actually, I might catch that before Guardians 3. I need something. Because, like, I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating Guardians 3. Like, I'm anticipating that movie just killing everybody. I've heard it's okay. I've heard it's probably the last, probably one of the last good movies that Marvel's put out. Yeah. But it's not on the higher end. I, Mar- the, the Marvels looks awesome. That trailer looks dope. But, like, I'm anticipating, like, half of that crew is going to die. Uh, you keep saying that. I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. You know what, Chris? You know what, Chris? I'm going to make this playman now. Do it. I don't think any of them are going to die. You. No. There's no way you would do I don't do think that. any of them are going to die. There's no way. There's no way. I, I, I would be okay with one or two of them possibly going, but I don't think the bulk of them will. But here's the thing. 
there again, characters can leave and have endings without being dead. That's all. I, I just don't think I like Gamora's coming back for crying out loud. I think I think for exactly the reason Alex just stated is why none of them are gonna die. I don't think none of them will die. I think, first of all, it's very heavily, I, Rocket deserves to be happy in some regard, and him being the leader of the future Guardians of the Galaxy seems like that would be a stronger possibility for me. Like, I would rather him be the leader of what these are going to be. Quill deserves either death or a happy ending. He deserves one of those two. In my opinion, he's going to get a happy ending. That would be my guess. And, and I so, think, yeah, so what are you saying is the movie's going to end in a massage parlor? <laughs> I mean, why not? I'm fine with that. Oh. Guardians. <laughs> freaking James Gunn put a freaking blow job in the freaking Marvel movie. You've hey. That would be the funniest thing ever. Dude, he had, a, he had Elliot Page rape Rain Wilson before her head got blown up with a shotgun, so I don't know. The guy's capable of anything, bro. In a Marvel movie. I'm just that would be hilarious. Certainly a superhero movie in that one. I think, uh, I think at the end of this movie, the Guardians are all going to go their separate ways. And I think none of them are going to be dead. That's I think one or two might go. One or two might die. Groot can't die. He just can't. I think my I think my 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 strongest possibility is I think my I think I'm more worried about Rocket possibly dying because it would make sense because Groot's died on him twice. So it would make sense if he made the saving play instead of Groot. Um, it would make it would make sense to me, and I feel like that is something that James Gunn would do. It's in his last guys. outing at Marvel before he takes over DC. Mm-hmm. So Quill, I could see that. I think the strongest possibilities are Quill and Drax. Why Drax? I don't know. It's just Dave Bautista's attitude towards how Marvel handled James Gunn's firing. And he seems yeah. pretty attached to him. But he's been in it. He's played the character twice since. Right. But, like, my thing is, he knew he was going to come back to this. But now that James Gunn's doing his thing over at DC, he's probably going to be more compelled to do that. Yeah, but do instead. you think Drax deserves to die? Well, the rest of his family died, so. That's <laughs> deserving of death? The guy can't be happy somewhere? <laughs> Heck no. Why not? And zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, that's my thing here. Rocket has a chance to die. Rocket, I think, has a possibility of dying because they've compared him to Yondu so much. And let me think out But I would rather him be the leader of the future Guardians. Quill has a chance of dying, but at the same time, like, he's getting Gamora back, right? So, like... Is he? Like, the whole holiday special is them getting over it, but, like, she's in the trailer. She's there. They break her out of some sort of prison. Yeah. So, like something's going on and I would rather them be happy together because that fits their arc of two to three movies way more that of them falling in love rather than both of them dying in my opinion. But uh, Rocket has the best chance of dying, but like I, 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 everyone says that a lot of people are going to die, but I just want people to recognize that characters can have happy endings and not be dead. Yeah. So that, that's all. But like, I think, uh, Rocket has a good chance, but I, I, I'm counting on one or two. I don't know which ones, but it's not Mantis. It's I don't think Drax. I would pray, pray, pray not Nebula. Nebula is my favorite, and I don't want Nebula to die. And if she does, that would suck. But at the same time, she's, like, she seems very happy where she is now. And she had five years in on Earth helping human beings and being a better person, so she can die and have those years and be fine, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I don't want her to. She's my favorite. Nebula's by far my favorite. Yeah. 
So we'll see what happens uh, next episode. One or two for me. But I, uh, the the opinion about the movie is that it, uh, or at least the reviews have been coming out saying that it's not perfect, that there are things about it that are great, and that it's juggling a lot of tones. Um, yeah. And as a conclusion, it's very interesting. No one's saying anything that's awful or that it's a mess like Ant-Man or Thor, but everyone's walking away going like, it's a lot. It's ambitious. You know, things work, things don't. So I'm curious. Very. Especially, again, because I haven't seen the holiday special. Okay. I think that's a good point to take a break. Okie dokie. Yeah. So um, we'll take a break because I probably have to go to the bathroom, as always. Are you going to leave, Zach? Uh, Probably not right away, but we'll see how things go if, if and when Peter comes back. I don't know, man. Um, so do you want to just keep going until you stop and stop the recording then? Uh, what do you, what do you guys want to do? I kind of do have to go to the bathroom. Well, how about you go to the bathroom? Okay, I'll go to the bathroom and then shit talk. And then you guys can shit talk. Uh, well, I'm a shit. No, we won't shit talk. I mean, you will. But... Or just stop the recording. We could. Are you technologically capable, though? To stop a recording? Yes. I just hit stop and then we hit record when you come back, right? No, don't make it, stop. make it noise. Don't, 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 it's my show. No, Chris, it's our show. <laughs> What's about for? For pooping, silly. <laughs> Sit down. Did you fart again? No. no. Oh, God. <laughs> <I thought you're laughs> <fart. laughs> All right. So we'll get into this uh, here quick since uh, Zach has another robot to destroy. I mean, human body. I mean, robot. Um, Are you. I don't know how I made it. Oh, there we go. Okay, you you froze for a second on screen, but now you're moving. Okay, so audio podcast. Um, so um, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Well, actually, no, you had. Oh, yes, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Okay, yeah, okay. So real quick before we go into this, my real honorable, my real real honorable mention is that I did watch the Princess Bride home movie. That starred a hodgepodge of actors. Gosh dang, that was a joy. That was a real genuine joy. That's how good that script is. Oh, man. That was a real genuine joy. And also, if they were to ever, ever remake this, and I strongly, strongly urge them to not remake it. Yeah, don't ever do that. Cast Diego Luna as uh, Inigo Montoya. I think he was the the best one. I think he was better than Javier Bar. I thought he was really good, and I liked... Jason Jason Siegel as the giant. I thought he was a good giant. I thought Batista was just great mm-hmm. uh, uh, as well. Just really solid performance. Um, I thought it was very funny that they put David Spade in the Gary Elway's role for a second. I thought Gary Elway Gary Elway's as a Caitlin Devers. Um, I think it was Caitlin Devers. No, Sophie Turner. Yeah, Sophie Turner had me rolling yes. because at that point in the uh, the fire swamp. Wesley doesn't have his mask. 
and she just has the mask on because it, you, you couldn't tell that it was Wesley. Just yeah. by that's uh, that had me. I was like, oh my god. But there's also like the one Brandon Routh and his wife where they switch the roles in the middle of their. That was hilarious. That was awesome. That was amazing. Watching him hold the camera as they walk through the leaves, he's just got this look on his face. It immediately, immediately made me, immediately made me go back and watch. The, um, the Scott Pilgrim table reading, the 10th anniversary, yeah. immediately w- made me go back and watch that. Uh, I can't wait till you watch Past Times at Richmond High, because that's a really great one. Oh, man. That was a great table read, too. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked Diego Luna. I liked Jason Siegel. I liked Nick Kroll as the um, inconceivable guy. Inconceivable! Inconceivable! Patton Oswald crushed that, too. Oh, God, Patton Oswald nailed it. He nailed that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really good, really good stuff. All right, um, now Pride, Justin Zombies. Pride, Peter's not here. Uh, Zach, what did you? I'm think locking about? myself. Wait, hold on. Wait, oh, hold on. on. Wait, one more thing. Pride and Prejudice. And Zombies. Damn it! <laughs> Gotta go with a bit, man. <laughs> I I oh. am playing. Chris, I am playing to the bit. My bit is to interrupt you before you say it. Ah, but we're never going to have that bit again after tonight. Or until he leaves. Yeah, until he leaves. Then you get Except to do the bit. Before I say anything. I love it. Chris, just... Fuck the new 200 listeners. Yeah. Um, allegedly. It may just be like a computer glitch because... I'm, they're, they're, yeah. I'm just playing oh. the bit, man. It's fine. <laughs> So we're not going to start traditionally because Zach has a human body to dismantle. I mean a robot. And so a murder. We're going to start with your thoughts on the movie. It was a movie, dude. Like I don't. Know. Certainly was. What a Chris phrase. Yeah. It like. Wow, was this movie just kind of boring? Just wow, like. It's a boring action movie. Like, I just, I, yeah, I, I just, it's boring. It, it's like very like dry. Like everything about it. Like, I watched a movie. <laughs> you didn't think that Matt Smith was good? Um, I mean, he was the best part of it, but that's not really saying much. I just wondering if you liked him because he is a pretty good part in it. Yeah, I mean, he's a sure. good part of the movie. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait to talk about this. Man. Oh, man. Uh, so you didn't like that much. Great. Yeah, it was it was fine. Um, If I were to grade it, I, w- I would say, like, I'm, like, leaning between two. I'm like leaning between like a D plus or a C minus. Like, wow. It's so here's the thing. Like, it's boring, but like, it, it did enough to pass to me. Like, I I think it's a passing. Like, it it's a C minus. You know what? I convinced myself. It's a C minus. It's like what is it that you? found boring was it any of the romantic stuff or was it any of the zombie stuff i think it was the fact that they tried to mash the two together they just they're they're just two opposites to me like like if i'm going for a zombie movie i'm expecting like it to be a horror movie you know like it's 
like I've seen Reanimator with you, and I've seen um, Dead Alive, uh, and if I'm gonna watch a zombie movie, I want something like that or something like Night of the Living Dead or or or. or what about Shaun of the Dead, which really doesn't have any zombie? horror to it or like adventure yeah. or zombie land i do that every time are trying to be other things that have zombies in them and i think that that's fine but i think like this movie doesn't have the, those that charm like it, to me like like matt smith's great and all but like it isn't the same as the charm of like woody harrelson or Emma Stone, who are doing what they're doing in those movies. No, but what he's doing is a really great turn on a classic character that's been around for 200 years, um, who just also happens to not want anything to do with the zombie outbreak at all. He, it's one of the best performances of that character that's pretty much ever existed. So, like, it, there are... It begs the question that I'm going to ask both of you, which is, do you think you would have gotten more out of this if you had any understanding of what Pride and Prejudice was nowadays? Because we talked about this before. You read it in high school, but you do not remember anything about it. Yeah, I think had I known more about that movie or I remembered more of it, again, you know, forgive me, it's been 12, 13 years. <laughs> you know, um, I think that... Um, I think I probably would appreciate it a lot more. Um, I guess for me, though, it's just like, I don't remember it that much. Like, I know that the character is important. I know that there's a lot going on with that. But, like, it's like, eh. Like, he's good. He's And he's great. It's just, he he's shining amongst the rest of it, which just seemed boring. Are you interested in seeing any version of Pride and Prejudice now after seeing this? Um, yeah, I, I think I'll, at, at some point I'll, I'll watch actual Pride and Prejudice again at some point. I mean, there's a lot of them. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember which one I'm thinking, and now I'm going to look it up. The one that has aged the best for most people as a movie is the 2005 Kira Knightley one. And I think that, yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of, too. That was actually exactly the one I was thinking of. Knightley and Matthew McFadden. I didn't remember who was in it, but. He's doing very well on Succession these days. Good. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best shows on television right now. Far enough. That's what I hear, yeah. But anyway, uh, so C minus. Okay, all right. Well, um, I highly recommend you watch the Cure Nightly one. What is your bad movie recommendation? Bad movies. Me and Alex during the break were contemplating this because... I've had this knack for as of late of suggesting bad comedies. Oh boy! You, you, you say there's nothing worse. I'm, I do think it's hard to critique bad comedies, but I also now that I know that this is a goal for for Zach, it just makes it more interesting for me to try. But like he started the conversation by saying, "I think I don't think there are any more. I think I've done them all." Like, are you kidding me? You have two on the wheel. You did fucking a Dana Carvey one. Right. They're out there, buddy. And so we landed on somebody that, I, against my better judgment, I was pushing in his direction and trying to help him find one that at least fit his mold, regardless of whether it pissed me off or not. 
Um, and we did find one, I think, uh, that so, it would be a nice surprise for both of you because I don't think either of you know about this. Yeah. And I've in, in fact, the one I'm going to suggest I have never seen. Uh, I have seen the one I wanted to suggest I have seen, unfortunately. But um, so I'm going to tell you who the actor is first, Chris. Okay. I'm going to suggest an Eddie Murphy movie. Oh, Christ. Now, I am going to give you some reprieve here, Chris. I am not suggesting Norbit. No, I think I know what you're suggesting. What I that? am suggesting, though, The Adventures of Pluto Nash. I thought it was going to be Daddy Daycare again. Actually, <laughs> he said, I want to do Daddy Day Camp. And I said, why the sequel? And he said, because Fred Savage directed it. And I said, fuck Fred Savage. Because he abuses people on set. Oh. He's a, like a caustic. He's like a jerk. Like he yells at people. That, go, that, that fits with his character in uh, friggin' the Princess Bride. Uh, yes. That he would yeah, actually grow up to be that. I think it's funny because he's made some of the best comedy television. He's directed some of the best comedy television over the past 20 years. Like, he is important to the context of television comedy. You've seen his work before. But, like, just now, recently, people were like, you know what? Fuck that guy. He's he's horrible to work for. Yeah. And he immediately was like, he got, he got fired from the Wonder Years remake because of how awful he is. Oh. Yeah. Now, now, Chris. This movie has some roles in it, <laughs> as some actors. Okay, as the movie does. Mm-hmm. This is Andy Quaid. Like, like, first of all, let's explain a little bit about this. I know you don't know the plot, and I don't want you to read it, but this is a sci-fi epic where he is the hero, like a space hero. Okay. The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Now, okay. now, 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 Chris, it has Randy Quaid in it. Which is fine. My boss likes oh, a lot of Randy Quaid. But the more important one, Chris, Rosario Dawson's in this movie. Sounds about right. Young space adventure Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Then it goes right into Man in Black 2. Yeah. Yep, that was her. Yeah, but this was after Kids, and you guys do not know what Kids is. Now, yeah, now, now I want to say one thing. Allegedly. Now, there is one other person who's in this of note, Chris. There's a few people. What? Yeah, but the big one, Alex, you guys might get a kick on this one. Alec Baldwin plays a mobster in this. Again, I've seen this. I've seen it. That would be a pink sweater. Kind of. He's a robot. If he wields a gun, it's a pink sweater. Uh, any movie where he has a gun, yeah, probably, but it's probably going to be a laser. Um, Randy Quaid is a robot, is a humanoid robot. Hello, boys, I'm back. So he died in Independence Day and became a robot. Is what or so, they took it day and made robots after they left so, uh, The good thing is, Chris, this is on YouTube for right now until it's taken down. I lo- this is a lot of work if we don't land on this. <laughs> so, But at the same time, I'm glad you guys have heard of it because it is the worst. it is considered the worst Eddie Murphy movie Period. Wow. Yeah. That covers a lot of crap. <laughs> it really does. It's well it's usually between this one and Norbit, but pretty much. They're both There's like a, and a thousand words. Isn't he one of like Adam Sandler's best buds? No. 
Lines. Okay. They're they're equals, but they don't do each other's films. But okay. you know what? I wish they did one day. A buddy, a buddy, like a buddy comedy. I think they'd be great together, honestly. Um, and Sandler's coming back. He is. He's coming back hard. Eddie Murphy's in that Jonah Hill remake of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner that no one liked. Huh. I would yeah. say Adam Sandler actually is doing a lot of really good movies as of late. But even his comedies are starting to be considered well. People like Tubi Halloween, Murder Mystery 2 is coming out next. He's got another Safdie Brothers film in the works. His last movie with um, Greta Gerwig's husband. Wasn't he really good in Hustle? Hustle, yes. People love to hustle. Dude, Adam Sandler's doing great these days. I think the last thing I saw Eddie Murphy in was uh, Tower Heist. I want so badly, because I've been thinking about it recently, to show you guys Bowfinger. Do you guys Uh, know what that is? Bowfinger? Bowfinger is a Steve Steve Martin-written movie where Eddie Murphy plays an, an action uh, famous actor who's going crazy and having a nervous breakdown, and then Steve Martin tries to produce an extreme, like, the most low-budget movie ever, but to do it, he uses his twin brother, who's in a massive nerd, to be in the movie and pretend to be his brother, so Eddie Murphy plays both parts, written by Steve Martin, secretly one of the funniest Eddie Murphy movies that's ever existed. It's amazing. I, it's I gotta, I gotta so say... Um, you know what's been coming around my, um, my, uh, my, uh, my YouTube feed as of late? What? Clumps? No, Mr. Deeds. One of my personal favorite Adam Sandler movies, just because, you know what, I just love fake New Yorks, and I love the original, I love Frank Capper movies, so I like it a lot. It's incredibly cheesy. And that's one of the many reasons I love it. It's I fucking love Mr. Deeds. Love that movie. Interesting. Waterboy, Wedding Singer. It stops at Little Nicky for me. Mm. Yeah. Pluto Nash. Big Daddy is great. Big Daddy's Big Daddy's good, but again, Little Nicky is where it turns bad. Yeah. (laughs) Not Billy Madison. Billy Madison is a fucking classic. It is. I think Billy Madison is fucking brilliant. That might be his best comedy, period. Yeah, Billy Madison's great. Uh, everyone, like, that was one of the dumbest responses I've ever heard in my life. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having heard that answer. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> a, a simple no would have sufficed. <laughs> That's so fucking so love nice. That movie's brilliant. Did you fart again? No. Okay, just checking. I smell ass. No, I did fart, but I'm doing it quietly. <laughs> That's what I was asking. Yeah. I thought you. <laughs> I, re- <laughs> I thought you had heard something. <laughs> Your ass shot gas out of it, and I smelled it. That's the other thing that farts do, dude. <laughs> do, dude. <laughs> did you fart? No, no, man. I thought you heard something. It smells. Oh, yeah, I did quietly right now out of my ass. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> SPDs always swell worse than noisy ones. That's the point. Oh, man. Anyway, Zach, I love you, bro. <laughs> and um, so C minus in Adventures of Pluto Nash. Oh, this window a little bit more. <laughs> you thought the poncho would save it, but it didn't. Damn it. Uh, anyway, I need to wear more shorts. <laughs> it's going to be summer soon. All right, all right. So uh, I'm going to deactivate his robot now. Chris, you know, can't believe you ripped ass and then lied about it until he called you out. On I it. didn't lie. I didn't know what he was talking about. He had no idea. Yeah. And then when he called you out, he's like, "Oh yeah, I did." Usually the no, farts no. on this show are loud. <laughs> I just love that. No, he just forgot the, that farts have two functions. <laughs> make any noise, and it's like, yeah, but there's still gas coming out of your ass. <laughs> That's a lyric. That's a lyric. Yeah, you gotta put that one in Brian's songs. Um, it be toxic there. It probably sounds like sulfur. Yeah, it's all right. Okay. All right. Uh, so I'm gonna turn it off. I, Alex, I need you to make a noise. Emerge out of Alex? Well, we're more focused on Zach leaving. Yeah. Saying goodbye. That's Which entity did you even come out of? Yeah. I guess I'm gonna go put some clothes on. You don't want to. You ask him. don't touch him, Chris. Do I that. can tell you where he came out of. I would just first say don't touch him. Where did I? I don't want to know. Knee I don't want to know. Knee pit. Oh. That's I don't bad. believe my knee pit enough. I don't. Not. I don't know about that. That it happened? No, it happened. No, I don't know how I feel about a knee pit. I don't know. Your prolapsed knee pit. I, it's prolapsed now because a, a person came out. You of it. should fix that. I don't have the money, you know. God, like that's do fair. You, do you have a plastic? No, I got it, hand? guys. He came out of Alex's wrist. Oh, with my two cysts. One yes. of them was Peter. One of them was Peter. Peter cyst. Yeah, my knee pitch just feels <laughs> lumpy. Sorry. Up, up and away, web. Up, up and away. Web. Go, web, go, 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 Peter. Go, web, go. See, fly. Zach, Zach's theory was that. Um, so he, we were confused on if he had taken, so he said he'd taken apart Brian's robot and then killed it. But um, Alex it was like, well, Brian sucked. And then I finally said, well, that must mean that Alex swallowed. And I ate so, it. So yes, and did, and I ate the robot. I swallowed yes, it so, so, yeah. Um, Alex was able to determine that it was not real blutter. Um, so well, it, it couldn't have been. Yeah, so, because well, Zach doesn't know what real blunder is. We've confirmed it. Well, it would have um, come back to life if it was. Yes. So, um... In my belly, because I ate it. Right. So, his stomach would have came off. Swallowed it. Is that what I'm <laughs> smelling right now? He told me... He told is that what I'm that This is a... This is a... God, this, okay, first of all, this is a Super Jail episode waiting to happen. So, um... God, I love Super Jail. <laughs> Fucking so, love Super Jail. Where so, this guy's stomach comes alive and comes out of his esophagus. Anyway. Oh, um, love it. So... Let's eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you he ate. Too. I already ate. Uh, that um, actually filled me up quite a bit. So thank you, Alex. Um, anyway, so you could close the. No, I'm just kidding. He was making close it sound like he had disassembled you instead, implying that a you were a robot, or b that he had disassembled you, thinking that you were a robot but you're actually a human being, but he thought that you were Brian. In in, in actuality, he just murdered someone who was named Brian, and did something with the body. 
the robot of Brian is somewhere we don't know, and you were probably just gone with your girlfriend, so you murdered At the store, stranger. getting milk, like all good fathers. It looks like do. banana bread you're eating, but like. It doesn't smell like banana bread. What is it? It's banana bread. Oh, it's banana bread. Okay, then I don't know what a banana smells like. Chris, Chris you're canceled. I got you on Twitter right now. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, uh, he probably murdered some guy named Brian. Yep. Hmm. You know how you like you kill everybody named Peter? Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it was that's a, little... a different form of hate. Because I'm the best. But you do admit it was a hate crime. For me, yes. But for him, he's probably just a murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have morals, Alex. No, you have justifications. Thank you. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Kadabra. So, um, all right. So, Pride and Prejudice. Hey, oh, sorry. End scene. Sorry. That's what you say now. Oh, no. But this is that of the second break. Pride and Prejudice. Got it. Yeah, um, <laughs> what? You're trying to. I wanted to go with you. you know? oh. <laughs> I'm like waiting with you, and you're like, God, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> it's like a guy who's like, come with me to the store, and then you walk outside, and he's yeah. already driving away, and you're like, Oh, I wanted chips. I wanted chips. Yeah. So um, here you go. Close that bag, please. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just make this great okay. auditory signal on this recorded podcast. And zombies! Don't forget the clip. Nice. You really the... did go for that bag, man. You should just take that home. Are you sure? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I had You know what? Back. Just finish it right now. Open it back up. No, no. we're on a... It's a podcast. No, I it just is. say... You I... ate a very quiet banana bread. No, but I was mm-hmm. recently listening to the Back to the Features where you rubbed your dick on a bag and I said you can have that one. So, like, this is a... That really? Yeah. This is a recall... <laughs> Recall to that, and you can have that bag, and you didn't even have to rub your dick on it. You can. Just it was your it raw, it. cold, clammy dick. It really was. I am old. It was wet. Anyway, um, Pride Prejudice and zombies. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be like baseball. Oh, you're teasing. <laughs> it really is. It really is like baseball. I missed it. Um, Goddamn Gina Davis over here. So, um, leave their own. Yes. So, um. This was a me pick. Are we going to press... Let's uh, press play. Let's uh, press play. Uh, here. We are about yeah. to press play. As you wish. Oh, sorry. Wrong movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see you getting easily... Up. Somebody, oh, uh, I have to prove I'm not a robot. Uh, yes. Sure. He's obviously made out of flesh because I came out Yeah, around. Zach. We already had that discussion earlier. Yes, and and three, two, one, play right now. Okay. Yep. Okay, so... This was a me pick. They took this... Um, over 200-year-old book. Yes, over 200-year-old book. And Don't just worry. added zombies. Mm-hmm. What really struck me about this, mm-hmm. this came out two years after the first John Wick. Yeah. I could have sworn it came out before The Hunger Games came out. It feels like an older movie. It really does. By like six years. Yeah, it feels really, like early 2010s. I really before. love how yeah. John Wick has become this like. Because that, that's the point to me point where action, action has become now. Uh, it's the Raid and John Wick. The Raid and John Wick. Yeah, they were around the same year, time. 2014. Yeah. Yes. So two years beforehand, yes. Right, and then a year after that is Mad Max. 
So then the action movies were just like changed forever. Yeah, honestly, that is the that is really. And then somewhere in between, Rogue Nation. I think I think Rogue Nation came out the same year. 2016. Uh, and I believe Fast Five came out in 2015. Holy crap, guys. Oh, like, I used to make this argument all the time that 2015 is probably the best era of action films, and we are now entering in the best era of horror. This movie came out two months before I worked before I worked at Willow. Mm-hmm. That shocked me. Mm-hmm. And then it was gone by then. It did not do well, no. <laughs> it was there for like two weeks, and then... It, was gone. it did. It did not do well. And there were several movies like that. Yeah. But like, damn. So, I I was curious to see. I was like, okay, it's just a fascinating idea to add to take this two hundred year old classic romance novel mm-hmm. and put zombies in it. Yes. Um. So and that was just like, and I I hadn't really known anything. About the original Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. other than that there were people that were prideful and uh, prejudicial, which I'm sure uh, Peter got a real kick out of. Um, so um, I kicked myself real good. So with that, yeah. <laughs> with that, Alex, I have to ask you. This is the most unique director name besides Mick G. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Russian one was pretty interesting too. Who is Burr Steers? And why? What is he steering? Okay, so when you think of the name Burr Steers, what what does that conjure? Like uh, he's steering Burrs. Nationality wise, what is that? British Burrs. What is that? What does that conjure up nationality wise? Norwegian. Mm-hmm. Okay. You asking me? What's his name again? Burr Steers. Burr Steers. Steers. He's white. In some capacity. Yes, he's very white. I will give you that. He's Irish, isn't he? Mm. Steers. He he is probably the most American American we've ever American. Damn it! This I should know. This guy's family is like connected to uh, Burr, like second vice president ever, an American Burr, like. His family's connected to the Gores, like that's cold. Like these, Burr cold. His family's been around of America for quite some time. He's like, he's nepotism, baby. So by like the fifth generation. Yeah, dude, he's been around. Maybe man. sixth. He's like, no, probably sixth. Family run. Family's been around for a grip. So he was, uh, he was born in Massachusetts. And uh, he studied at two separate schools. He was immediately kicked out of both. Oh, um, no. And uh, eventually time. he got his GED and then studied uh, literature in New York. Uh, he got into writing, like um, a, a famous writer in his family, Gore Vidal. And he, um, he wrote and directed his first movie called Igby Goes Down in 2002. Um and it's a pretty good movie. It stars uh, uh, Kieran Culkin, and um, he's probably going to get an Emmy this year for his performance in Succession. So it was really interesting to see the movie that he broke through with. Hmm. Um, great cast. Amanda Pete, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Claire Danes. Really great cast. Um, it is about a kid who is kicked out of college and goes to New York and has adventures. So it's, little, it's like most first features. It's yeah. a little autobiographical. Uh, uh, I yeah. like it. I like it a lot. It reminds me huh. of a lot of movies. It's kind of like the trailer makes it seem like it's 
what if Rushmore got out of flunked out of high school? Like that kind of vibe. Hmm. Um, but it's not a Wes Anderson movie. It's actually a little bit more acid tongue than that. And you can see in that film that he likes to play with editing in really interesting ways. Not like a massive amounts, but just like interesting bits, interesting little cuts. He's very, I, I he just kind of has like a lapse of time, like um, Scorsese at his best. Um, so he ends up writing the screenplay for How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, and that's a hit, and that gets him some money. And he makes the movie with Zac Efron that he like. Th- I think it's the first movie he made after the High School Musical ones, and it's called uh, Charlie McCloud. Ah. And it's about a guy who loses his brother in a tragic accident, then now he can like see ghosts, including his brother, and he uses that to help save a girl that he falls in love with. So it's like this emo, this very emo-y guy falls in love with this girl, she doesn't know what he's like or what his problem is, and he's got to like emo-y kind of trying to save her. Even oh, though, like, man. And shit. Oh, wow. That, <laughs> I just got, I just got, I just got a rush. Of just, I just got a rush of, of just like, no, not just that movie, just like that, that whole vibe. <laughs> I don't know what that happened there. Like that 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 movie. You just described that movie in a way. I was like, that just that just sounds like a vibe. I was like, it Whoa. really is. Like uh, it, I kind of like it. Um, like, I see dead people and then I somehow fall in love with a girl like that. Yeah, it's sort of like what if the Sixth Sense kid got a crush. You know, it's really interesting uh, in that capacity. He went from high school. He, did he really go from high school musical to that? Yeah, I think it was the first one. And then the next one he did was with the same director, and it was Seventeen again. Wow, that I remember. That I remember. and that's basically you know kind of a big thirteen going on thirty kind of a ripoff thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Perry is the older version, and then Efron becomes the younger version again. Uh, fun little movie, kind of a Disney Channel esque vibe to it, like. I, I feel like it happened because of Freaky Friday, and just so it was, they were sitting on it for a bit, and Efron wanted to do something that was more theatrical. But um, it makes money, and it's okay. Um, and then he starts writing TV for a long time for Showtime, L Word, um, Homeland, a bunch of stuff, and eventually oh earns the money to get this. So this is. Um, a separate story. So, first of all, there's Pride and Prejudice, and that's okay. Jane Austen. So, Jane Austen wrote this book over 200 years ago. It's her second well, book. Well, this is not around now. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, and that's how, old, that's how old this book is. Um, and she, her, it's her second book. Her first book was Sense and Sensibility, and she was just incredibly smart. What's that about? Um, the, it's kind of like this. It's another romance novel, but at the same time, it's a strong-headed woman meeting somebody, and they instead of a miscommunication thing, it's more so how do they together uh, kind of make this thing happen within the world that they are. Like they're more on the same. But it is about sense and sensibility, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's the point. Like, just sure. her language is very specific. That's why the the original title for the book was um, Blue Harvest. Um. Bad first impressions, or, sure or, 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 fa- or mistaken first impressions, or something like that. Mm. Just very straightforward. It's like okay. uh, they fucked up the first time around. <laughs> but it's like no, they have pride. They both have pride, and they both have prejudice. So this is causing problems for their romance. Uh, and it was a big hit. Everyone loved it. It's 
as of like every time they do a list of the best novels in England, it's like one or two right off the bat. It's been done over and over and over and over and over again. There's one from 1940 with like Rick Garson. They the most definitive one for most people um, is either the BBC Six uh, episode one with Colin Firth that made him a star, or there's this 2001 with Keira Knightley, which I think is the one that's aged the best, quite honestly. Um, I like that version of uh, Darcy best, in my opinion. Um, Colin Firth plays him like a jerk who learns that he should be a jerk by the end of his story, whereas Darcy is like, he's just awkward, just socially awkward. He just doesn't know how to talk to people, and no matter what he Relatable. does, he looks, he, he dude, I, I think the 2005 one is the best version of this ever. I think it captures the magic. I think they have chemistry that is really amazing. And yeah, that Darcy makes sense to me. Like people look at him and they're like, that guy looks like he's not fun to be around and he's got a problem. But really, he just just doesn't want to be at a fucking party. Like this is not his vibe. Like he just doesn't like this. And so I love it. I love that version a lot. Um, highly recommend it. Um, so that book is amazing. It goes on forever, 200 years, people love it. And then eventually there's a company that um, is run by this guy and there's this writer, Jason Seth Green, and he's like, my publisher called me and he, like a stroke of lightning, was like, I got an idea. And he's like, what? And he's like, pride and prejudice and zombies. And the guy's like, greatest idea I've ever heard in my life. And they immediately start work on it. Oh, he got he went to the right guy. Just right off the bat. Because he's like I, I he's like I love the idea of the world that this book is set in, which is there's this war in the background, and no one's really talking about it because at that time there's always a war going on. In so England, there's yeah. always a soldier, there's always something that they have to deal with, but there's always this society that's trying to pretend like they're not even a part of it. So right. he's like, it really begs this idea of this misleading tension to allow all this like gore and stuff to happen. Like, what if there really was an enemy in there? And here's the thing. He's like, all, he also thinks it would be really funny to match really well-written, disgusting violence with her incredibly well-written romantic dialogue. And I listened to the audiobook, and I gotta say, yeah, it fucking works. It really works well. This is a book it, written for people who love those kinds of books, but at the same time has grown into something a little bit more aggressive. Like, the book is great. I think it matches it pretty well if it's just selling you what it is. Wow. And it's only an hour long. Like, it's a short book. They condense it pretty well. And the original Jane Austen book, if you want to listen to that, that's seven hours. That's like 10 hours. So this thing is really tight in just giving you the story, but also putting zombies in it. So huh. I just, I, it really did nail it right. It's why it was a bestseller. It really is good. So the problem is, in my opinion, transferring that into film. Because you can do Pride and Prejudice over and over again, but the best Pride and Prejudice are based off of the chemistry of the actors and the execution of the story. So... They decide, so this co- book comes out in 2009. It's a big hit. In two, the, like, the month that this comes out, they sell the movie rights. So, like, damn. They know that this is going to be a movie right off the bat. Wow. First person involved with the production, Natalie Portman. I saw that on the producers. I'm like, what? She was going to star in it. 
because she was also Kira Knightley's double. The Kira Knightley does Pride and Prejudice in 2005. Why not Natalie Portman? Why yeah, why not up her? Well, when you're this far removed from Star Wars. Well, I, dude, again, at this point, Natalie Natalie Portman was a respected, celebrated actress before she entered Star Wars. It doesn't matter, like Ewan McGregor, she was always going to walk out unscathed. She was only going to go up in her career. I know, but it's just funny to me that she would, that in this, that she would try to one up, like like I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it's sort of like I'm gonna, they were gonna play the same character, but in like the different movies, right? Pretty much. She was going to play. Uh, uh, Lizzie. It's hilarious to me that what happened on set of Phantom Menace where, like, Natalie Portman just, like, freaking makes the makes Kira Knightley cry mm-hmm. on set. And then all these years later, like, Kira Knightley is becoming a star herself and she just comes out with your Pride and Prejudice, which is probably the best, like, interpretation of that novel. And then Natalie Portman comes in to do this. And it's just, it's just it, it really feels like a one-ups we kind of move from the outside just removed from all context particularly in the context that natalie portman probably just couldn't pull off the accent that would be my guess she probably just couldn't pull off an english accent cured nightly is you know fucking english so and that is right that is honestly cure nightly's best performance in my opinion and she's still working today she's still doing stuff but like and she she yeah that's her best performance and portman Still is a movie star, technically. She still makes movies. But Knightley, I think, just recently did a kind of Fincher-esque version of the Boston Strangler recently. So she's moved on to TV. Interesting. Um, uh, so Natalie Portman was going to do it. She decided not to eventually and then moved on to executive producer. I think the thing that she did instead of this was that one Danny McBride, James Franco fantasy movie. I think that scratched her for her. Of doing something like that, hmm. action star, but also in a dress. Um, <clears throat> and it, the director that left after that project was started was David O. Russell. Do you know anything about David O. Russell? Oh God, I. It's late, so. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. I would I wouldn't expect you to have seen any of his films, but we do have one of them on the wheel. Three Kings. Ah. He also made Silver Linings Playbook, The Fighter. He made uh, I Heart Huckabees, which is a very bad movie that we could do on this wheel if we wanted to. It's the bad movie wheel tonight, Peter. We're good. One of the most... <laughs> You're going to like Zach's pick. Like, he had a movie last year called Amsterdam with Christian Bale, David Washington, and Margot Robbie. And it did... Whole, like, not only that, Chris, one of the most stacked casts of last year, period... And it bombed horribly. It did awful. It did nothing. And it doesn't matter if the movie was good or not. It's because David O. Russell is one of the most abusive filmmakers that is still working today. Wow. He sexually abused his own transgender niece and admitted it. This guy fucking sucks. He George Clooney punched him on Three Kings. He called Lily Tomlin a cunt on camera. This guy's a fuck. Ing asshole. And Hollywood loves him because he gets great performances out of stars. And it's nuts that this guy wanted to make a zombie Pride and Prejudice film. That boggles my fucking... We are going to talk about this guy later, trust me. So, like, 
fuck, man, it's crazy that that wanted to happen. So that tells me that that guy was more focused on the zombie aspect than he was necessarily Pride and Prejudice. But you, you know, know what? Pride and Prejudice is Chicken an interesting butt. Regardless. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about him eventually on a film. Again, Chris, I think you will love Three Kings, but he is a guy like Fred Savage that cannot be ignored for what he did. So, uh, they move a lot of people around here. A lot of directors are in position to take this, and it keeps falling out over. So it's the Flash. And over. No, dude. People got this gimmick right off the bat, and they should have made the movie in 2009. And the the longer they waited, the less people considered this a serious viable option, and the more it became a joke. The more movies like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter come out, and people are like, "Wow, you know this movie's fun, but it we don't care anymore." Written by the same guy, Seth Gordon Green, and I I I find it, it it's just that people stopped caring, and it turned in more into a joke. The book had sold, and it made its money. It was not really needed to be spread any more than that. There was no world that needed to be built from it. It was just Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And as a film, its viability was going away more and more and more and more and more. Then eventually it landed in the hands of Burr Steers. And he was the one who by that time was like, why did everyone take out all the Pride and Prejudice from this? Let's put some fucking Pride and Prejudice back in here. And he made, it's actually a pretty, pretty good adaptation of the story all the way up to the third act. When the, when the sister gets kidnapped by Wickham, Mm -hmm. which in the original stories, Wickham does run off with the sister and marry her anyway. Uh, Or he doesn't marry her, but he treats her like his sort of like slutty girlfriend for a bit. And it puts, it puts the family's name in ruin and he, um has to marry her later. They have to pay him off a ransom so that he can marry the daughter. Um, Wickham's a terrible character in the book. That's why he's a great villain. Sounds like a small guy to me. I don't know, guys. Uh, he's a terrible villain. He's a terrible character oh, in the book. But he that's why I love him in this. The best scene in this movie is when he makes the argument at the dinner table. Because that's when I was like, wow. If Wickham really is good, that's interesting. But he's probably bad because he's bad in the book. They really made him an interesting villain. What an interesting discussion that he's bringing up. Um, so they do Brian Prejudice all the way up to the third act when the sister gets kidnapped. And then it's just a straight out and out zombie action movie. And then the ending happens. And when um, when Bingley comes in and he's like, can I see your sister privately? Then it turns into Pride and Prejudice again. All the way up to the wedding. And then the, the zombies. Wedding. Yeah, and then the zombies come at the end. Um so even and Collins, everything that Collins does happens in the book. Like Lady Catherine is a real person in the book. She's like this big. But one of the interesting things about the whole point of the book is that at this time, no women have any power unless they have money. So like all these women are being like forced to be married off so that they don't live like homeless women out in the streets when their house is gone. And there's this woman, Lady Catherine, that literally is the richest character who has the most power in the book. And even though Liz respects her, she doesn't want her to marry Darcy. And Liz is like, I fucking hate Darcy. Like, I don't give a shit about what you're talking about. She's like, okay, well then are you never going to promise me you'll never marry Darcy? And she's like, no, fuck you. Dude, like get out of my house. 
Like, it's so awesome. I love it. I hate this guy. Okay, then don't marry him. Every time... Don't tell me what to do. But that's what's so interesting about this book. Every time that there's a fight in the book of, like, clashing in any way, Mm. but they have to have, like, some decorum. In this book, or in this movie, they just fight. They just literally fight. Like, it's an action movie. Mm. Like, like Darcy proposes marriage, and she's like, I hate you. Let's fight. And then, like, she's like, you're not going to marry my cousin, my, my nephew, right? Well, no. Well, let's fight about it. Like, that, that's how this movie treats it in a way that is kind of fun to see that stuff sort of acted out in a fight scene. But I will say this is a filmmaker that's never really made any fight scenes, so they're not the best. But all the actors do their own stunts. There are no stuntmen in this. Wow! You can look at the behind the scenes and they did so much choreography to do this. Like, they worked very hard to make it them doing it. Like, the scene where all the sisters are doing the whole discussion about the night that they met the men and fighting each other, that's still all of them trying to do it in one singular take. But they forced them to edit it. So, like, he really is trying to do his best to keep these people in so that when they have to do their actual acting scenes, you don't feel like an actor's performing Pride and Prejudice, but an action star is doing the action. Um... Uh, I would say also that I think that the final shot of the movie is pretty fucking great. I like the fact that they end on the zombies and not on the uh, Bennets and them being like, ha. Like the zombies instead are the last shot. And that tells you, well, they're probably, it is the zombie apocalypse. Did like I before. miss? I think I missed it. Because it was the credits, right? Yes. Fuck. Yes. Because I had to get over here. So at the very so at the very end of the we'll movie, see, well, I'll see it. You'll see it. But at the very end of the movie, they're all happy and like the look, one of my favorite moments. You'll at, see at it the very like end of the 40, movie. 50 minutes. Yeah, forty exactly. minutes. Yeah. One of my favorite moments at the end of the movie is when they're walking down the line after the marriage, and the guy goes, "I'm so happy!" <laughs> like he's not even getting married. And he's right. Like, I'm so happy. I'm like, oh, things are gonna go. Terrible. I okay, and that, that okay. I have to, I have to like stop there because like I heard that line and I was just thinking. Somewhere in like the somewhere in the not too distant past, when Alex and Peter are watching this together, somebody is laughing right yeah, now. Yeah, dude, I loved it because I knew something. I'm so happy. And then, uh, so the credits go for a bit. The cast gets announced, and then they cut back, and the wedding. Uh, everyone's in front of their house, and they're like, "Haha!" And then they hear a rumbling, and literally the entire field in front of their house is engulfed in zombies. Wickham is back with a thing on his arm instead. And he's still active, and then the four horsemen of the apocalypse are behind him, and their faces are horrifyingly black. Like, they're pretty pretty freaky-looking faces, and they're They're there. They're creepy. It's the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and it ends on Wickham being like, ah! Not the Bennets being like, yeah! Like, it's him... It's the uh, zombie apocalypse. And at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, fuck these people. They all should die. Like, you're too busy caring about weddings and shit. That's what I really liked about it. And that's why I think it's really funny. It's so funny in that regard. Like, that that ending is solid because it gets it in that regard. Like, Wickham's like, you understand we need to fix this problem instead of sitting there trying to get married and shit. And it's just... It's like two weddings. Yeah, the classism of all this is really highlighted very well. The way that in the book, they make it very clear that all of this crap that they live in is hindering the ability for both of these people to just fall in love. And they're so prideful and prejudiced about the things that they believe of each other, they're unwilling to actually open up. And it has everything to do with society. 
and how it's built and how it's constructed and how you're supposed to act and what your class is and it's just and Liz is like fuck it are you a smart guy do I love you let's get married if not don't waste my fucking time and it's amazing it's so amazing when she looks at Collins and she says no in every adaptation it's amazing I love it every time um uh my two problems are I like uh, uh, okay so the guy playing Darcy got this part because he was in a movie called Control, which is about the lead singer of Joy Division, and I don't think he was casted properly in that role. I, I think Sam Riley has done things that I enjoy, but I thought he was miscast there. And even though the director really wanted to work with him because of that performance, I also think that he is not... I, I don't know if he's miscast, but I don't think he has chemistry with Lily James. And I don't know whose fault that is, because I actually, I kind of like Lily James, but she's also not, like, the best Liz either. So, like, the chemistry between Liz and Darcy is so important to make this story work, for you to care. It's like, uh, I don't I don't remember what we were talking about last time, but, like, um, you, you, you have to care about this relationship. I was talking about a Contact. And Matthew McConaughey and Joe yes. Foster. If you don't care about the sexual chemistry between these characters that has to exist, then any horrible action McConaughey does to her, you're going to hate him. Like, you're g- just going to fucking hate him for stopping everything that she has goals for. And in this movie, it's the same thing. It, the It's so important that Darcy and Liz have some like something happening between them on a level that works for it to be like one step above any other adaptation of it. Mm-hmm. So although I think they really adapted the book as best as they could to really give fans of the book what they this story needs for that ending to work, um, I don't think that those two are properly cast. What I found really interesting was, as I was watching it and loving Matt Smith in it, I was like, I, how hard would it be to work with Matt Smith? And you look at the outtakes, and Lily James is laughing every single time Matt Smith is making a joke. They cut her dialogue because she keeps laughing so much. And they were having sex on set. So I see that's where the chemistry was. Like, you can see the chemistry there. And you're like, wow, okay. It's not working with Darcy, not because she's trying not to work with this other guy because she's seeing Matt Smith. It's because they just don't work. And Lily James and um, Baby Driver, I think they do. There's a lot in Baby Driver where it's just her and uh, the other guy just, like, looking at each other. Duckface? I forgot his name. Duckface? Uh, sure. And I think... Oh, God. Just Baby Driver. So I and just... Sullivan? Thank you. Sullivan? Like, I think they have chemistry in that movie when it comes to just, like, staring at each other and, like, Romeo and Juliet, we're in love now. And I don't think they have that here. That's a, that's a minor pit nitpick, because if you think they do, I'm not going to argue with you, but... Seeing something like 2005's Pride and Prejudice and you're like, just fucking kiss her. Like, what's your fucking problem, dude? Like, it works so well there, and then you see something here, and it's like, it just doesn't catch me the way I thought it would. Well, by the time that she was reading the note from him, from mm-hmm. Darcy, yeah. I, I, like, emotionally checked out. Because I felt, <laughs> I felt nothing between Damn. them, and I understood the language of what the film was presenting. Right. And I was like, yes, they're... A, most definitely gonna be a thing at some point. I just, I just couldn't. I didn't feel anything between them. Just I, wasn't convincing. I right. think, I, yes, I don't think that they have the chemistry that this story necessarily needs. But I also think that even though you know they're going to be together, this, this is the groundwork for every single story in romantic 
trauma after it. This is the blueprint. This is the baseline. This is the Star Wars of every sci-fi film after it. So, like, everything exists because of this thing, and it's also one of the best versions of it. So, Darcy and Liz really are fantastic characters. Their actions really are important, and they really do define a lot about who they are. Mm-hmm. But it works great in a book when you can really dive into their heads and their hearts and really get into why they do things. And on film, you need the actors to just be like, you need to have that connection. And it really hurts when this movie ends Pride and Prejudice in an hour and then has a half an hour of a zombie action film, which in my opinion is the worst thing about this movie. Every time this film tries to be a zombie action movie, it's bad. Every time it tries to be a zombie movie, I like it. But it's a bad zombie action movie, and most importantly, this isn't scary. Until the the end credits, apparently. It doesn't have to be scary. Like, the scariest moment is... Well, it's PG-13, so you You can do... There are PG movies that are more horrifying than this. And And I'm not saying it needs to be that, but that... Is there, like, Shaun of the Dead isn't scary. That's why I was making the argument earlier. Shaun of the Dead isn't a scary movie. It's funny and it has zombies in it. It's a great zombie mm-hmm. movie, but it doesn't have to be scary. There's one moment in this movie that is kind of scary, and that's when the girl goes upstairs, knocks on the door, and then the other girl is a zombie, and she turns her face, and it's gone, and then she attacks her. But when she turns her face, what happens? Boom! Snap bubble comes out, and you're like, ah, that's gross. Disgusting. That's gross. That, the like, mother and baby rem- freaked me out a lot. That reminded me of like that's a piece of I like that. Hmm. That's that, pretty that, spooky. That uh, that uh, that uh, opening girl um, reminded me of like that Pizza the Hut. Ha! <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, yeah. Spooky. But like, I that God. that snap bubble tells you that the main goal like, of this freaked? movie, oh. like, I love freaked. Uh, it just the main goal of it is to be funny. We're here to yeah. have a good time. So, I didn't think it was supposed to be scary. Uh, a lot of people have made that argument, and to be honest, I don't know. Like, it could have been... I think that the stakes would have mattered more if I felt that anyone was in genuine danger. If you've read the book, none of the sisters were going to die. None of them. Maybe Collins, hopefully Wickham. Like, there's some people you know you love to hate. Like, you'd hate it. You, maybe the mom dies because she's just as annoying in the book. Mm. And maybe the dad dies, and that would suck because he's, he's a great dad. Like, there's some people that could go, but I was thinking of this like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, which of the sisters are going to die? Who's going to go down? Is it the snotty sister who runs away with Wickham in the book? Like, what's going to happen? None of them die. If that's the case, what a great pink sweater. That's what I'm saying. I think the pink, I think the closest (laughs) thing is, like the last book, it's very sort of like old-fashioned-y. Like, Princess Bride, it's very old-fashioned-y and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um... That's the big... And I I, I really... I do think that on separate on separate levels these performances are good, but as a group, not necessarily. I like the sisters a lot. I do think that they're good, but Wicca, but like, and I like Wickham a lot. I actually think he's pretty good. He might be the best performance outside of uh, Matt Smith for me. Um, so yeah, it didn't do well, and the director has not made a movie since. Um, he's made two episodes <laughs> of a Good show God. called Chapelworth with Adrian Brody, and that's about it. But he's, he's money-wise, he's fine. But career-wise, I have not seen anything else from him other than those two episodes three years ago. No, two years ago. Um, but it did not do well. And in my opinion, it like if this had come out, I don't know when this came out, but I feel like 2016. It was, but like January 2016. 
I was going to say, if it came out in January, it explains everything. January is, and February is the month that you dump shit. It's where people, it's where all theaters dump the movies that never would have succeeded. This should have been out in Halloween. This should have been out maybe in, like, Thanksgiving because of, like, the, like, wintry feel that you get when you watch a period piece. But, no, they put it out in January when they knew no one was going to fucking watch it. And they just shit it out there. But I don't think it's that bad. I actually kind of enjoy the first hour of it and the blending of the zombie stuff. And then I really loved it when Matt Smith showed up. And then after he left and that note came, I was like, fuck, man. The note works so much better in the book. And the reason is she feels awful after she finds out the truth of some stuff. There's a scene where she goes to his house and she mm. meets his sister. Mm. And there's a, there's a lot of deleted scenes for this, but they're all Pride and Prejudice stuff. Like stuff that really just makes it more like that. And the, it's a hard balance. I'll give them that. But... This was certainly, I just, I don't feel like she cares about Darcy's actions that much. And that's so important. I didn't feel anything. It's so been. important. Uh, a single thing. Wow. I, so I admire the attempts to make this a Pride and Prejudice thing, but I just don't think that the casting works. Um, I love the opening with the with the animated things. The uh, kind of stick. The cutouts. Thank oh, you. Yeah, yeah. I love the opening with the cutouts, um, and I love the fact that they did their own stunts. I love the last shot. I love Matt Smith. Um, I didn't think this was terrible, but I thought as an experiment, very admirable, very admirable, uh, and it's very admirable attempt. Like everyone on it felt like they were making something of merit, but I think the, I think those last thirty minutes really screw it. This may be the weirdest movie I've ever done on the show. Mm. Uh, even even Zardoz? No, I mean like. Don't ever fucking say that name. We knew Zardoz. No, Zardoz is definitively bad. Yeah, but it's weird. You said weirdest. In terms of like weird, weird is like an I can't. Term, man. It, it can this is anything. Like, this is like Venom. I don't know what the pulse is on this to me. Like I don't know what vibe this gives me. It's just like. I think it's a zombie movie, but then there's just, but it's in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. It's Pride, Prejudice. Mm -hmm. And zombies. Yeah, I need to look away. So (laughs) I I see what you're saying. I do. I think, so it begs my, my, Probably my biggest question, I gave this to Zach too, which is, if you guys had a better understanding of what Pride and Prejudice was, would you have appreciated this more? If you knew what it was that they were trying to spoof, would you have a better understanding of it? Well, for me, I... It, after I watched this, I still understood, like, um, what Pride and Prejudice was from yeah. this movie. And for me, it didn't feel like a spoof. It just felt like zombies were in this story. It was added to it. So that it makes, didn't, that it didn't feel like... I, it, I was just confused. I'm like, is this supposed to be like super funny, or is this just... There's mm-hmm. just zombies in it. Mm-hmm. So that begs the next question. Would you want to watch Big. anything of, of Pride and Prejudice next? Do you want to watch a good version of Pride and Prejudice next? I wouldn't mind it. I watched this, and I was just like... I'm kind of a enamored... 
I'm kind of enamored by this story, even though it may not be the most well performed. I'm going to show you a clip of one of the best scenes from the Kira Knightley one, and I will give you guys an opportunity, because you know the story now. Yeah. And I want to give you an opportunity to see why that works now, and hopefully you would enjoy it and want to watch it, because honestly, it made me it made me want to watch the, the the BBC one, which I just can't get to. I tried to watch it on Pluto, but it kept coming mm-hmm. up in Spanish. Um, but I maybe d- immediately want to go back to the 2005 one, like and and probably see Emma with Anya Taylor Joy, which is clueless but written by Jane Austen. So that's the other thing. Like Jane Austen is easily adaptable. The story's been adapted a lot. But this is Bridget Jones' diary. But like it's the and zombies that like it should be more. And to be honest, again, I love Wickham. I love his ideas, and I love the fact that the zombies can talk can trap people. That's an interesting thing mm-hmm. I haven't seen in most zombie stuff. It's a newer thing for yeah. me. Yeah. I liked that. So, I want to note one thing. This movie's an hour and 47 minutes long. So, we're, the scene that we're looking at now is when they're, like, on the, uh, tipped over, uh, <laughs> I was wagon. actually going to stop you for a second. The, my favorite, this is one of the peak sweaters for me. When she meets the lady at the party and she starts talking and then her head blew up, I was like, that reminds me of, uh, the robot killing mall movie, Chopping Mall. <laughs> Just heads blowing up. I was like, oh! <laughs> There's nothing in there. It's just no, I know, yeah. Air. It's very, that's right. the thing. This movie it's is... It's compressed air. It, this movie is gory, but it's not violent. It's like... SVU. It's exactly. P, it's PG gore. Like, he, yeah. like the camera pans like TV, up. Like, Kate, like, um, like cable network gore. Every Well, no, I think there's some really decent gore, but it's not... Like, you'll see the face that's ripped apart, and that's gross. You'll see a woman with no legs, and that's gross. You'll see a dead baby, and that's gross. But whenever he takes a sword and chops a head off, the camera pulls up. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no violence, but there is disgusting dead bodies. Yes. It's it's that, And that is horror, but it's not scary. Well, right. going back to your question, I, I might want to see the movie, but right now I think I just need to not... I just need a palate cleanser, because as... As a Pride and Prejudice... Right. You like, need something in between. As like a romance movie, I, I was underwhelmed. And as a zombie movie, I was also underwhelmed. So, so no, like both no, of them, I was just like, ah. So no, even though there's no chemistry, nothing about the story was interesting. I liked I liked the zombies and how... No, and I mean the were. Pride and Prejudice aspect. Nope. Wow. I didn't expect it. I was like, oh boy, Peter and Sessa are not going to like us. She liked it. Oh, okay. But she's probably read Pride and Prejudice. I would assume. I have no idea. Okay, so it's kind of a girl state. So this is the moment. So this is the okay. So this is the moment where I had to like stop it. Mm-hmm. Just be like, I have to stop it right now. You want me to go no, back? No, no, no. Oh. How long has this gone? And I looked at it. It's like 40 minutes. Like, dear God, there's an hour left. It really did feel like a longer movie for me. Because that that, that is another element. Like, uh, the book is not propulsive. It has no pushing narrative. The book is just about, like, this guy, this Bingley guy likes Jane. And it just so happens that Liz and Darcy have their problems on the side. And their problems are what cause more problems for Jane and Bingley. But then also, her mom is shooting her fucking mouth off about how all her daughters need to marry someone rich. And her daughter's hey. running away with Wickham. Like, they keep causing problems for these two girls to date or marry anyone. So, like... It, it, when, the ones Jane, who wanted them. But like when Jane gets sick, 
and gets stuck at their house forever, it forces these confrontations between Liz and Darcy. It forces Darcy to be like, well, I, you know, fuck, I don't even care that your sister might even want to marry my friend for money. Like, I fucking love you. I don't care that you're poor. I don't care that you don't have the same name. I don't care that you'll never reach my status. Like, it pisses me off, but I fucking love you. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> like, all of that is really interesting if you have the time to sit and seethe on those emotions. That sounds more interesting yeah. to me. But if you break it up with <laughs> zombie fights, I don't think it works And like... I think this movie takes the Pride and Prejudice and it cuts that third act real short. When she gets the letter and then they meet each other, there's another 30 minutes in the other movie of her and Darcy slowly taking the steps needed to realize that they both fucked up. Mm -hmm. They both really read each other wrong and they have to slowly earn the right to look at each other and be like, I... Not only that, he's got to fix all the problems he made. And then, then he has to do it quietly, and then she has to hear from other people, and then wait. And just it's like the wait. longer version of when Scott Pilgrim like realizes that like he has to like, exactly. apologize to the drummer and freaking and, But she and she's wrong too. And how they like the thing that turns the everything is she knows she loves him. He's already proposed. He's fixed everything with her sister, and then Lady Catherine shows up, and she's like, so you're going to marry my nephew? And she's like, no. And she's like, well, you're going to promise not to, right? And she's like, no. And that immediately he walks over to her house, and he's like, I have to marry you now. Like, what the hell? You just told my – I fucking hate my aunt. Like, please marry me. Kill, end this turmoil right now. And it's beautiful, and it works every time. Because there's not something propelling the plot yeah. to finish so quickly in that third act. Right. Along with them not having chemistry. But, like, the moment she gets the letter, she's like, oh, my God, he was good. But there's a deleted scene where they're on the battlefield later. And That's they're um, looking – there's, like, a scene where she sees a bunch of carriages. And she's checking them slowly one by one for dead bodies. A tension-building moment. And then she meets Darcy. And they're forced to – kind of be nice to each other knowing they both fucked up like they both love each other they both want to fix this but they both feel so bad about how they did it that they can't talk to each other and it's so much better when darcy is not an asshole but just doesn't know how to talk to people and liz is incredibly nice and not like a bitch about things she just doesn't want to deal with any of this shit it's a good story but like when i think about how they add this action movie element to the third act and cuts it all out. It doesn't work. But then you look at Wickham and you're like, that's a really good way to write an asshole. He's making good points about the zombies. Like, these aristocrats. That was probably my favorite part. Yeah, was that's the, yeah. Was the morality of all of this. Yeah. And it was honestly, it made me just think about COVID where it's like, we just got to fucking live with it, guys. <laughs> oh my God. We can't get rid of it. Oh we, just gotta, we just got to live with it. Dude, that's so right. That's so good. That is my favorite scene in the whole movie, outside of the cutout opening, which mm-hmm. I think is just beautiful. Well, I guess oh, yeah. I was able to just judge this movie more purely, not based on anything or just it, as a movie that is trying to balance between zombies and then a very complicated romance and moving pieces. It really is. I just was I was underwhelmed on both ends. It was like I was given enough as like a start. Where it was like interesting zombie facts and just how they were presented, they could still talk. The yeah. fact that they slowly turn into zombies more that more they eat 
was really interesting. And then the family dynamic was fun, and I fucking hated the mom. You're supposed to. Yeah, you're supposed and, to. And then Darcy comes in. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. He's he's like a Steve-O way back in the past. He died like this, and he sounds like a 40-year-old man. Which is why I thought it was such a bad choice That's for a fucking a joy person. division. I'm like, what? Why? Why is this like 19-year-old girl like so so invested in this like weird fucking 30 but also 60-year-old guy? I had to look up his age at the time. He's he was not, 30. Yeah, he's not that old. Why the fuck old. does he sound like that? Why would, they pick, why would they pick a guy that sounds like Again, he's I, probably... Dude, I, Coke sounds like the normal answer for me, but the other thing is I've seen him in other things. He does have that voice. It's super weird. Again, Joy Division is a guy that's like, Hello, I have a fucking voice like this. And they cast that guy. Like, I don't know why he keeps getting cast in these roles. Like, I don't think he's... I think he's a good killer of the undead. A good person to be like in a fucking dark suit yeah. and just like murder people. When he opens his mouth, I want to mute it. I don't want him to be a romantic lead like Darcy. It didn't work. Because like this, first of all, this character is the difference between Darcy and this guy is that Darcy is an aristocrat and this guy is a fighter. He's a warrior. And so they're talking about these terms of, like, almost militaristic, the art of war, stuff like that. But, like, in real life, the whole point is Darcy, like, he is the equivalent of Liz. He's very smart. He loves art. He reads all the time. He wants an intelligent woman. She doesn't realize that until she's turned him down. And she goes to his house, and it's bigger than anything she's ever seen. And literally the words out of her mouth is, I should have married him. I'd never have to fucking see him in this house. And then she goes in and it's like, art is everywhere. The libraries are filled. Music is in the background. Like, he is not what she thinks he is. That is a huge section of the third act that they don't even apply to this movie. Yeah, I know. They do it. Instead, Wickham kills her, uh, kidnaps his sister, and they do these weird sort of oddly nonviolent fight scenes. I was so fucking confused. Yeah. I was, like, emotionally and literally and, and I was watching with my whole family. My mom's like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, my God. They watched this with you? And, I'm and, so sorry. And I looked at my mom, oh, and no. I was like, I was like, Mom, I can't even fucking tell you. Oh, my God. And did wow. she like Pride and Precious? Do either of your parents know it? My, they, they do know it, but they I don't think they'd seen it. My mom doesn't like it. She thought it was too long. Not this but movie, but like... The two, any version? I yes. Guess. Much, yeah. But my, my parents Ask really like... Ask her if she likes Bridget Jones' Diary. Oh, boy. Because that's a remake of this story my parents really like zombie or not jesus christ they really like mysteries they're they're always watching like cop shows mystery like detective stuff Mm -hmm. so it was really it was really fun to watch it with them and because i'm i always just say the shit in my head Mm -hmm. but like they're both going at it like so what do you think his deal is Mm -hmm. they're like leaning in they're like "Mm, do you think he's bad Oh, do you think he's a zombie? Fun. That's fine. And I was like, yes, this yeah. I I it was fun to watch it with them in that yeah. sense. But anytime my mom is like, so what? I'm like, girl, I, uh, don't ask me. I but like yeah. I don't know. I I think yeah. You look at the scene right now we're watching where they go in the basement and they find the kids from the orphanage apparently, which never come back again. Like, I mean, but like, I feel like I was playing like uh, what's that called? Uno, where I get played like six cards at once. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what I, happened? I, I understand that the scene is just another action scene for zombies, but at the same time, it doesn't. It isn't shot properly, and like it, it, the I guess the the Prime Prejudice, it's just for her to be like, "Wow, you're a great fighter, and I respect you in this <laughs> other way, but you're still an asshole." 
like you're still a fucking dick. And he's got to be like, oh, you're still, you're a great fighter, and I thought, yeah, I hate you. But like, in the scheme of things, those children are part of the bigger scope of the plan, and it's very obvious that Wickham let them in, which I don't mind later when you realize what Wickham's plan mm-hmm. is, and the very fact that he's like, I'm giving you guys an out. Like, I'm the Antichrist unless you just let me fix things. And they're like, ha ha, no, those fucking animals. And you're like, oh yeah, you all deserve to die. Like, yeah. I think that's one of the most helpful things for me at the end of the day. By not really caring about whether they get together or not, it makes that last final shot all the better. Right. I'm really glad that they're all dead. If this was Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden, I would have been like, no. <laughs> A little bit, but I don't well, care that's the thing, about like, these guys that right. much. Right, and when... And I'm the same way because I yeah. don't I didn't care and so what like looking at it as a whole now is better for me because I agree with you in that sense where it's like yeah it doesn't matter yeah. so it doesn't matter if they live or die yeah. but in the moment when I was watching it not it knowing the story not be the case no yeah I'm I'm sitting there going I don't fucking care about this just show me a zombie thing and then like an action scene happens I'm like okay and then it goes back to the boring shit that I didn't like to begin with. Because their chemistry isn't there. And it just kept going back and forth and back and forth. And in a, and if they did this properly, the back and forth would have flowed. And it would have made sense, to me at least. Yeah, and there would have been a balance. Because it would have had better action. It would have had better uh, performances. And just chemistry in general. But instead I was just left half whole in both. Yeah, I feel like they just, I feel like the director really cared about the Pride and Prejudice aspect, which is a very important aspect here, but the casting wasn't right, and the zombie zombie stuff doesn't work either, he just, I don't, He sounds like a fucking zombie, why does he sound like that? (laughs) So, that was one thing, sorry, Um, that was one thing I, uh, um, okay, so that, re-watching this now... It's like, that was actually kind of a pretty sick opening scene. With the cards? Yeah, with the yeah. cards? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, that, it, that just introduces the, the world so well. It's just like, that's the world they're in. Mm-hmm. It's just like... Just, oh, you're sick? I'm just put on a mask or something. Yeah. I, I love it because it, it is a lot of exposition. I'll just take actually, a week off work. Yeah, it's fine. It is a lot of exposition, but it's done in such a visually interesting way. Right. So... Um, and so then it was actually, one thing I did not, one thing I did like about the 30 minute scene, the the 30 minute, um, ending, the last act, um, was that Mr. Darcy, they were like wondering, like they'd removed all the, like all the brains have been removed and then it turns out that all the zombies and the, the aristocrat church had gotten mad because like what did you do it's like i fed them i was like that was great i thought that was awesome i like that too i I thought thought that was actually kind of awesome so fucked up it's 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 the most because they really were trying not to be terrible people right and jesse's the worst and he just fucked it all animal and also i was getting like a weird read from darcy the entire time too he's like what am I supposed to be feeling towards this guy right now? That's why it's such a delicate character. 
it's so important to do him right because that's the point. Your pro, your prejudice as a viewer is like, this guy's a dick. And then by the end of the story, you're like, oh, he fixed everything and he actually was in love with her and he's the nicest guy ever. And right. Wick, and Wickham is like really he was a snake cute. sort of character. But like it, yeah, like and Wickham is like this nice guy who's stoked when you first meet him and he's brilliant, but really he's done all this shady, horrible but here's the shit. Thing. Here's the weird thing though. I was watching this movie and she's just wailing on this guy. In the, when he uh, proposes to her? No, like, throughout the entire movie. Mm. Like, she just talks mad shit about this guy. I'm just like, first off, this guy hunts down, like, zombies. Like, he's trying, like, his job is to pretty much find the undead amongst, well, the, amongst, amongst the living. And it's just, this, like, she's just wailing out for being just so cold and distant. And I'm just like, motherfucker, have you, like, we haven't heard a word from this guy. We don't even know just, his backstory. You're just like... Again, like, the, like you pride and prejudice. That's the thing. But like, but, but what they replaced it with zombies instead of. I think the beats are here at the beginning. Well, his backstory was just a zombie thing. And zombies. Okay. okay, but his backstory is the same thing in the book as Wickham. They they were both raised by the same father. He tried to screw oh, his I father with his money. Like it's Wickham is the bad guy in the book. And that's the thing. Wickham, when she meets him, is this beautiful, nice guy who rides a horse and is charming and is cool and is nice to everybody. I was getting a lot of King's Daughter vibes. Everybody right there. fucking loves Wickham. And then I was he, getting some King King's Daughter vibes. I mean, uh, he says it him or uh, Darcy says it himself. He's like, "Is he a nice guy? Sure. Is he accustomed to making friends? Sure. Does he know how to keep them? No." And Darcy has very loyal friends, people who have stuck by him. He's not the nicest guy at the party, but if you fucking need money, he'll give you money. Like, he, he is the nice guy in all of this. So, I in the story, it's the same thing. He was raised by one man. Wickham was there, too. The man gave... The man died. Darcy gave Wickham the money. He blew it right away. And he's like, I want more. Give me more. And Darcy was like, fuck off. And then he comes around and, like, you can't do anything at that point in society. Like, you just see people in the aristocracy. You can't do anything about it. And so when Wickham ran away with the daughter, not all, here's the thing. When Darcy proposed to her, she said no, and he f- tried to fix things with the sister because he thought the sister really didn't love Bingley in the first place. And then they met again and realized, oh, we both like each other, and maybe we were both wrong about each other. And then Wickham runs away with Lydia, and that ruins the family name. That means that nobody should be able to marry any of the other sisters. Even if they loved each other and he fixed the problem before that happened, there's no chance they could have gotten married. Ever. Period. So not only does Darcy fix this by paying paying the money that allows for the dowry to exist for Wickham to marry Lydia and not have her just be some skank that he has on the side and keep her honor, he then also uh, fixes the relationship between Bingley and Jane. All secretly behind the scenes in the 20 minutes... And, that, and through that 20 minutes, you're not seeing any of this. Uh, Liz is realizing this on the side. And she's like, oh, my God. And she looks at Jane and she's like, I was such a fucking idiot. Like, Darcy's the best. Why did I say those things? And when Kara Knightley did, uh, refuses his proposal, she says the worst thing to him. And the moment she says it, you can see it in her face. She's like, what have I done? Because that's what a good version of this would be. So, yeah. Like. 
It was like we, you watched Princess Bride. Yeah. And then you watched the version of people doing it on their phone. Yeah. Several different people doing it. And they stuck to that script, which proves that script is solid from day one. If you keep every single word in it, you've got it. It may be an hour long, but they and they shaved a couple things, but that is plot for plot, word for word. In that movie, they don't deviate. One right. person says one extra word, and I noticed it. And that thing, outside of that, that thing is tight because it's a tight story. Pride and Prejudice condensed to two hours is already hard to do because it's a seven to ten hour book in general if you just read it. Oh, Take it and turn it into an hour and then add the and then add zombies. So yeah, I think I think this was ambitious, but they probably lost all opportunity of making this good by the time no one cared about it. So by the time this was made, no one cared. They were never going to take it seriously outside of the people making it in the first place. So while I do think that Steers had cared about the Pride and Prejudice angle of it um, and was challenging himself with the zombie stuff, I don't think it was ever going to work. And particularly because his main goal was like, I want to fucking, I want fucking Riley to be Darcy. Riley's my Darcy, and I disagree. Like what I don't, I, fuck, I don't man. think that was a good choice for Darcy. Like, right off the bat, even when he was like talking yeah. in the first scene, because I, I knew that these characters were gonna like each other. Just mm-hmm. like not even watching the other movies or reading the book. No, you could just tell that the movie is setting these two characters up. Yeah. And the second he fucking talked, I said out loud. What? Why does he sound like that? The parents are like, what? And I'm like, why does he sound like he just like took off all his fucking Batman makeup and got in his normal clothes? Because I think they were going with, uh, they're going with this horror movie villain thing, and I just don't oh, agree with fuck. it. I don't agree with and it. And I'm not an O'Sheen. I like romance movies. I, no, I, truly I really do. I don't think they do this well. Th- this was just it sucked, man. It, I. Not the movie sucked because I did. There were parts that I liked, but I mean, yeah. it sucked that the that the romance just wasn't there. No connection, yeah. Like fuck. I, I I my argument here right now is for both of you to hopefully see the O5 version. Yeah, sure. That's what I'm. That yeah. I'm trying to accentuate what I think took me forever. Like I never cared about Jane Austen. Never cared about Pride and Prejudice. Took me forever to realize Clueless was even based off of her book, and then I see. The 05 one when we did Pirates, and I was like, fuck me, this is good. Fuck, this is, like, really good. This explains so many stories I've seen after this, and this was written 200 fucking years ago, when novels were really starting to get made. Like, she was one of the first creators of what a novel is. And so that has, I've really come to really appreciate that. As watching this, I'm now starting to understand how hard it is to adapt something that driven by human emotion and mental process. Mm-hmm. Like, all the society stuff is really interesting, but the decisions of the characters are so human and so faulty and bit by bit by bit that when you watch How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and it's like, ah, uh, uh, ah, and these steps are so giant going back and forth, you're like, fuck, modern filmmaking, God damn it, you fucked it all up. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think Pride and Prejudice, it made me appreciate Pride and Prejudice more, and it made me appreciate Matt Smith more. And uh, I, there's a lot I already of things, love that guy. a lot of great yeah. things about this. I like, love that He guy. does an interview where he's like, look, I'm the Doctor Who guy. Give me anything with monsters in it, and I'm going to do. And I was like, well, no wonder he did Morpheus. He's just a fucking weirdo. Yeah. He just likes weird stuff. 
that's fine. I have no problem with that. And he's yeah. fantastic, but like I, I, I honestly believe he's the best version of Collins I've ever seen, ever. And like the guy in, the guy in Pirates, who's the last villain, the one who gets burned at the end, the really, really evil guy. He's the one who plays Collins in the Kira Knightley one. Hmm. And he's a great sheepish fucking. Wait, in the last one? The 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 guy who gets burned up in the boat. Oh, uh, who falls out of that flag in the water? Yeah. Oh, so uh, uh, Lord Beckett. Yes, he plays he plays Collins in the in the Kira Knightley one. What? I like that. I like it's that so cast. good, dude. Oh. It's so good. Well, my 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 parents and I we all watched Doctor Who since. Um. Oh, since well, yeah, especially with David Tennant, like that was my first Doctor. Oh wow. Um, but when Matt Smith came around, that's when we were like really, really in it. Mm. Um, so we were already, we were already mm. like, I had to tell my mom before he came up because I was like, oh, he's not showing up for a while, isn't he? Yeah. And so my mom was like, what's going on? I'm like Matt Smith is in it. Just wait. She's like, really? Mm. I was like, yeah. And so we were all just kind of waiting for Matt Smith eventually. Fair. Yeah, he is really, and not only is the wait nice. His when he shows up, he delivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he, I don't know. There's just so much substance there, and I, and it really just makes it more clear that it can be that easy as just casting someone, yeah. and you cast the wrong guy for Darcy. I never would have thought yeah, of yeah, Matt yeah, Smith yeah. for Collins. I never would have thought it because he's so tall and like he has this commanding force about it but then you see it and it's just like god what a dweeb what a <laughs> what fucking dweeb fucking what a goddamn dork he's a boob. it's so funny what a boob, a boob. it's so great and like i just think it's so funny because like when you think about his performance it's like this is a guy who's there for the monsters but he understands how important collins is as a comic relief to the story mm-hmm. and has been for years he comes in understanding what's so great about this guy and why he never touches the zombies, never goes near him. He makes a line every now and then, but he is Collins. He doesn't change in that aspect. So he's coming in to play this normal version of a character, but he's really there because he wants to see some blood and guts and fighting. So, like, that is what... that He is the example of what this movie needed on all fronts. Yeah. On every single aspect. I think everyone was game for this, but he's the only one who had the ability to capture both. Like lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. um, but he is a, he is a prime example of what you can get out of a good Pride and Prejudice. He is what's great about yeah, the character. Right. Like that, in my I'm not holding, I'm not holding anything against the no, no. But Pride like, there's nothing about this that I think is a good ver- like they do Pride and Prejudice and they are faithful to it. But there's no one in it that's nailing what makes it great or would even make a good adaptation of it outside of him. And if the soul everyone, isn't there. Well, yeah, but like if ever or you know what I would say, Lena Headley gets it. She's actually a pretty great Catherine. Mama. I think so. I, she nails that stoic thing. Like, I loved her a lot of this. So, like, those two, in my opinion, are nailing what these characters have always needed and what this movie needs more. So, like, if everyone was on their magical level of it, this movie would be great. But it's really just those two. Like, I'm not sitting here saying that you guys... It just doesn't... <laughs> probably my... Okay. It just doesn't do Pride and Prejudice well, except for that one aspect, and he is a highlight of what I think you can get out of this thing mm-hmm. that's been done so many times. But outside of that, probably my favorite, funniest thing I've seen in films in a long time is watching Sam Riley, Samurai Sword, his backyard, like he's a fucking rich asshole today. Like, I'm going to take my Samurai Sword and fucking beat my guard up. God damn it! 
and Lily James is in the window just like, I'd fuck him. And I'm like, no, none of this is, this is the dumbest thing he I've ever seen. He gave them samurai swords. But I laughed very, I think it's supposed they to be added, funny. Yeah, yeah here's the thing. They added, <laughs> yeah, they added this weird. China? Yeah, they added this weird thing where they travel to China and freaking Japan, or, or <laughs> Japan. To learn how to fight. Depends on your class. Depends on your class. Anytime they whipped out one of those swords, I, I, I started laughing. Even if it was the most serious scene in it, there, it's these two homies fighting it out in some like graveyard or whatever it was. Right. And I was just like... <laughs> I, I thought it was funny, but at the same time, I, was, like, I understood that it, they made a logical choice for it. But there's nothing funnier than him practicing on like fucking shrubs. No, it's shrubs. so it's so funny. It's it's like so that's weird. what rich people do now. That's what Elon Musk does now. <laughs> like there's no difference. It's so funny because you know what's happening today. No, it's a real samurai sword. I guarantee you he's got a samurai sword with a bandana over his head and no shirt, a pile of cocaine, and he's just chopping his shrubs and he's like, I'm the man I'm telling you. That was the most realistic thing. And no thing. one is in the bedroom next door going, nope. I want to fuck him. No, or he paid him. I, I think the Well, only, he's paying a lot of people. Like, so. that's yeah. the only realistic scene in this entire movie. I saw that, and I'm like, you could do that today with any rich person, and I guarantee you it would so, be accurate. The weirdest thing, I feel like the, what, what one thing that I was holding me back with the movie was that it's, 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 it's world building. Like, it's outside of, like, the, the at least to me. Well, with the zombies, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, but, like, outside of that intro Wait, sequence... That's That's not that intro sequence. I didn't really get anything. Well, again, I th- I, this is a hindrance of it. Um, I don't think you guys are at... I, I don't think it's your fault for not knowing Pride and Prejudice, but one of the things that helps about loving that... It's not your fault, Chris. Is And this is my fault, too. You kind of need to know the context in the world of the era. Because if you already know those things, that's going to answer a lot of work for you about why the zombies are technically a placement for the Napoleonic Wars. Like, there's things in, in history that happened around that time that the zombies kind of fit into. I don't know entirely what it is. But if you read Pride and Prejudice all... Or listen to the audiobook of all seven or ten hours of it. Ten to one, there's some context in there that you're going to be given. So we don't get that because they expect you to know Pride and Prejudice when you watch this. They expect you to know that when you're walking in. You're coming for the and zombies. So this was to get couples to come into a theater. All the women by this age of this movie's consent probably have read it just for school. And all the men have avoided it but are here for the zombies and hot women with legs and boobs. So that's the audience of this film. Unbelievable. Hmm. So, so yeah, I, I do like the whole fight sequence. I was like, great, get out of your system. Mm. Just like fucking fight to the death. And I was like, whatever. And so, it really just came out of the blue for me. This is like, this moment, they have had little to no inter- inter- interaction. And the only interaction that they have ever had is when she just puts him down. Like, just for making these very cold, albeit, but, like, these moves that are making sense. Like, she's ready to stab his best friend. Right, right off the bat at the party, she, he, uh, like, she overhears him bit, bit trash-talking her. That's the first thing she hears from him. Yeah. He's like, I, I, he trash talks her, and then she kills the zombie outside, 
and then he kills the zombie for her, and she re- right. she reveals that she heard him, and that's when he's like, <gasps> she heard me trash talk her. And then that's the trigger for the rest of it, because at first they don't like each other. Then she calls him out on this bullshit moment, and he's like, well, maybe she's smarter than I thought she was. And then they do this dance back and forth of one person making a mistake and the other person realizing that in that effort, they're not the person they thought they were. So, like, she's trash-talking him, but he starts it off. Yeah. It's, it was just it was just weird to me because I feel like in this particular movie... But that's the only other time in this movie, right? Yeah. He, she overhears him talking shit, and then they're just, like, they're just silently angry at each other until he does this in this scene and proposes to her? No, there's a dance scene that they cut from this movie where they actually have a longer conversation. It's but they cut she, it. They yeah, cut they it from cut this it. movie, yeah. But And they shot it. It's, it exists. But we didn't see it. That's no. what I'm asking. It's Is another... there anything in between? <laughs> well, no, no. There's like... Okay, so... She meets Darcy at the party. Darcy coldly berufts her and then she calls him out on it and they have an effect. Then later... Um, Jane is asked to go to Bingley's because they hit it off right off the bat. And mm-hmm. she goes there but gets sick and has to stay in the process. Right. Jane, or Liz worried about Jane, runs over there and in the process hangs out with Darcy and his sister. And Darcy's sister is an asshole. Well, Darcy's like, I think women should be like this. And Liz is like, you have no fucking concept of women. And he's like, what? <laughs> so, like, he, she knocks him back again. And then later, like, this, like, there are so many moments that go back and forth like this. And then eventually, Jane, I don't remember what it is that Jane does, but it's somewhere. Oh, it's the party. After that, they meet at the party. They dance. Another she's, party. Well, no, she's there with Collins. There's a party where she's there with Collins. And then she dances with Darcy. They have a long dance where they talk back and forth. And she's like, what's your deal with Wickham? He's like, Wickham's an asshole. Like, and she's like, oh, oh yeah. are you sure? Okay. Like, they have a whole talk about that. And then after that, that's when Darcy's like, I think I'm in love with this chick. Like, she's just too cool. I just fucking love her. She's smarter than any woman I've seen, I guess. And like an asshole. And this is the requirement of the time. If a man walks up to you and proposes marriage, bitch, you, bitch, you best say yes. So when she tells Collins no, it was a, like, who knows if that's going to happen again for her. That's not the way shit goes. So when he walks up to her and he's like, I love you, let's get married. I'm rich and you're poor, let's do this. And she's like, no, again, like, he's shocked by that. Because in his mind, he's like, I, I stared at you from across the room, we're in love, like most men. You smiled at me at the counter, we're in love That's now. one of the things that right. really just was annoying too it's just like <laughs> I couldn't help it it's like I know it's like it was the times mm-hmm. but like good god <laughs> but here's the thing when they meet for the first time see each other for the first time they do fall in love at first sight you need to make that happen they know that something happened but they're too dumb and stupid to know how to handle it like every rom-com the whole point of a rom-com is they are in love Love at first sight. This thing exists and you can't fight it. It's just going to drag you into the ether and you best go with it because that's what love is. Like, I just met my cousin. My cousin has a girlfriend. I'm like, how'd you meet her? He's like, I'm Bumble. And then in literally two nights, we were seeing each other. In a week, she was visiting. Two months in, I'm meeting her family. And I'm like, when you're in it, you're in it. He's like, yeah, man. Like, you're just in it. 
Like, that's what this is supposed to be. When they see each other at the party, she's not supposed to be attracted to any man at that party. Because she's used to all these fucking Bingley-like douchebags. None of them are smart enough for her. And when Darcy comes in with his non-smile, she's kind of like, hey, you look like you don't want to be here. I like that kind of guy. And then he immediately is like, eh, she's too plain for me. She's like... Oh. Too basic. Yeah, oh. basically call her basic. And then later she calls him. Yeah, out. She's like this warrior who studied the Oriental arts. You look basic. Well, in the basic. story, Sorry. well, in the story he says that she overhears him, and then later she does something next to him, and he has an opportunity to ask her out for a dance because Bingley asked Jane, and he's like, "What? Well, well, what do you think would be a nice thing to do in a moment like that?" And she's like, "You should ask someone to dance," and he's like. Did you want? She goes, but someone you find agreeable. And he's like, oh, you heard me. <laughs> and she walks away like a champ. And you're like, all right, cool, I'm in it now. Because he's like, okay, maybe I do like her and I was mean because I liked her. Fuck! Right. All of this. Now I have to feel something. Shit. And then. So good. So in, in contrast, all of this. Mm hmm. Fixed. In a letter. Well, yes. Again, I think they ruined the third act because in the book, she gets a letter because there's no phones back then. And she gets the letter and she realizes that everything she sent to him in the worst way possible when he proposed was probably the worst thing he could ever say to him. And then Lydia ran away with Wickham. So the last, the next 20 minutes of the story are them bumping into each other. Like, like he will, he, like her sister marries Collins, not some random girl like in this movie, but her sister, one of her other sisters, marries Collins, and she goes to visit so that she can meet Lady Catherine for the first time. And then Darcy just, like, once they're done meeting Lady Catherine, Darcy just comes over and he busts in. He's like, hey. And Liz is like, hey. And he's like, it's a nice house. You look pretty today. And she's like, yeah. He's like, cool, I gotta go. And it's just like... At this point, they now like each other. And oh, now, my God. They're stumbling over the fact that they do, and then Lydia runs away with Wickham, and it's like, fuck. Like, of course this guy who can't talk to women has to write a letter to the woman he loves. He can't say it. He can't handle it properly. He needed to sit down and give it to her earnestly, and then sit in the dark and wait. He had to send the message and sit in the dark and wait for it to happen. So, God, dude, dude, Darcy is your guy, man, I'm telling you. So... Not this stars. But when but he writes that letter, there's another. There's a long period of time of them butting heads and trying to figure it out before this new problem comes up. And then he sweeps in and saves everything. Fixes Jane and Bingley, pays for his sister to marry Wickham, and then they are now fixed. And all she has to do is say yes. Despite his aunt, who's the richest, most powerful woman in the entire area, he just needs her to say yes. And he's literally done everything he can. He can't do anything more. He's not going to push her. He's written the letter. He's done the actions. And now it's just a waiting game. So, like, you have to make that tension. You have to make Liz realize that everything she said was fucking rude. That she was bad. That she needed to change as well. That is the third act of this movie. Not zombies kidnapping the sister. And they have, like, hands pumping out of the ground. And they're like, none of that works. You can't have chemistry and then be in a fight scene with somebody else and then try to act that chemistry out. If it's not there, it's not there. And so, yeah, I think the entire third act shortens the most important elements of the conclusion of Pride and Prejudice, while at the same time, I think, allowing Wickham in this version to have an earnest, 
reason to affect the zombie story. So like everything he was more wanted, entertaining and enga- and engaging than as anything an idea, else as an idea alone. And so like if they had actually affected the zombie the super story more, oblivious guy just like I, I think the completely I, out of it is just like as a book it works better because the language is so beautiful. Uh-huh. Mixing in violent imagery is hilarious. Like she walked onto the corner store and she picked up a bat and crushed his head in like a melon. And you're like. That's hilarious. That's amazing. That's why this works better as a book. The it is better. The tone is probably better, yeah. As a movie, the tones between the violent comedy and the genuine human problematic uh, or self-destructive nature of romance, mm-hmm. they're too vast. Dude, I was On so On a visual lost. level, it doesn't... I didn't know what it wanted me to feel. If other I, than, you, they love each other. They love each other. Like, like they love each other. Yeah, love you. I, I, if this was if this was Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden and there wasn't some elaborate already existing apocalypse incoming and just people became zombies in the last third act of that movie, yeah, I'd be down because they're great actors and they could make that shit work. But not here. I think the marriage of this as a film doesn't work. I think the marriage as a book made way more sense. Um, and the only way this ever could have worked is if they threw enough money and like the right chemistry performance at it. Yeah. But like there's. That could have saved it. But. There are so many versions of this story out there. I kind of want to see which ones have the best chemistry. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm ever gonna run into anything better than that 05 version. So I, for me, rating wise, I agree with Zach. It's not. Oh yeah, what did he? Give like I, he gave it a C minus. So it I think I'm gonna give. He was dancing between that and a D plus. I I think this is a C. For me, like it's an average, because the, they threw a lot of money mm. at this. It is a good production. There are some good performances in it, and it's admirable that they at very least did not want to deny the fact that this is supposed to be Pride and Prejudice and zombies. I think they little outworked the zombies and then shoved it in and dis really screwed up the end of Pride and Prejudice. Maybe this should have been longer, but then at the same time, it, oh, without God. that chemistry, I don't. It think already that would, felt long. Wouldn't be great. So That's I. I would say yeah, C C for me. It's a it's average because of the things that work, and it's below. It should be below average for so many other reasons. But I I I you know admirable man. Attempting something like this would have been fucking hard. Like they took it. I'm seriously. surprised. But I really it makes me want to watch Pride and Prejudice more. Like I really and more Jane Austen. I think I'm really starting to dig her adaptations more. So C for me. Oh and a C minus for Zach. C minus for Zach. Yeah. He thought, it, he thought it was all right, but it was pretty boring to him. Um, it's better with, like, a group. Oh, yeah. But like, likes mysteries to really make you feel like it's engaged. Right. <laughs> to feel engaged. I wonder if I'd, wa- if I'd have watched this with a hardcore Pride and Prejudice fan. I wonder if that'd be good, too. I know a few. So, oh, boy. Where do I even put this? Again, this is the weirdest movie I've ever seen. Because there's really... It's one of the weirdest movies we've done. Because, like, it's really hard to pin down, like, there's a lot of good stuff here, like the dad. Mm-hmm. And I, and, like, throughout the entire movie, and I don't know, it's probably just me, I, uh, I bought Jane in Bingley. I kind of bought it. Okay. I kind of bought the it. The two pretty people. Yeah. The two pretty, du- kind, like, she's sweet and he's dumb. Yes. Yes. I like, agree. I, I... That's not I a got hard it. match to fix, yeah. Yeah. It's the but when Liz and Darcy kissed, I was like, 
didn't really feel. No, I agree. I think it's actually kind of because like I was trying to get into it. Like I could see. I could stop. No, thinking about that, they were hovering with their mouths open for like it felt like an eternity. Yeah, I kissed for a little bit, and they're like, I don't think they were on the same page. No, so story. Oh, so on paper. I could see the brilliance of this. Yeah. I could see this being good. Mm. I could see, like, the the greatness of what Pride and Prejudice is. Mm. But when they kissed, I was like... No. I'm going to freeze frame. If we get to that kiss, you I'm freeze did frame. You did not. enough. It really highlights the fact also that if you just did a Pride and Prejudice adaptation without zombies and that kiss doesn't work, like, you also really failed. You fucked up. You really failed. So like they failed Then it's the most boring movie in the history of cinema. It can be really, really bad, yes. So, yeah, I, but seriously, I honestly, I'm looking at Bingley and I'm just like, he looks like something out of freaking it's a, Twilight. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> yeah, like I was getting, he's vampire. pretty pale. I was like, getting Twilight vibes. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a Twilight. It's the sideburn, it, no, it's the, it's the My Chemical Romance haircut. Ha! It's the freaking eyebrows. It's, everything. it's the thin cheeks. Yeah, it's that chin. Yeah. It, oh, it's, it's the shovel jaw. He looks like he should be on Gossip Girl. Right. He's got um, a jaw that could cut a fucking tree down, man. Yeah, I like them two together. They I will say, nice. I kind of want to see the R-rated cut. There is no R-rated. There really should They They physically tilted the camera. Yeah, so like any, he's going to do it right now. Watch right now. Like, they literally don't show No, anything. but I wouldn't mind if somebody tried one more time and it's like, you know, we're going full send. If there was a remake of this, yeah, I'd give it another shot. Um, I agree. I think the gore is not a problem. Yeah. Which is not necessarily what makes this R-rated. It's the violence. And yes, I want to see the knife go into people. I want to see a head go off. If a head explodes, like, there should be some chunks on Liz's face. Right! Like, come on. Right! Give me something. Right. Like, like, there should be just, bri- like, an eyeball dripping off her, like, her cheek or this something This is like for that. 14 to 16-year-old teenagers. That's what this is for. And the, the moment I knew uh, that is when the bubble blew up on her face. I was like, got it. Got it. Yeah, this isn't... This I is like how quickly he can gross. nail down what, yeah. audience, what, what, what audience the movie's catering to. Yeah, it's like. just, this is gross and not scary. Yes. This is meant to be gross, and then we're going to have some romance. Hug your girlfriend... Get a hand job. Let's get this done. Well, in the one scene at the end in where... The zombie apocalypse. Right oh, after yeah. they get married and they're, like, skipping off into the fucking fields. And then they I'm notice... So happy. And then they notice the zombies. Yeah. And then when... So it's super bright colors. I love the color palette of this movie. The it contrast does, yeah. is really yeah. cool. Yeah. It reminded me, like, an episode of, like, Supernatural. My mom's been watching that. And yeah, yeah. So, like, anytime it's Pride and Prejudice, the colors are so vibrant and saturated. You just yeah. want to, like... You want to drink them. Yeah. yeah. In the weirdest way imaginable. Yeah. And then it goes to the zombie stuff, and it's all dull and hey, gray and sad. It's like seasons yeah. one through. It's like seasons one through five of Supernatural, and then yeah. all the Pride and Prejudice stuff is everything after. But that. the best scene to sum that up is the end when they're all skipping off into the distance, like I said, and they see the zombies, and it's just it's like a fast zoom, and it goes from this really vibrant. Yeah, that's right. Such a good zoom, yeah. And then it zooms into um into the zombies running towards them, and then it's this grayscale that we're looking at right now. I was like, that's pretty cool. That was great. Where the fuck was that? that why am I watching? Too. Why am I getting this at the it's, end it's of the, the movie? It's the best last shot. It's such a great last shot. Yeah. I. Oh but that balance was there for some reason in that one, that one scene, literally at the yeah. end of the movie, I finally got the balance that I needed and it was nowhere else. 
Yeah. I'm, yeah, the third That hurt me, man. The third act really ruins this for me. Like, if they... If this still didn't have the chemistry of Pride and Prejudice, but like had a more interesting third act than what it is, I may be a little bit nice. I may have been a little bit right. nicer on it, but like they, they really the chipping down of Pride and Prejudice and the addition of this bad zombie action just doesn't. It makes everything less. Also, it hurt me. I also have to like point out how weird this edit is. Yeah, this is a very strange edit. So there was a so there was that moment where Bingley and uh, Darcy were talking. He's like, "Listen, the the bridge has to blow at this exact time." And it's just this continuous take. Yeah. But it's like a slider shot, kind of like thing. It's just like, cut. I was doing it again. I've done this before with movies. I'm like, cut, 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 cut it, cut, cut it. Cut! Yeah. <laughs> like, cut to Why something else! Cut to something Cut! Yeah, Listen to me! Yeah, there's, Am I alone? There's some moments in the third act where they're alone. just talking and it sort of just feels like the moment just ends. Dude, my right. eyes glazed over it. Like this! Like, it's just put, there's your cut. It look interesting. Yeah. Cut back to this. There's not coverage! That's the word I'm looking for. Where's the coverage? Like, she walks to the left of the screen, but she shows up on the right. It's almost like they were worried any time the main actors weren't on screen, people would just walk out of the theater. No, I, just, I agree with Chris. Maybe this third act is a reshoot, and we just know nothing about it. No, this is the movie. I saw this little bits and pieces throughout the movie. The uh, Yes, I do think, after watching Igby, that I think his editing is very weird. Well, he hasn't made a movie since. Mm. Like, it's just... Since 2016. That is seven Almost years. A decade, yeah. That's seven years. Like, Back I... Back. Yeah, it's just... Just really bizarre editing at points. Like, there's a moment... And zombies. Um, <laughs> so... Also, St. Lazarus, really on the nose. Um, really is. I every the more I think about it, the more I don't like it. Um, just how on the nose it is. Like it's it's too much. I'm starting to hate it more. Um, it's getting worse. So um, stop thinking about it. Change the subject. So like, there would be this part where um, you first meet uh, Collins, and they're at the dinner table, and Matt Smith is talking, and then it's kind of do a different shot, and there's no space in between line A. And line B. So he's saying line A, and when he starts line B, there's no space in between. There's no gap. Like, he's not, like, there's no gap in him, like, eating his food or drinking a drink to, oh. like, breathe in between lines. It's just, a beat. he says, he's, no yeah, beat. he's yeah, 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 like a beat, yeah. There's no beat in between. And so, like, he says it, and then it cuts to him, like, immediately starting that sentence. Like, borderline, borderline J-cut. Mm. Borderline J-cut. You guys know what the J cut is, right? No. Okay. I saw it in porn once. Or is that something? Okay, so there's just let me explain it real quick. So there's a concept of J cut and L cut. So a J cut is you'll hear the shot, you'll hear the next shot before you before they hit it, mm. and then the L cut is the reverse. So you'll oh, no. see the next shot before you hear it. Yeah, no, I watched something else then. Yeah. yeah. So like a gun. So like. So like um in an example of a J cut, King's Daughter, I think. 
um, in King's Daughter, where um, boring lead handsome guy pulls uh, Kyle Scodelario out of the water, and then you hear the musket go off before they cut to that shot mm-hmm. of the hunting. Mm-hmm. So, okay, like that's a J cut. That's J. And then L is like, um, I don't know. Maybe I think I think it was in a. I think Edgar Wright does an L cut quite a bit, where you're like you'll like zoom in on a character, like they'll cut to a character's face, but we won't hear that shot that he's in yet mm. until it's like until like something happens, like a moment happens, like um. He does it quite a bit. I think he did it quite a bit in Scott Pilgrim, where like a character will say a line and then it'll cut to that scene. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, but like, basically, Al cut well, is the, well. The whole point. Is, uh, I think he kept doing okay. it the most of that movie is because Scott Pilgrim was not paying attention. Right. Like, people would be like Scott, and he'd all of a sudden be in another scene. Exactly. Yeah. But like, but pretty but much that's the Al cut. But like the Al cut is the reverse, where you will see the shot happening before you hear it. Got it. Okay. And you were seeing a lot of breaking of that rule. Yeah. Like, but like, almost. But it was just like. So but it can, wasn't used in any dramatic effect. Because you can use those moments, that, like you use that cutting dramatically. Yeah, you can. Yeah. It's well, you know, if you you know the well tools, done. you can use. But it's them just well. the small in the dialogue bit, and it's just like that's that's the little thing. That's that tiny little thing that nobody, that everybody overlooks. That I noticed. And I'm just like. So he had all the tools. Yes. Just didn't know how to fully use them. Yeah, and I'm not no, saying I he. Think, I think I'm not saying is different. I'm not saying he cut the movie himself. I'm not saying he went in with scissors and his film strips. No, but I do think that these are editorial decisions that are either based off of a lack of coverage or based off of the things I saw in Igby, which is, yeah, he kind of just liked to edit in weird spots. Shoot coverage! Well, I mean, it's hard... Do to, the work! I mean, I, it's hard to do... I, I it's saw, hard making a movie, Alex. It's hard making a movie, yeah. I, I, <laughs> watching, the, watching behind the scenes of this, they really did try their best, I feel like, but, like, I think this guy doesn't know how to shoot action. No. Uh, the, the zombies that he just Please, like cut up. Movie. The zombies that he just cut up. One of them is like looking away at her riding off in the distance, and like that zombie doesn't see Darcy standing right there, killing all the other fucking zombies. It just walks past him and looks at her riding off, and then he kills her. He kills the zombie that's looking off. Oh yeah. But that's a really dumb zombie. Or they didn't edit the part, or even shoot the part where the right. zombie isn't even looking at him to begin with. Well, even if you look at the fight scene also, just right now with them yeah. doing swords, like that's too much coverage. No, no, no. Okay, so here's the thing. It's a cool idea too. You have the hero and the villain fighting, and then there's just this chaotic third party of the zombies trying to kill both of them. Mm-hmm. Like I like that idea. But you have to stage it better. As you do. I did not. Yeah. And there's a part also, of me that wonders if this third act was a reshoot. Also, I was looking at the opening um, action scene when the girls like start like fighting in the at that party. Dope scene. Like I was looking at, it, I was just like, I know exactly how I shoot this. It's just like mm-hmm. the entire time I couldn't like I don't know if it's because I'm watching a bunch of like raid clips, but I was just like, you've got to like start. Adding some again, grit. You guys have adding grit to your camera. I here. mean, again, it's really hard to watch Citizen Kane and then to watch Jack and be like, "Wow, this movie should be better." Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like they're two years apart. Again, but, uh, but they're different filmmakers. You have I a know. guy that's a choreographed martial artist, and you have a guy that's made Charlie Saint Cloud in Seventeen again. Like he's never made action in his life. He's trying to challenge himself yeah. and do the best he can. 
And I agree, I none of it looks good. Well, at the same time, not right. being R-rated, he's got to be PG-13 about it. So he's got, he's basically can really. But where is where is one of them sweeping the leg, like and or just like sweeping the leg and then just stepping and then just cracking their neck like with their boot? Like where is that? Again, that's we're not seeing actual moments of murder. They're off screen. So if you see somebody try and snap somebody's neck, it's just going to cut away. That's it's it's unfortunate. Uh, that this movie's not R-rated, yes. This movie being R-rated would allow for a lot more freedom yeah. of certain things. But, um, I also don't think that that's even necessarily the movie's problem. I think since it makes Yeah, it, it has bigger fish to fry. It makes it very clear at the beginning that, like, our main goal here is to make you laugh out with some gross stuff. But I do it like... It has bigger fish to throw away. You, you, you know what, yeah. It has, it has uh, bigger babies to flush down the toilet. Um, or turn into zombies. Or throw out with bad water. Mm. So yeah, I'm gonna say C. I don't. I. I. Sure, it's 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 harmless, but like, damn, you. I. I honestly think I could have like put in more effort than this. Give it a deeper damn. But if you are thinking about damn. watching that 05 Pride and Prejudice, I think the work here is done. No, I mean technically. Oh yeah, fuck this movie. No, I mean the work of this episode is done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you possibly watch Pride and Prejudice after this. Awesome. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Please see a better version of this by Kira and I. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? What work? <laughs> oh, I mean, this podcast. Yeah, no, I mean, like, technically this movie. Technically. About what? Just, I don't know, just, it's kind I think of... I could have cut this together, but, like, there's still not enough coverage, so you have to work around that anyway, so at that point, you just have to tell your cinematographer... Can you get more? Or maybe he didn't. Maybe he was very happy with what he got. You don't know. We'll never know. You'll never make a movie. D plus. Rough. These little things. The little things started to add up right there. Rough. The little things really started to add up right there. Like this all looks great. Like this is a, like this would be an awesome moment in a better movie. But like holy shit. Like these smaller little like editing choices and like that just start to build up and then like the awesome. Oh, damn it. Yeah, this movie. Just Fine, C. C for cunt. I don't know. Damn. I think C minus is probably more appropriate for you, to be honest. <laughs> like, I think C minus is probably more appropriate for you. <laughs> I got the clear off guard right there. <laughs> cunt. Yeah, fucking cunt. It threw me off. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck was. Like, I can't take away the moment where she says like, the, like I, I bought that. I bought this moment. Which is just like, the moment I laid eyes upon you, my heart was irrevocably gone. I was like, that's a really, kind of a really strong line. Well, it's for the book. It's yeah. a strong line, but I didn't feel it. Right. I didn't, I didn't. I felt that line in a, in a but vacuum. But that, again, highlights how great the book is. That well, yeah. You, yes. Like, these are great lines, but you got to be a good actor to pull it off. Yeah, because again, well, Jane Austen wrote these books very dialogue heavy. Basically, the descriptions are stage directions. She basically wrote these as movies in her head. So, like, the dialogue from day one should have always been treated as such. So, like, Lily James is doing the best she can, but that line was never supposed to be said to Darcy, who's, you know, dying. It's supposed to be said to a man that, you know, finally has realized that all the problems they've had are mean nothing and that they love each other. Mm-hmm. Like, that she was wrong all along and that she always knew and that every action she's made since has been a self-destructive nature because she doesn't like the system of having to marry somebody. Yeah. And all she's wanted is to marry someone she loves and when she meets him, she's like, no, because that's what people do. 
I love it. In that context, I've really appreciated it. So, yeah, you see her do this, and you're like, all wrong. Yeah, didn't watch Ab- that. I didn't watch the movie you watched. Like, admirable. I watched the, the one where they did a poor job of both as a zombie movie and a Pride and Prejudice movie. Again, I think it would be... I think you would get a different experience out, out of this if you really genuinely enjoyed Pride and Prejudice, the same way that if they, like, made a Star Wars movie with zombies in it. Like, if you love Star Wars... There are Wars, two books! You're gonna get the aspect. There are two it, books! That they want to add. If you like the history stories, if you like this era, if you like women overcoming societal patriarchies at yeah. this time... And then getting eaten by I zombies. Th- I think those plots are great, just not for this movie. Uh, I think it could work. I think it could work, but it doesn't work here. Well, yeah, I'm saying it could work. And Again, obviously, the, well, the it, book version is the right, best. It has it. worked, but I am saying it's not working. I think you could make a Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies movie that's good. Yeah, and I'm saying this one. No, I agree. We all agree, but like, yeah. I don't think that it's a project. I don't think it was a ill-conceived idea i just think eventually by the time they made it no one cared enough to give them the money or the care to, or the right hands to do it yeah and i also think one last thought like to put a zombie movie in the 1800s whereas like usually a zombie movie is like kind of like in a in more of a modern sense yeah these guys had muskets mm-hmm. and swords and daggers and axes these, yeah. They could not... And cannons. Like... It's not the same, man. They don't it's not... They, no. It's a, it's a shock they made it that long. Well, the, what I loved about it, and this is the dumbest thing about this entire fucking movie, is that they built an Attack on Titan-esque <laughs> situation like that fast with a mode. I wish I could have talked to Zach about it because I was like, did you get the attack on Titan? one of the things I wanted to get to too. Yeah, and we never got to it. But like, damn. Did we go back? Did we call him? The building of the wall and the moat are fucking impossible if you have that big of a hole. Freaking Tower of Babel. Impossible. At that time of day? Like like in those days? If there's there's an extent already of like one or two zombies, there's no way they could have taken that long to do it and then still figured out all the zombies. Like, no way. How long did it take them to dig that moat? doesn't even say. It says all this happened within the span of 100 years. So that when we start the story, it's the end of the 70s. When were the pyramids built? <laughs> How long did it take to build the pyramids? It was a day, I right? mean, even then, you're not... You don't have machines to work with. You are you are no. doing shovels with your They're fucking They're throwing bodies at it, yeah. Like most situations... Like most statues at the time or monoliths, they would throw bodies at it. Or maybe they just Jesus. caught it early. Like it's 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 a great it's, no it's a great idea, because you're stripping all of the usual tools. The, the lore is really fun. Really Everything like that involves the zombie lore is actually. But here's the thing: should be in a better. Movie. We're doing this ourselves. We're filling in these holes ourselves. Like these ideas. That's what she said, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Like um, these ideas of a zombie movie in the 1800s, where they are stripped of all of the modern sensibilities of like or all the modern tools that a usual zombie movie would have. It's like... Like, that idea is interesting. This movie doesn't lean in that. Like, the world building and this this idea, they just don't do it. No, they have ideas, but they never follow through. The only good idea this movie has is the aristocrats! It's not a zombie movie, but Prey did it really well. With just... Same. Same. And scene. Oh. Oh, that's a problem. All right, Peter. Peter, you're great. great. My grade with a B. Uh, B, gives it a B. Uh, yep. Now, as a good way to sum it up, I was given uh, a puzzle box 
with no picture on it. It's just a, just a cardboard <laughs> box. And it actually has two puzzles in it. I'm but they're both they're both half missing. Mm. That's what this movie felt like to me. I was like, oh okay, yeah, oh, here's a head here, and a little horse down here. Wait, they're two different there's there's a, two different photos. There's a zombie there, I guess I'll Wait, they're both half finished. I oh. guess well this one fits into this slot. Oh, both of them aren't even finished. I can't even finish this. Dirty the pause the moment. I'm gonna pause this moment. On, on, on this kiss. Um See? Where's the cup like where's the ah! I just don't. I just don't think it works. There's so much. I saw it. I'm just like. I. I like. I want it. I want to invest. But I'm like. I'm not there. Well, the the most awkward. You missed something. That's the most awkward moment. The most awkward moment is where like they open their mouths and they want to use tongue, but they realize that they can't. Why are you incompetent? Because again, one of one of the most important moments in the story is that when they kiss, it feels like two people that have been fighting the urge to do it for so long that they're. Smashing their faces against each other, but I forget it. Like, I love the, rest the of fact the that they are trying to do tongue in this, and then they pull. Oh, you get to see the last shot. That's sad. Oh wait, there. Oh, it is. there you. Okay, here we go. We're gonna. Ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> watch, watch pot. I really, I really just. There we go. It sucks that I got to watch this with my parents. I haven't watched a family movie in a long time. This isn't a family. And family. this was the one. And this. It has a family in it, but it's not a family movie. It's uh. It was a it's curiosity. not a good family. It was a curiosity pick, so I don't know what the hell. Yeah, sorry, I'm um, sorry about this, guys. I mean, this, this, this is not, not my best pick. Dude, I, I give you fair. Kangaroo Jack. I'm not you complaining. Did. I'm not a bitch. So uh. I would watch. This is Kangaroo just Kangaroo Jack over this. This is just the fucking. I, I knew you were gonna I say enjoyed that. Kangaroo Jack more than this shit. I enjoyed this more as a movie than Kangaroo Jack, but I'd probably watch Kangaroo Jack again over this because I would rather watch a better Pride and Prejudice than this. This is this Ooh. just it didn't work. Like the whole double wet like what the just, fuck is it just this? Didn't work. For okay, so Chopping Mall, right? Mm-hmm. We had like three different sexual relationships happening simultaneously mm-hmm. within twenty be- feet of each other. Yeah. Double wedding. Welcome to romantic comedies, man. While this wedding was happening, I go, what the fuck happened to the zombies? What are we doing? And then they turned the corner, oh yeah, there's zombies. Yeah, you fucking idiots. And then I laughed, because it was funny. Yeah. Because they're so, they're so absorbed in their stupid, meaningless life. Yeah. It doesn't matter anymore. There are zombies yeah. taking over the fucking planet. Yeah, you can't get away from this. Or at least I want my daughters to marry someone wealthy. Sure, man. But that's why that's why the father at the very beginning is like, none of this matters. In the book, he's like, my wife, none of this matters. Like they should learn how to fucking fight zombies. He gives a shit about marriage. And she's yeah. like, but it's so important in this time. And he's like, whatever. But in our the grandchildren book, are fucked. In the book, it's the same way. He's Your like, grandchildren will not exist. Shit. Like Liz is the smartest out of all of my daughters, and if she doesn't get married, who cares? She's the smartest out of all my daughters. And, a wife is, and his wife is like, no, it's got to get married in this world. The more you talk Sorry. about the movies in this book, the more FOMO I get. FOMO? And it's pissing me Dude, off. Dude, they exist. There's plenty. Just go watch it. Yeah, but I'm not going to watch those before I watch this curiosity pick. No, well, you're going to have to – you have to watch them after now is what I I'm saying. I have to. Yeah. So – Because they exist and they're out there and it's a good story. Right. It's just this movie hurt me. <laughs> God, it's stupid. Uh Probably a C minus. Wow. But I, I really, I really liked, um, I really liked the antagonist. 
I liked Will Smith. Those were great. The colors were really fun. Um, and I liked that it went from a colorful um, hue to a just monochrome oh hue at the very end. And I wish they had like this sort of flow and balance throughout the movie because anytime the colors would shift, I knew exactly what I was going to get. Mm-hmm. And it just... And that's not a bad thing. If you know what's coming, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. But it didn't help in this setting. It didn't help in this emotional setting that I was watching where, okay, it's, um, it's, uh, what the fuck is, what, what does that call it? It's like that silver tone, monochrome or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to get. And then it goes to colorful again. Okay, I know exactly what I'm going to get. And it just went back and forth and back and forth back and forth wasn't enjoyable to me not a good time that letter that letter really did me in because i i understood i understood the the language of what was happening and i understood that okay if this was a better movie yeah this would have worked because i would have seen all the signs and he's obviously and he's incompetent in communicating to a human being especially to the one that he likes yeah but in this movie it was just like it was like a middle school text message. I really wanted to kiss you tonight, but I got really scared. I was just like, ah! wanted to claw my eyes out. By the way, I have a story for you guys off air. That happened to me uh, last hey, night. Hey, Poppy, Poppy made this movie. Oh no! Are we, are we gonna have to call his ass? Oh boy. Poppy, what did Poppy do? What's he doing? Okay, there? so, well, last time, guys, Pride and Prejudice. Podcast. It's a podcast. It's a... We have to do this together, is the point. And zombies! And zombies. And zombies. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't take it anymore. You know what? You know what even hurts more than watching this movie? Uh, the fact that the running bit that we've had for countless whatevers now uh-huh. is more funny and worth more than this movie. <laughs> no, again, I thought Matt Smith was good. I like Matt Smith in this movie. I think Matt Smith I'm glad I watched him. I will always respect you looking on the bright side. And, not, and I don't mean <laughs> this ironically. Good Collins. I've never seen anybody no, like he's great. that effect. He's great. Right. It's a fun character, <laughs> and I think he's really good. And again, when you watch him propose to Lily James, it's so obvious that Lily James is having fun and has chemistry with yeah. him. And it's like, you should marry him. You should marry that guy. Nope. All right. Yeah. I think Matt this movie didn't great. deserve the running bit that we had. Damn it. Comedy dies in darkness. Um, Maybe a chocolate. Go ahead and have a chocolate. It's dark chocolate. Then. All right. Bad movie wheel. 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 And zombies. The bad movie wheel. I feel like we just had one. We like we just reviewed one. I was about to say, Pete is not going to like this. Um, gentlemen, much to our disappointment, the bad movie wheel demands tribute. So, Peter, just to catch you up real quick, we're yeah, probably Mr. we're probably going to do toys after our next spin of the Good Wheel. So we'll go Good Wheel, toys, and then series. 
Okay. Wow, serious? Yeah. After that. That's why we're doing toys. But he's, uh, because well, our, our logic is, last the last, Peter, the last time we skipped over the bad wheel was for a Halloween wheel. Do you want to know what that bad movie was? What? Geely. He wasn't here for it, but he did see it. You weren't here for that. He but I watched it. I did the fucking work. Yeah. And that wasn't even for the it. podcast. That was no, for I just our friendship. To show him yeah. So, so the on. bad wheel will punish us. Is what okay. I'm so we watched this movie. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna watch a bad movie. Yes. And then we're gonna watch what? A good, good movie. movie. And then toys. And then yeah, toys. but I'm thinking. Okay. We, but the thing is, the series, the series that we have on the series wheel are all really long. So maybe we save toys to do halfway through a series. And my well. argument is, we don't know how long toys is gonna be on HBO. Hey man, I, I, I have no problem with that. I want you guys to see this fire. I want Chris to see that. But at the same time, that shit crazy movie. At the same time, I don't want to skip any of the wheels because then they're gonna bitch slap us. To Only the bad wheel does it. I don't know. I, I'm not taking it. I'm not taking any chance. There's nothing in Curiosity and Good that that's that bad. The bad movie will demand tribute now. I've had both of my my movies on here. You're the Curiosity guy. No, but I've had I've had Little Bigfoot, right? Yeah. You nailed that one. And Pinocchio. Yes. Which Pinocchio? Pinocchio. A uh, true story. A true story. Thank you. Okay, just making sure. So. Those are to your amusement, Peter. No, but I'm sa- I'm saying those were like my both of my bullets in the barrel. You're your fault. But I, I put in the work, and then all of a sudden I got no more bullets left. I your mean, fault, man. Don't shoot the bullets. I'm just saying we watched. I them had to. We watched them and they suck. There. We all know. play roulette every fucking yeah, week. Yeah, but you're the one putting like grenade launchers. I keep launchers. getting shot. But we're putting bullets in, and you're putting grenade launchers in. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> like. Speaking of grenades, um, Zach has um, ever lovingly picked uh, The Adventures of Pluto Nash. I picked Southland Tales. Southland Tales, that was already on here from the last time. Hell yeah, dude. Do I stick with pixels or do I try to do something else? Oh, wow. I think I'm going to try something else. Let me check the backlog here. Oh, I forgot about pixels. Oh. I wonder what made it on last time. It was, uh, it was Pinocchio, Pinocchio right? yes, because yeah. that's why it's still on there. Uh, that's how I remember now. Pinocchio! That's how I remember what was on last time. Pinocchio! Um, shoot, where did I put the backlog? Oh, it's right there. I didn't lose the backlog, everybody. Okay, fair enough. did not lose it. I just had to go and grab it. Okay, oh dear God. Um, what's one that I haven't really tried before? That I was told was really bad, but it may not actually be bad. Oh, Yo, boy. Mama. Hey. Um, hey, what's up? What's up? I don't want to piss off. There's Cutthroat Island on here, but that You're going to piss me off regardless. That will angry. destroy No, I think that will destroy you, Peter. I think it'll be boring. No, yeah, it'll do, like, it, yeah. Also, but it may be good. I don't know. I've also, sure. I'm seeing Alex over there with a laptop, and it's actually, I think it's really awesome. Um, Thank you. So. God, man. Okay, okay. You know what? I'm going to do something that I haven't done in a while. No holds barred. Another wrestling one. Yes. You mean the thing you haven't done in a while but have done several times over and over and over again? The exact movie I have not done in a while, but the exact kind of movie that I have yes. done time and time. Okay, no holds barred. No it's, holds barred. It's totally going to make it. It is going to make it. Uh, Peter, do you have one yet? Do you need us to stall? All, all of these, I... I have seen and I don't want to put on the fucking because I'm already. <laughs> you know you want Aragon on there. You know you want Aragon on there. I 
I've seen Aragon, and I read the first part of the books. Oh, I read like the first half of the series. Listen, I saw that movie as a kid, and I did not hate it, so I know I'm gonna hate it as an adult. That's usually just how this shit works. Well, here's my thought process, and I'm not gonna do this. Okay. Um, I've been thinking a lot about. Um, it's it's not Little Bigfoot. It's just called Littlefoot, and it's the animated movie. Well, I'm gonna with, go back and with the dinosaurs. You know what? I'm not even gonna fix it. But the first movie, Littlefoot, you know, cartoon. The, that's that's Land Before Time. Thank you. Yeah. That his name is Littlefoot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That first movie, fucking feet. immaculate, great movie, mm-hmm. right? And then I decided. Well, let's go back and dive into my childhood again. Let's watch the other movies. Oh no. Oh, they they pulled my they they pulled my manhood out. That's seven. And they chopped it up. Movies, and they're like, dude. yeah, fucking childhood, you little seven bitch, huh? Movies. It all sucks. What? Seventeen movies. And you said your childhood's gone. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Wow. Can I? That's 17 movies. No, no, no. I don't watch all 17. I watched the the second movie, and they started singing and dancing, and I was like, this is... Chris nuts. is usually about keeping within a franchise, but if you want to just do the second one and Chris is up to it, I won't argue. Okay. It really depends on how many movies are in the DCEU. <laughs> no, I'm not... I'm, I'm not going to do that to us. I'm, I'm not going to do that to us. Like, how many fingers you got? A lot, a lot of Land Before Time. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, we're not fucking doing that. <laughs> That's what's been in my head. Oh. It's just go, go. that 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 splash of cold water, that bitch slap of that second movie. Like you thought, you thought. <laughs> Dude, there's, there's other ones, but that's got to be ones like like Ben Affleck's Daredevil, for example. There's got to be stuff that. out there that you haven't thought. Jupiter Ascending. There's got to be stuff out there. Like mm. go to IMDb's. No, no, you're you're jogging my memory. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the backlog right now. Have we, have you guys done John Carter? We have not. That's a curiosity, honestly. That's a, I've seen that and I see what you're talking about, man. That'd be interesting as shit. It's a bad movie? It's well, both a curiosity and a bad movie, yes. It's not well, a curiosity. I'm hating it. It's, I, it's both for me. But since I've been constantly running the curiosity train and I have literally no bullets... To- in my barrel for Except the bad this. movie. That, that's this now. It's those. It's the Avatar that was an Avatar. It's inspired everything. Oh, it's no. literally, literally John Carter from Mars has inspired so many things, yeah. and yet just did knock it off the ground. That Tyler Kish bullshit. So yeah, Taylor. Taylor, it is Taylor. So John Carter of Mars. You're goddamn. John Carter of Mars, Adventures of Pluto Nash. Southland Tales. Southland Tales. No Holds Barred. And No Holds Barred. Thank you for being the there The most with me. normal one out of all of those is No Holds Barred. <laughs> Just Bar think up. about that. Think Bar about up. that. Think about that. Like, unbelievable. What have we done? <laughs> That's so funny to me. Alrighty. It's basically just like... Eh. So funny. <laughs> Think about so that. funny to me. What a fucking series, man. Okay, let's The go. most normal movie is Hulk Hogan and some brunette woman laying in a bed but that's split in that split by a sheet hanging over the bed like, ba- that's it's basically uh running man or any movie where like a guy is forced to do something violent for television then is like no embrace the system but it's hulk hogan so it's even funnier it's really funny it's really funny but again it's just another bad wrestling movie and you know what one day we're gonna run out 
No, no more, no more bullets no. in your barrel, baby. Oh, it's just your way. It, there's that, that, I know there's an. Oh well, then I'll that make you watch like the Barbarian Brothers and all that stuff. Because I know way I will more put, than you ever will. I will put land before time on. <laughs> I know, Chris. I know way. That's your next series. Bad movies than you do. I will, right. I will pull the fucking grenade out of my own hand. I'll get the nuclear football. Alright, spin it so it can be no hold far. Spinning time. I want to get no hold far. Oh yeah, baby. Uh, pants are down. Balls All right. Are out. Three, two, one. I really like you. I really like you. I want you to marry me. And I'm just like really awkward. And I just want to suffering and marry me. John Carter. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you are on fire! Ha! Ha! You're gonna go for the throat! <laughs> Few things funnier than when Stan Egg throws this whole sound stage. God damn it, we need curiosity picks. God. This is a bad movie. I have not landed a movie in a long ass. I don't have to put these movies on. No, 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 no. Your choices win regardless, that's the thing. But your curiosity choices seem to be winning too. Man, they don't want us to watch Southland Tales, but I'm going to make you I'm a curious it. cat. What can I say? Make you guys do it. All right. I was just talking about John Carter, too, so thank you for jogging my memory on that. You really saved it. I mean, I like I liked the experience of watching John Carter, but I knew when I was watching it that it wasn't a good movie. I watched it as a kid, and I was like, uh, I like that he jumps. All right. I was a kid. God. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's so rough. And even so and rough. even it's then, so much money on it. When I was a child, uh, even then I was like, you can't jump like that on Mars. Oh my god. You can jump like that on the moon, maybe. Oh my god. But even then, you'd fucking throw yourself out of the out of its gravitational pull, and you just start you just start floating into the en- endless emptiness of yeah. space. Yeah. Oh, right. not on Mars. On the bad movie wheel, as it sits right now. Always sit. Zoom. Z-O-O-M, Zoom. That's right. Oh, God. Little Bigfoot. <coughs> Little Bigfoot. D-O-O-M, Doom. Mm-hmm. Pinocchio, A True Story. <coughs> mm-hmm. You're going to laugh at every one of these. You put His choices, yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Why is it weird? It's just been a slow burn. Like, the Bad Wheel's been a slow burn for me. Yeah. That I've slowly replaced. You've been pretty the curiosity cool. one. I just it's like every single every time, time for some reason. You keep you're running that wheel. <laughs> North. It's a great bad one. Where we live. That'd be um, another Rob Reiner movie. Velocipaster. God. Low budget dinosaur flick. Hard That'd be this one. Tickets. That would be a good match of genre like this one. Hard ticket to Hawaii. Fantastic movie. Mac and me. A little, little weird alien dude. Knock, knock. Oh, boy. <laughs> that movie's uncomfortable. Dungeons and Dragons. You have thousand three terrible <laughs> movies on here. You're the one that's... You want me to put them on, man. You can... You did this. It's all your fault. I think we're going to find out that this is a wrong angle when we've done all three of them by then. I think maybe you'll have learned from your mistake by then. No. Oh, God. Dude, where's my car? Oh, yeah, dude, where's my car? Stoner movie, baby. Which one? You got two. You're that rich, baby. Oh, yeah. Just take it. 
Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. Jill. Went up the hill. Uh, they went downhill, actually. This wheel sucks, man. It's the bad <laughs> wheel. <laughs> See, this is the wheel you wanted to like usurp yeah, the toys. Like, this is the wheel that you're going to piss off. I just think toys would be really fun. Wheel. Star Crash. It's a good movie. You're going to love it. Tom Cruise is the mummy. Oh, God, you're going to piss me off so bad with that You shit. put that one on there, right? I think so, I did. Yeah, you did, you bastard. Wow. That's that's my lone contribution. Oh, it's so bad. And that's finally, <laughs> yeah. Um, last but not least, the love guru. <laughs> uh, this is a bad. Oh, uh, you and Zach Peter just turned this wheel so toxically. Radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> we have no birdemics or anything anymore. It's all just. Uh. <laughs> this is gonna be so good. Any of these, man. Dude, this Any of these. I, again, I really think Zoom and Doom are the ones I want the least because I think those are like not that crazy. Zoom is the Zoom is the only thing. From no, they're just kind of like. Meh. Yeah, like Doom meh. is very meh. <clears throat> All right, it's time. Watch this land on Doom. It's time, Alex. Mm-hmm. Time out of condition. Oh yeah. Guys. Oh boy, this is gonna hurt really bad. Yeah, cause this is right after this fucking movie. <laughs> no, three. Right after this movie. It's like Zardoz. It's like it's like Zardoz. You shit your bitches, man. It's like it's like the this, double this slap. Is good. It's like the double slap of Zardoz and Milk Money. It's like whack whack. You wanna watch more Friday? You had a nice life. You had a dog at one point. Yeah. Thanks. I had a dog at one point. Three, two, one, spin. I can't even look. This wheel is a weapon, man. It really is. It's a mass destruction. Because you sharpened the blade. <laughs> Did I sharpen the blade? Still don't believe you. <laughs> what was it close to? North. It was right there. Uh, <laughs> right there. It was right there. <laughs> I, I feel like you are. Something's happening. There's some algorithm with these. I keep putting them on and they keep getting picked. So Pinocchio, true story. Hey, Pinocchio, true story. Pinocchio, true story. That Peter just put on there. Like, oh my god, even a month ago? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, and we're putting John Carter on there. Oh my god. Now next time we spin the bad wheel, it's gonna be fucking John Carter. It's just me every time. What did I do? But okay, true story. How about I just don't put pick bad movies anymore? <laughs> How about everybody else does and I just stay silent? No, because then you're just gonna make the problem worse, I think. Oh, I've just been wanting North and Toys for quite some time. That's a fucking... You're getting problem. toys. We, I guarantee you I know, toys. I know, but at the same time, both of those for quite some time. And it's just like that close to North having a genuine land. Ooh. Will, you bastard. That Ooh. likes to just be a dick. Mm. <laughs> you knew it was a Peter Pickerson in there laughing, didn't you? You knew it was your pick. Well, yeah, because you were laughing. I know. I thought this is... It's, right, right before you laughed, he went, you sharpened the blade. And he said it to, in my eyes. 
<laughs> you sharpen the blade, man. Exactly. So this wheel is a weapon. You go, you your, sharpen yeah, the blade. Yeah, I'm matching your metaphor. Bye-bye. Pinocchio. Pinocchio. I'm like, oh, I sharpened it a little too well. But I mean, like, this is another Pinocchio. I guess I get to compare it to the other. God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> oh, all right. You know the Drew character down the road to two weeks to do this. Two weeks to watch this. Yeah, because he's out next week. That's once a week. If we don't do it next week, then I have to work 12-hour shifts for eight days straight. We may not get to do this for three weeks. Oh, boy. Let's just let's just do it tonight. So, yeah. I'm sorry. No, I am about to pass out. Um, that sucks. So, yeah, Pinocchio, a true story. I hope it's, I hope it's true. Uh, at least. Uh, I hope it's fun. I hope it's true, at least. Well, it's a uh, bad movie, guys, so... Uh, bad movies can be fun. I know. Like, if if it's as poisonous as Kangaroo Jack, like... Poisonous? I was just catching you on guard today. such a strong word. Anyway, so... Poisonous. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get All out right. of here. Put our kill true story. All right, take it back, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. He's very displeased right now. He's like... Oh, I was like, how can I do a Darby goodbye? And I just couldn't think of one. Bye. That, that actually sounds about right. Mm.